Lord? Yes, Captain. We've intercepted a rebel broadcast. Here it is. And welcome to Star Wars Sunday, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Hi, everybody. This is Wendy Taylor, accompanied by Rebel scum. They are in this system. I will deal with them myself. The Emperor himself has requested your presence about this matter. Prepare my shuttle. Yes, my lord. bidding, my master. There is a great disturbance on the internet. I have built it. The show is Star Wars on Direct. Yes, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Can we communicate to all the Star Wars fans through this show? Not yet, my master. Some fans have never heard the show. They will. It is inevitable. We can use the Force to make these rebel fans tune in live and then take control of Star Wars fandom. They will listen to Star Wars on direct or be destroyed, my master. Good. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> Patience, my friend. Afraid, are you? Streaming technology. For more information, visit Shoutcast. Shoutcast.com. Hi, this is Steve Sansweet, and you are listening to Star Wars on the Left. StarWarsFanWorks.com the home of Star Wars fan audio on the internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas, with behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community-recognized Star Wars fan audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events. 
Everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Every collector deserves the best. That's why our main goal at Federation Toys is to guarantee the highest quality items for the lowest prices. Yes, of course. Come by Federation Toys for Star Wars collectibles. Satisfaction. Guaranteed. Yes, nice right. Roger, roger. All Star Wars and direct listeners will get a 5% discount on their purchases. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company, or quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come! The coordinate tractor beam is pulling us in! You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. And welcome to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. And ladies and gentlemen, we are live from the Hilton, Indianapolis. I've resigned my room at the West End so we could all be here tonight and having fun with you till the wee hours of the morning. And uh, if I'm a little lazy, it's because I'm still trying to connect my computer to the internet so we can actually chat with you in the, r- in, in, uh, in the room. And uh, we've got great guests tonight. Uh, Matthew Stover should actually drop by again. Uh, I've got Blue Milk from the Galactic Senate, I believe. Uh, we've got tons of different people, new people we just met over at uh, Star Wars Celebration. I'm sorry. Ah. You know what? That Mr. Pibbs is really dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm joined by my friend Danny, Hello. who's at his computer. He's going to be working really hard tonight because we've been having some serious technical difficulties for some unknown reason, a.k.a. Murphy. And uh, we're going to do our best to give you the best show we can under the, the technical uh, difficulties we are. Right? Yes. Okay. Brian, who's sitting Hello. on the couch. What's up? With the headset and the piece of pizza and like all cool. Is that? You got garlic? 
I got garlic sauce. You want some? Brian, come on, man. We're like at the talking industry. I am, but you know, <laughs> I gotta eat. Okay, if Matthew Stover comes over, you're not doing the interview. I have gum, don't worry. <laughs> okay, and uh, one of the other guests that we have tonight is uh, Robert from uh, IESB.net. He's, uh, he's a major cameraman, photographer. Uh, he's a videographer. Videographer, thank you very much. He basically reports news. He was the one who actually brought us the little video of Steve Sansweet saying, you can uh, f- totally forget something about having a holiday special DVD from Comic-Con. Also, he spoke to Kevin Smith about the uh, Star Wars TV show. Thank you very much. Oh, that was from him? That was from him. Oh, nice. So, tonight, uh, tonight, 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 do we have a pulse tonight? Well, yes, we're going to have a pulse tonight. I'm going to reach into my documents really quickly, people, because I'm going to need a... There is so much stuff to tell you guys. We are, like, I'm overloaded right now. I've got, you know, miniatures news. I was at Hasbro this weekend. I was checking out Master Replicas. They were, like, the Force Effects lightsabers, I think, were the darling of the show. If, if you had, if you were to walk into a room, any, any panel, any event, any line, six, seven, eight people would have a, a Force Effects Lightsaber from Master Replicas. They did like major money on this weekend. And they were selling them at a discount. They were selling them for $100. They usually usually go $150. They were selling them for $100. It was amazing. Everybody had one. Like their booth was always crazy with like kids. And wow, it was was insane. It it also like another another there was uh, you know the the bus stops, the mini bus, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think we'll go. Like day by day during the show, what we yep. did. Yes, that's what we're we're gonna do. And take comments from other people. We're gonna take the comments from all the other people yeah, we didn't as we're going. That we actually have tonight a live audience. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that's room. that's what I was saying <laughs> earlier. Weren't you listening? Yes, I was. <laughs> and this is all the background noise you're you're hearing right now. So it's gonna make an interesting archive, of course. Um, of course, the sound card might crash. Uh, the computer might crash. There's a lot of things that might crash. And Miracle's just like get telling me to crash. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a few minutes. I'm going to sit down because I've been like standing up all freaking weekend. weekend. Uh, okay. So how can you contact us tonight? Well, you can because we're obviously on the road. And uh, apart from adding the user SWENdirect at Upmail.com to your MSN Messenger, or, of course, going to www.SWENdirect.com and going into the chat with us. I know uh, Danny's going to be, like, tripling his work tonight. Oh, and, yeah, uh, I might not be talking uh, as much as usual. And uh, are you going to check, <laughs> check the email as well? Oh, yeah, I, uh, I might. Because there's the email, because people can always... Uh, take, join us at uh, www.studio at s-w-e-n no what what is it a triple studio w- at s at w-e-n direct dot com that's not your job man that's it well it's my job go ahead do it well it's done now okay but w- do we have a newsletter Brian tell people about our newsletter we also have a newsletter if you go onto our website which is www.starwarsendirect.com you can join our news group you can as Sebastian said you can join us on our chat email uh, we do not have the webcam up tonight um, that we're probably working on it but we, you know Sebastian's going to be taking pictures right up on the net um we're probably going to have different, you know, we're, there's lots of people in the room, so we're going to have comments from them. Mm-hmm. So it's a really live, interactive show tonight. Um, 
also very much like our pre-recorded show from Friday night that will be coming to you at some point. I don't know. Danny's uh, in charge of that. I'm not sure when yeah. he wants to bring that out. What about the archive? When can we hear the archive of the Fan Force Party, Brian? I have to edit some part of it because the sound card crashed at some point, so I have two parts to get together, and okay. it should be available at the same time as the... Uh, today's show. Okay. Now, we just want to reassure people, we're not going to pull a Jedi talk on them. We're going to put the archive on the website. <laughs> it's going to be available. Yeah. Good. Okay. In the chat, we have Edna, Ekasra, Flair, Jedi Do, Jungle, Karen, Left Elbow, Myself, Mikael, Nun, Octavia Street, Tiger Claw, and Wookiemar. All right. Invite your friends. And, uh... Danny, before we, co- b- before we actually begin the show officially, is there anything that, uh... Yes. No. Anything? Nothing at all. No word from the producer. That's cool. So, proof, proof for the connection. That's right. Touch wood. Touching wood. Let's knock on wood. <laughs> okay. Uh, of course, we're gonna ha- we're not gonna have any hyperspace because uh, well, that's where we're like past hyperspace right now. Yeah. We've seen some very cool footage this weekend of the Rick McCallum Spectacular, which Rick doesn't like it being called this way. So all Star Wars Sound Direct fans, you're going to have the uh, pleasure tonight of hearing me first say that we've decided to renew, the, the to, to, to give it another name. We're now calling it Ricky's Playground. Oh. That's that good enough for you guys? No, I don't like it. Anything? It's like if we were like little kids. Anything to propose? How about... Um, 15 minutes of Star Wars footage exclusively presented by Rick McCallum. It kind of Revenge of the Sith in 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay, guys. Like, think like An three ex- words or less. Okay, extended trailer. Yeah, cool. No, that's no, that's not good. It's not catchy enough. Trailer of what? Like the the, the books, the, the the video games. Revenge of the Sith excerpt. What? Uh, too long. Pro- no, no, no. Promo reel. Promo reel is good. McCallum reel. Like real no. to real, but it's McCollum real. I don't know. Ricky's real. I like Ricky's playground. <laughs> <laughs> but why playground though? Because it all bring it bring out brings out the kid the kids in us. Okay, I guess I see that. Or Which oh, how's this? Rick's neighborhood. Okay. Mr. McCallum's Neighborhood. Oh. Mr. Yeah. McCallum's Neighborhood. We had uh, Jay Lagaya's house at uh, the Sagamore Ballroom upstairs on the second floor. And uh, we're all going to be talking about this uh, later on today. I'm uh, actually going to reach into my bag and I'm going to go get some information from the Nick Gillard uh, uh, panel that happened mm-hmm. earlier today. I um, didn't... Uh, let me, like, plan some music. Yeah. <coughs> As long as so you put, so as long as Danny, you put, we are the champion at the hand. I'm happy with that. So, Danny, why don't you put on some of the, uh, some of Palette? Yeah, explain with Palette. Palette was um, a band that is uh, very close to the 501st, and they played at the celebration at Celebration, and they they rocked out. Yeah, they're they are they actually band. they actually do the soundtrack for Art of an Empire. Art of an the Empire. They're on that soundtrack. So you guys should go check them out. I think it's uh, palletrocks.com. Yeah. We're going to try to have an interview with them, I'm sure. At some point. They're, yeah. they're really nice guys, and they're yeah. really into Star Wars. Oh, yeah. They, they, had, they played us a few songs, like, what was it, Death Star, and yeah. uh, different songs. I think there were, the like, modified songs or something. Yeah. The great songs. 
Okay. And uh, we're going to have a little pulse tonight. Uh, Brian's not going to do it necessarily, but he most definitely will surely help me because I'm sure you've heard some news over the weekend. Oh, jeez, yes. Okay. Miniature's well. news. I have good news for you. Well, there you go. People. See? And uh, it hasn't been released yet. And, folks, we've got exclusive news. And you're hearing this here first. And you're going to read it like somewhere first as well. But this has not been announced anywhere else than it's going to be announced here first. Mm. It's from StarWarsShop.com. Oh, yeah. And it's an exclusive information of what items of Celebration 3 will be on sale starting tomorrow. Yeah. Guys, this is so exclusive. I don't even know. (laughs) That's it. Only Seb and I. It's just, no. it's just that exclusive. Uh, we might be also able to actually listen to some a few words by George Lucas himself, Ooh. because I did the excru- the excruciating night of hell. Um, of we'll talk about that after of waiting in line to go yeah. see Georgie uh, on uh, Saturday morning, and uh, I'm calling Georgie is like very personal. Like oh. we're like best friends now. <laughs> should have should have seen him on stage or dancing and all. It was so cool. So. Uh, basically, that's it. Uh, we, I've got, I've got some uh, some nice audio footage for for, for you guys. I've also got uh, Chris Gore's uh, personal thing of the on the uh, personal thoughts on the uh, trailer. Uh, where I'm gonna have to go reach into my bag and find that out a little bit later in the show. Uh, I know we aired it at uh, the Fan Force party on uh, on Friday, but. I'd like I'd like our other fans to hear it tonight as well. What the, the, uh, the little thing from okay. my uh, my mini recorder. Okay, so now we're gonna go listen to Palette. Is that right? Yeah, Life Under a Rock. And we'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom.
At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Every collector deserves the best. That's why our main goal at Federation Toys is to guarantee the highest quality items for the lowest prices. Yes, of course. Come by Federation Toys for Star Wars collectibles. Satisfaction guarantee. Yes, that's right. Roger, roger. All Star Wars and direct listeners will get a 5% discount on their purchases. Hi, this is Michael Sheard, Admiral Ozzel from the Empire Strikes Back, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. Big turnout here from our boys of the Outer Rim Territories. Order! We shall have order! And we are back live from the Hilton after our show, after our after the celebration after three con show, that's after right. con show, that's it. And uh, you know what, people? They, they were like incredible event that happened this uh, this past weekend. We had the uh, return of the Rick McCollum Spectacular, which we were talking about that he doesn't like it to be called like that. So eventually we'll change the name, but for the time being we'll ta- we'll refer to, to it about uh, about it as the Spectacular. And uh, you know what? We made some great friends at Delray this weekend, and uh, tonight because we've got a live audience. Uh, we're going to raffle some signed books. I've got the pocket book Tatooine Ghost by uh, Tim's uh, by Troy Denning. Sorry. And uh, we also have the novelization, novelization of Revenge of the Sith signed by Matthew Stover inside. And uh, what is it? Okay. And uh, you guys are going to be able to have that. And on top of things, we've got a nice little print of the out. Bound Flight Project Cover. from Tim Zan, and it's gonna be. It's also signed. It's all gonna be for raffle because you're here tonight. So everybody, so I gotta be careful because you know Matt Stover might come back, and we don't have anything from him. So <laughs> it's just <laughs> sorry, Matt. <laughs> it's like, can somebody run downstairs and buy Matt's book or something? <laughs> okay. Should have brought Trader. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, yeah, oh boy, <laughs> Matt Claude has it. The 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 exclusive action figure, the Darth Vader. What? The what? Oh, the 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 book trader. Okay, we'll buy you a new one. <laughs> I got the 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 the, the silver uh, sharpie in my bag as well. So, okay, 
onto the show. We've got great guests. We've got a live audience. Say hi to everybody. You can do. Isn't that great? It's like a yeah. live audience in the studio. It's like, yeah. It's too, bad, it's too bad the webcam isn't working. We rock right now. Yeah, we, we're very sorry. It's like the hotel, like first the internet isn't free. And second of all... You might try it. Uh, it's like really... Well, I can't even access the internet from my laptop for some reason. So, Damn. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like really crappy. We've got tons of trouble, but... <laughs> you know what, we're doing it anyway, and that's the important thing. Yeah. There you go, that's it. That's that's what we wanted to do. So we're going to jump right into this. Uh, we're going to go about the day we arrived on the scene, uh, which was Wednesday. And uh, we all flew in uh, from Montreal, all the crew of Jedi... Uh, Jedi talk! No. Yeah! I just uh, slipped big time, oh, just yeah. like Surasini did yesterday, but that's something else that we're going to talk about later. So, just like uh, all the crew of uh, Star Wars Sound Direct actually flew in from Montreal, and uh, we got our s- ourselves in, uh, in the hotels that we are right now, the Hilton. I, I went to the, the West End because I really liked it there. Sorry, guys. That's okay. But I talked to the guys, and you know, I mentioned the fact that we could give them like some publicity for next time, and if there ever was or whatever. so We're working the angles. Here. That's right. We're working all of the angles. And something really nice that we, disco- that we discovered when, when we actually checked into the room is that they, they had like little Star Wars art on the, on the room keys for most of the hotels. Uh, I don't know like who else didn't, like, did get some Star Wars. I know the Marriott. Apparently our there. hotel did get them as well. But we did, we, Danny and I checked in too early. Yeah. Is there a the West End? Did you change it? No, they didn't have any left when I went back. And they're and apparently Hilton is charging. If you don't give in your room key, they're gonna may you, they're gonna charge you ten dollars to your credit card. <laughs> you see, Weston. So I'll give you ten bucks later. Weston. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is okay. there uh, somebody here who know uh, people uh, going by the name of Force Boat? No. Force Boat. Okay. Oh no, gosh, that's from TFN. Those are the game guys. Because uh, somebody sent an email. Give a shout to. Kanamara and Kanamara yeah, yeah. Katie from the, the Force Boat. That, that you should be in your audience. It's so. well, it's it's from the f- it's, it's from from some some folks from TFN. Uh, maybe okay. they'll drop by later. We invite they a lot of they folks. They were at the uh, Fan Force party. Yeah. So we we did. And jo- uh, that was a comment from Jordan. And unfortunately, he sent us his phone number, but we cannot call you from here, dude. Sorry, sorry, sorry about that. There is a limit to our budget, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's very like it's 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 really about actually uh, I having don't want the to call long distance from the hotel with the you know? phone, and it's actually with it's actually w- I, it has to do with the hardware as as well for yeah. the you know to have the good thing to call in the people and make sure that everybody hears well. So um, yeah, Wednesday, uh, great. Actually, will call just like went through really fast. It was incredible. We had a lot. I had a pretty. M- I was really excited on Wink Call. Will Call. I knew like great gr- things to come. And we had great temperature. It was beautiful. On that day. Oh yeah. yeah. If we compare to. Uh, <laughs> if 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 you want to talk, just come here and. Uh, just make sure you pick you pick the mic. Yeah. The headset up. So just make sure you pick up the microphone up, and if you press against your hair, you're gonna hear yourself talking into the. Uh, to the whole thing. Don't know if you can hear myself now. Yes, you can. And we have with us a little lady from the Galactic Senate message boards. How are you doing tonight, Blue Milk? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing very well. And uh, did you have to go through Will Call for Celebration 3? Yes, I did. And it was so fast that the guy in the other section actually found my stuff because... 
they had nobody in line waiting. Wow. So they was alphabetical, but I just went to a different booth. Yeah, I had only three people in front. So you know, some letters of the alphabet. <laughs> I said, you know, Pepe who actually translates into throuble in English. Or <laughs> apple seed, or, al- or apple seed, yeah. Or apple seed, yeah. <laughs> Uh, went off like really, really easy, but yeah. uh, there there were some trouble with. Yeah, I didn't have my Star Wars breakfast. fan club rest breakfast ticket, so I so went to the customer service and they fixed it. I thought. Yeah. So when I went on on Friday on my ticket, it was written down Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so I had my receipt, so they let me in. And uh, anyway, Mary Franklin had a, to- a complete list of all the people who were coming in, so she checked them. As they pass through the okay. door. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's it. So, so you were okay. Yeah. They actually had uh, people. Uh, something. Something I heard. Uh, I learned today is they had people on standby for the breakfast. On so standby. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you. How, how do you manage this? I don't know, but <laughs> I, like this morning, I actually got in late, and uh, I was lucky to actually be able to sit down and eat because they actually had l- let a few people in from outside, and there were even more people. Than they were on on, the, on Friday with Jay Lagaya, okay. and we were with poor Warwick Davis, and he, he was just like, "I'm signing, I'm signing, I'm signing." Poor guy. But we all got a, a ton of great fun. So to go back to Wednesday, uh, we did we, we we started doing a little setup to the to tonight. It would be really easy, but for some reason between here, between Wednesday and, and tonight, something got messed up, <laughs> and we're thinking it's probably somewhere over in the in the ISP servers. And uh, Wednesday night, what did we do, guys? I don't. What did we do? I don't remember doing much. I think we just like crashed. Oh yeah, we went <laughs> to White Castle. Yeah, bec- uh, oh yeah just before right. that, your plane got delayed. So uh, me and Brian went to Johnny Rockets. Johnny Rockets. Yeah. yeah. Well, the plane, the plane was actually on time. It was actually early in Indianapolis. Okay. It was delayed for the connection, but that didn't change anything for Indianapolis. Okay. So okay. everything was. It, the plane was actually early, wasn't it, Michael? What? 12.30. Yeah, we got in actually at 12.25, and we're supposed to be here at 12.40, so... The guy really flew fast. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Full basi- throttle. Was, it's was he driving? Well, we're, basi- <laughs> we're basically <laughs> flying from Detroit, so it's, let's go up, and then let's crash down. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. Where do you come from, Blue Milk? Um, well, I'm from Chilliwack, B.C., which is just outside of Vancouver. And, well... A Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> we came in... And it was a beautiful, balmy 82 degrees. There was some outdoor <laughs> music going on, and there were Star Wars fans everywhere, and everybody was excited, you know. And then the Galactic Senate crew all got here, and we ended up going to TGI Fridays okay. for dinner, and it was very promising. We missed that. And then <laughs> Thursday was a... Yeah, on... What did we do after White Castle? We just went home? Or well, we came back here. We actually did a little uh, home movie called uh, Star Wars Sound Direct Goes to White Castle. <laughs> and we went to White Castle because there was one right behind the convention center. And uh, the firemen over there actually said, you just wait one hour and you're going to regret that. Because we bought like 20 burgers <laughs> from there. But they're like, they're burgers that, that, that put to shy the, the, the smallness of the cheeseburgers from Mickey D's. So... I'm just going to take like a mental note right here and I'm going to tell the people I'm standing up. I got a chair, but I'm standing up. And I don't know why, because I've been standing up all freaking week. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to get that chair out of my way because for some reason I just can't sit down into it. I'm too hyped. And uh, after, the, after the White Castle, we just like basically went back everybody to it. Yeah, I pretty much wanted to get out of White Castle pretty quickly, especially the folks that were uh, 
dealing drugs and taking drugs in the corner. That kind of scared <laughs> the. Sh- that scared me. I was kind of like. And I thought that was powdered sugar on the muffin. <laughs> no, I, I I don't know. When you're going, it's not the type of place you're going to stay in long. Okay. So no fair. steak dinners for you. We no. had we had a nice steak dinner. We actually had a, a nice steak dinner, an improvised one actually on uh, Friday. But yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get okay. back to that later. Especially since there's a very nice Ride That Jedi quote that we got to get in Oh, there. my God. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that Amy, A- Amy Alien? Did know about Ride That Jedi for those in the chat. Huh? And uh, <laughs> she knows now. <laughs> Hopefully she will forget about Star Wars on Direct. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's it. So, we all have a nice night of sleep. And uh, some of us decided that, you know what? I'm freaking crazy, so I'm going to get up at 3.30 in the morning on Thursday, even though the the, 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 the con doesn't open until noon. <laughs> and I'm going to take a look outside, and it's it wasn't raining, so, hey, what the hell, let's go wait in line with all the other other people who are actually waiting in line, and I found myself in about the 60th position or something like that, which turned into the 200th position once... I finally got in, so don't know weird what happened there. But you know what? It's okay. We're Star Wars fans. We're used to waiting in line. And if you could actually resume this weekend into one word, I think everyone here will agree with me that line is pretty much a good word. Line of Palooza. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Line of Palooza will actually be the article of uh, on FilmTrap.com into the event reviews from uh, Chris Gore, who was there, and we're going to hear from him a little bit later in the show. And uh, so I waited actually. 3 to 9 then 9 to 12 that's like th- I waited an, an actual 8 eight 9 hours wow you're crazy see and like Danny and I woke up late uh, we, we were supposed we were like hey let's get up at 6 o'clock and we'll go out there then we woke up at 7 so we just walked out there took it easy in line we were in line for a while but it went by really really quickly yeah. you're brave I think I, I even had to get out of line just to go to Starbucks for coffee. I actually did that too. I actually had the two people that I'm staying with hold the line. I was like, I can't, I need caffeine. Oh, yeah, right. and the worst of all, they, they were selling cold drinks outside. Yeah, and, 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 and Papa John's and I was pizzas. Yeah. See, and I had thought, oh, it's Danny told me he looked at the weather. It was like, it's going to be 20 outside. So 20 for me is like, hey, that's short time. So I wore my shorts. It turned out to be what, like five degrees outside. <laughs> no, it I was actually. Sh- no, I had like a sweater on and shorts. It, it was actually twenty outside. However, there's a, there's a very nice thing in uh, Indianapolis, especially downtown, that we call the wind. Yeah. And in front of in front of the convention center is this like big gaping hole right in front of the two hotels, the Westin and the Hyatt. So we got this very nice. Wind tunnel effect. Wind tunnel effect that just goes right by the line of the convention center. And it was incredible to see those guys. Uh, and even me, I was freezing my ass out there. But you were there when it rained, I right? was there it, when, it, when it poured. <laughs> when it rained. <laughs> yeah, I remember you called me at 5 or something, and I heard the, the, the rain on the pavement. It was like if you were in a shower. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically it. And I, and I actually was wearing my little Jedi cape this, that, that morning, and it was not a guy who was just wearing like a, a very light shirt. And he was he was turning blue right in front of me, so I actually gave him the cape because I had my uh, I had my ROTS uh, s- uh, hooded sweatshirt. Okay. So I was I was pretty well protected. It was okay. We we after the cocoa I got from Starbucks, it was it was all right. After George Starkey, the fake George from Indianapolis, made his first appearance, coming right out of a limousine into the Marriott, causing a 
a riot. A, a very nice little riot in the line. And uh, from there on, we actually walked into... The, the infamous... The infamous, the wonderful hell that was the Celebration Store, and that is <laughs> all through the weekend, ladies and gentlemen. It was such an hell that even the firefighters, actually at one point, I had to take it down and just close it down for the day because it was too much of a Wait, case. Wait, that was anyway. every day that they had to close it down early. You guys it are brave. <laughs> Uh, or so mean, we didn't know that it was going to be like that when, it, when we first got in there because yeah. it was the first day. Actually, I was expecting, for those of you who were at Celebration 2, the Celebration 3 story is basically four times the Celebration 2, except that for some reason it doesn't go as fast. And for some reason being lack of manpower, lack of experience, lack of regist- registry experience and stuff like that. No, so I think lack, is just it's just a lack. Yeah. It's like lack of like intelligence, organization, just you know, common sense. I wouldn't I like wouldn't they didn't know how a cash register worked. Like you need to have the, you need to turn it on using a key. That's right. So they had to go get somebody from the staff, GenCon, to go over to the other cashier, take the key out, and then go over to Cash Sixteen and turn it on. Now that took. Well, how long was it, Sebastian? Like that would must have taken an, an hour and a half for them to, to do that. Two hours, an hour and a half, two hours, most most probably. C- could I add something to that real quick? Oh yeah, go ahead. Thursday, if you're close. Put it on. Hold on a second. <laughs> okay, Thursday. By the way, this is Robert um, from ISB.net. ISB.net. Had a because we were covering it as press. Uh, the, a couple of the associates were kind enough to let us skip in line. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! <laughs> so you're the bastard. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's kind of funny. For those of you guys who didn't make it to, to uh, Celebration 3, you know, each lanyard or each badge has a different character. You have Vader and you have Yoda and stuff. For the press, it was Sidious. Yeah. What were they trying to say? That we're scum? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you know, you, we didn't want to say something, but... No, it's okay. I hear it from my and wife yes, all the time. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, Star Wars on Direct was the only press on site that didn't have CDS passes. <laughs> <laughs> so, they let us... Literally, there was only two people ahead of us. Okay? They took us to the very front of the line. Hour and 15 minutes later, I was leaving. <laughs> I sort of, the guy took an hour to take care of two customers because he could not figure out the register. That, and you know what? I actually took a look over at the registers key- keyboard because I'm, I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's like, you know, they could have done this with like simple $18, enter, $30, enter, and you know, like big, a nice big total of $40, $48. But instead of that, they actually decided to have a little list of like all the names of what they had so that they could actually send volunteers in the back to get the stuff and just bring it back up. But, but still, how difficult is it? I want an action figure. And hit the button that says action figure. I know. They couldn't do that. I think they needed like a big plasma screen and a touch buttons with pictures on it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and these people were actually temporary uh, associates from uh, Gen- that Gen Con actually hired. Uh, we don't know where they come from. But they probably didn't have, have training, basically. And they, they most probably didn't. Have After that, I was almost ready. I thought that, you know, it was just volunteers doing it. I was like, hell, tomorrow I'll volunteer all day. I'm a, ca- I'm a trained cashier. I can do it. I can, I can whip through those lines in a day. Yeah, that's it. You can, but the volunteers in the back that are running through this it just won't, won't follow you. That's hey. the problem. That was another bad idea. Yeah. The we don't hear you. Well, they, they, <laughs> they did explain it, the reason for it, because to them, they thought that the most easiest thing was to have centralized, the merchandise in a centralized yeah. location. That makes sense. It, it sure made sense. 
The plan makes sense. In theory, it's on, not great. On paper, it was great looking. I was looking at that little plan when I was coming here, like from the, the Star Wars Celebration.com website. I'm like, that is so cool. It's like, store is going to go like that. Seven hours <laughs> <laughs> minimum for those people who, 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 who were coming in through the day. Yeah, I, I, I was asking one guy, I said that he showed up at 1.30, and he was happy that he was able to, 1.30 a.m., in other words, he was there all night, but that he was happy because by 11.30 the next morning he was able to get all his toys. There and again, we are Star Wars fans, we are used to There was on. a lady that bought a Thursday pass, or? Yeah, she bought oh, a yeah. Thursday pass, and just to go to the store, and uh, she showed up, and she didn't, do the con closed, and she had not had her order placed. Now, remember with Rick McCollum, the first show that he did? Mm-hmm. There yeah. was a kid who asked him, Hey, I have only have a one-day pass, and I'm here from Kentucky, and what could he do for me because they canceled the show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so, so everyone knows Rick McCollum was cool enough to make sure that this kid was sent back and got all his toys and all the stuff that he That's wanted. It. So that was nice of See, it's nice when it's a kid, but what happens to the 40-year-old lady who's still a Star Wars fan? Or what about uh, the other... <laughs> Thousand, uh, thousands of fans who lined up and did not get those figures. And those guys too. That's it. It's, it's, it's. I it, think it they sh- the store should still be open now. It's a definite concern. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, to, to make up for it, they did say that because they're. B- by the way, they never opened. There were still so many action figures at the back of the store that they're saying that they never opened the Sunday section of action figures. Oh. Oh there yeah. Was still so many. So they did announce for all you Star Wars fans out there that. StarWarsCelebration.com Should I be plugging them or not? Um, they're supposed to uh, Be selling the action figures? They will be selling the action figures Jeez, okay. those are going to go in two seconds And it's okay. a, and whatever remainder merchandise okay. Was there We're going to cut right in with the We're going to cut right in with the polls And we're going to tell you the little update from StarWarsShop.com The <laughs> Celebration no, because 3 we met with the uh, We met with uh, remember his name. Uh, Mr. Hinegas from uh, StarWarsShop.com And he was kind enough to give us a little list of people Of thing people that would be on set Natalie Portman on sale on StarWarsShop.com That'd be, that'd be nice <laughs> yeah. So like uh, of, things, of things from Star Wars Celebration That would actually go on sale after the convention So that people tomorrow. Who, who missed it you know, Would be able to, to get some uh, The t-shirts will actually be uh, available online at StarWarsShop.com. The sweatshirts will be available at, at, at uh, StarWarsShop.com. The infamous Celebration 3 pin, the keychain, the bottle opener, which, you know, I think like it's all magnetized in the back, so you can actually just put it on your, uh, your fridge oh. and just take out your Corona as you, op- as you do that. That's really cool. The water bottles will be on sale. <coughs> and the figure with the the the, the star case because it's an, a special little star case for that figure in particular because it will most definitely not fit into a <laughs> genuine actual star case and there will be some other ri- items that are going to be to be uh, that are going to be announced I uh, wouldn't be surprised well. that we would could see an exclusive figure there that's what I just yeah. said but figure okay. figure with the with, case with the case man. Right, it's, it's, that's it's not the only exclusive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't know if you guys remember Celebration 2, they were going to do the same thing with George's Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a lot of fans uh, got upset because one of the purposes of coming to Celebration 2 was the fact that there was exclusive merchandise yeah. here. And then they said, oh, yeah, we're also going to sell it online. But then Lucasfilm and Hasbro canceled that right away and they didn't do it. But I guess obviously. Well, they actually lagged the merchandise at one point as well, so sadly enough. Yeah. There was a little mishap But that's Celebration 2 We're in Celebration 3 now Let the past be the past Hey that's good <laughs> So uh, 
the that that's basically a little update from StarWarsShop.com. And uh, to go back to the store, that's it. There was. Uh, it was it was total mayhem, total chaos for some reason. Also, uh, like just the way they organized it was, uh, they do what was it? Say like they do unit X amount of people go into line say A. There were four lines. They say there was four lines. They'd A B C. Uh, they'd fill up A first with the first X amount of people, and then they cut it off, and then the next group would go into B. But those people at the end of the line, they are not into B. No, some of them slipped into B, but the ones like Danny and I, we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So we just we stuck around in our line, but then you know people, the people the right behind us, they went ahead, they got out in an hour, an hour okay. and a half, because they were the first in line C. Exactly. They skipped from the back of our line to the, the line that was filling up at the other end. At the, uh, just people passing by just jump in in those, and they were first uh, in. The other line, you know, okay. which which actually makes a very big difference without without noticing, especially to us the fans who have to suffer through this, because you know this is our celebration. Uh, from the numbers that Steve that Steve announced yesterday at the celebration of Celebration Three Party, uh, we're talking over thirty thousand this year. Uh, I was talking with Mary Franklin this morning. She's got no clue whatsoever of what the exact final figures are. Uh, D- apparently they had a little pool going on over there at the Lucasfilm, at Lucasfilm. <laughs> and uh, she was happy with my number. I was going between 33 and 37 thousand people to to be 30 thousand fan to come this weekend, and she was like 32.5. <laughs> so she's like, I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there were there were those rumors on Saturday again, the 41 thousand people and everything. There's like I think there's like that one person that starts that rumor every time. Because it was exactly the same number last time around, and it's still floating over on the internet. Like forty-one thousand people, there were only twenty-seven thousand people last time. People, and it, the the reason that happened is that 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 it looked so clogged last time around is because it wasn't at, it, it was way too concentrated into the uh, in, Indianapolis Convention Center. This time around, they actually added three more uh, convention hall, which is exhibit all A, B, and C from. The other end and totally. I thought it was bad, and I cannot imagine celebration too. Oh, this <laughs> 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 see, <laughs> and uh, they they actually put the autograph in uh, exhibit hall A, which was at one at the west end of the at the east end of the, of the convention center, which actually helped a lot of things because if those lines were to be stuck in the exhibit hall again, where it was almost impossible to go through every day. Or if those if those lines were to go through outside the the, the the exhibit hall and about the Sagamore Ballroom and all that, it would have been total total hell, and nobody would have been able to breathe. So, actually, the autograph hall, from what I've heard, is one of the parts that moved to the smoothest because it was very well organized. I don't know. I'm not into, inter- into autographs, so I don't know what the status was of that. But uh, I'm not sure. From what I've heard, it went really well. Well, uh, from what uh, one of the things is that Gen Con really had nothing to do with autograph uh, with Hall A, because autograph uh, the Hall A was run by a s- completely separate company. That's right. It's official picks and uh, Philip Wise, Brian. If you mind telling about them. Oh yes, uh, Philip Wise and his uh, he works with uh, Lucasfilm now to bring you official picks and their whole autograph scheme. Did I, oh, did I, did this maybe scheme um, isn't the perfect word. Isn't the perfect word, but it kind of is a scheme, and it's not a scheme, but ugh, a racket. 
Oh, is that the word? Exactly Sorry, that's bad. That's worse. Um, <laughs> Brian, these people do that for their living. So, you know, let's respect that anyway. So does the government. But, um... <laughs> we got a little so anarchist here, here. It's like, yeah, I'm going after them tonight. No, sorry. Uh, I'm wearing the Force.net t-shirt today. I'm supporting the Force.net today. And you totally missed Philip. No, I, I spoke with Josh, though. Yeah. yeah. I showed Josh we'll my t-shirt. We let him Star Wars in 30 minutes into the line. Cool. So that that's that's a good thing, but yeah, that's it. It, it was somebody totally different from Giancarlo Lucasfilm that was actually dealing with the uh, the, the, the autograph line per se. Uh, and really, what happened between like in the convention center this weekend is mainly GenCon's fault, if anything mm-hmm. bad actually happened, because they're the one organizing the event on 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 site on site. Well, I, I would totally agree with you, especially considering that Lucasfilm really wants to give a lot more access. You know, from my end, I'm going to complain a little bit about the, the, the some of the treatment the press was, was getting, uh, you know, there. Well, I mean, since you, you were actually part of the press, that you had access to the... Uh, and let me tell you what happened. If you're, if you're not... They, everyone from, from, from Gen Con and Lucasfilm was, was clarifying that this was a, an event for the fans, which I totally agree. But if it's only a fan event, then don't hand out press badges. Don't ask, you know, don't send out credential forms for us to fill out, for us to come down to supposedly cover these things. Now they were giving a lot of, uh, you know, other websites, not websites. Let me rephrase this. They were giving TV stations like CNN and Fox and all these people all the access they wanted. But how much video footage do you ever see on CNN? Thirty seconds? You know, yeah. ten seconds? I was actually seconds? interviewed by one of the uh, TV stations, and uh, I I was going to watch it, but the tornado warnings came on. It, it, it's exactly <laughs> it. They never they never run these full pieces. They're there for three four hours. They give them all the access in the world, and they don't give them anything. But sites who dedicate themselves to bring you movie news to bring you this, they completely ignored. Okay, and that was one of my main complaints that. They should have been nicer to movie sites that were there covering it because other studios such as Warner Brothers, Paramount, and everyone else, hey, they'll send you out to a set visit, they'll send you out to junkets, they'll send you out to premieres, but yet Lucasfilm on this end, or, you know, and Gen Con really blackballed. I know. think we've already covered this, basically. But we've, we've already talked about you know how Lucasfilm and Fox... Uh, well, Lucasfilm specifically treats how their, their fans' uh, fan sites compared to um, other uh, studios like Paramount and like, uh, you know, to, you know, Kong is King and, uh, and uh, you know, Blue Tights. Uh, all those other great sites, you know, they're getting full access. Brian Singer's, like, shooting stuff for the website and it's, it's a fan site. And, like, how much, how many hours has Peter Jackson put into those those documentaries? It's like, Crap, man! Those are more like they're what dozen DVDs. I'm sure by oh, now. Oh no, yeah, it's, it's tons of stuff. And then, you know, going back to BlueTights.net, Brian Singer, it's a full-on production. You know, they don't have just a guy with the video camera shooting some basic stuff. They have the same guy who's putting the DVD together for them. Okay, shoot all these small little. You know, it's taking a lot of effort. And Warner Brothers, with conjunction with you know with with Brian Singer, gave a total fan site. That wasn't big. They were a small site. But gave, because they were hardcore Superman fans, they gave them what they wanted. Exclusive material. Pictures, this. That's the way you treat fans. Peter Jackson, Brian Singer, great. So you're saying that they're uh, one of our guests... Uh, 
The only reason Peter Jackson's doing that is because of the backlash of the Lord of the Rings, where so many fans were unhappy with the with what they thought was being done with the film, and that he kind of gave in to them, not in, not in a horrible way, but he gave in to them and let them have the access. And I think that that impressed them, and they saw long term what he was doing and supported it. But I think there is a kind of case of yeah, he's giving the fans what they want because he doesn't he, something like Lord of the Rings. He doesn't want to lose that. Fan base. Well, well, I don't think he li- the the One Ring dot net. Chris and the guys over at the One Ring dot net did a good job covering you know you know Lord of the Rings. But you're right, New Line did give the One Ring dot net a little bit of a runaround sometimes. But it was never Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson was always trying to. Peter Jackson was the facilitator, if anything. Yeah. From what I've heard. Yeah. See, so we've talked with uh, Michael from uh, the One Ring. And uh, he says and people that, can uh, actually listen to that show yeah. in the archives. We're going to go back to the convention. <laughs> 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 circle. That's about Superman and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars, man. Let's, let's go back to Star Wars Celebration. And, uh, yeah, so we were talking about the, 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 the press treatment over there. And, actually, we've got our friend from uh, the Aficionado. Aficionado? Aficionado Magazine. And what your name is? My name is Scott Weller. I'm the editor. See, I'm gri- bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we just shut up Brian for a few minutes. Like this happens all the time. Don't worry, everybody. He's going to be back. I promise. So, uh, what's your name again, Scott? Yeah. So, Scott, you're from a, a basic fanzine, uh, yeah. if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, did you actually had access to uh, the press? Uh, well, I did room? speak to some of the press. Yeah, I spoke to uh, some of the state newspapers about the event, and they thought it was they enjoyed it for for what it was I mean they still kind of think of Star Wars fans as hey we're all mad but this is kind of <laughs> kooky you know what's going on here we can kind of understand it but not quite so yeah they, they I think they on the whole it was still the kind of mentality that yeah these guys are you know still living in their basement and you know look at their costumes oh well who are they type of mentality but that's right yeah they quick they quick little actually uh, input about the costumes and who are they Jay Lagaya was actually into the 501st picture this morning and he actually w- wore the same costume that he wore while shooting episode 2 and episode 3 and uh, he was just walking through the convention center with his costume on and no one recognized him <laughs> no one <laughs> Not even a hey, nice costume. He says like, this like yeah, I'm one of the freaks. <laughs> That's what he said on his uh, on the Sagamore Ballroom in one of his last shows. So uh, maybe talk about the opening ceremonies. Yeah, we're gonna get there. Uh, well, we I couldn't even get into that. Yeah, oh, ceremony. we tried. The, my fellow contributors tried to get in, and it was the, the organization was terrible for that. Oh, absolutely awful. I didn't think the actual room was big enough anyway for the the stadium, the section of the. Uh, of the convention centers having that, but it wasn't good enough, I didn't think. So many people were being turned away, and it got to a certain point where where they were giving out little banners saying, you know, don't give up on this now, mm-hmm. turn away and do something else, which which was kind of off-putting and kind of made yeah. me feel a bit mad, especially showing footage from the film and and had all the guests out, and I think something could have been done better there. Okay. Even video feeds, something like the George Lucas could have had. Video feeds throughout. I understand. They have a webcam, you know. Yeah. Well, actually, the convention center has a set of TV uh, all around the place, and I'm sure they probably could have some more if asked. 
and uh, we were on our way in. The, the we were we were hearing that uh, they were actually planning on some renovations over there. Uh-huh. And I think that for the people waiting in line to actually be able to see what's going on in the other in some of the other rooms at least, that would be great. Just e- put TVs and you know. even boards on some of the autographs and. Uh, and also outside on events, and like in the Star Wars shop, what sold out and what was there. There, there were attempts made to put little signs up as what was available and what had gone from that shop, but you really had to look to see yeah, what that's was it. not available. They, they, they had some displays into the Star Wars shop. There was one big, huge display at yeah. uh, the, the, the art of the convention right in front of the exhibit hall, yeah. but that, wasn't, that, that was almost nothing because nobody actually saw that or actually went and just like, said okay well I want this 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 and that and I think that the first the big display the art of the convention didn't even have any uh, any prizes on it yeah. I don't know if anyone can actually confirm or deny that <laughs> to me because I, j- I just looked at it really quickly there was supposed to be a kiosk there but it I don't know it just like disappeared it was, it was a shame though because I mean you know when it was good the convention it was very very good I mean some of the talks were good and the you know the in, from in, going in from England, you see this, some of the stuff that they were doing. It was it was great, but some of the organisation, as you said, some of the Gen Con stuff, probably the lines were too long, and oh it yeah. wasn't quite as well organised as it could be. There was a dark side to the lines, definitely. Oh, terrible! Yeah, there, the lines. Some of the lines were so long that there's no way that a family with small children could oh, keep those yeah. kids occupied for seven hours oh, to get the opening yeah, ceremonies. Yeah. What are you going to do? Are you going to because the lineup for the opening ceremonies actually snaked back around outside. Yeah. So oh in yeah. the wind and the cold, are you going to be what responsible parent is going to put their five-year-old kid mm. out in that weather for seven hours yeah. Yeah, to yeah. wait to get in? So that's a little disappointing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You're taking note. Yeah. We're going to talk about responsibility and parents <laughs> a little bit later on in the show. <laughs> 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 but thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> it almost slipped my mind. Um, yeah. So, but, but at least. Long lines let you meet pe- great oh, yeah. people. Well, that's it. That's yeah. it. I mean, like most of you are here tonight because you probably got an invitation to the show because we met you in line. <laughs> I think all the fans were <laughs> terrific, actually. Yeah, uh, there were some terrific fans there, and they really were. And you spend the autograph queues in the Star Wars shop lines. They were all terrific. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well. Um, I'd like to, if the guy from Ohio is out there listening, I'd like to thank you for the wool blanket the other night when it was snowing at the Hyatt. Because <laughs> I was out at 3 in the morning in a t-shirt, and it was zero degrees Celsius. Wow. And I was in a t-shirt, and he was kind enough to give me a wool blanket to wow. wear, so thank you. <laughs> well, there was there was a lot of camaraderie and kind of team spirit, mm-hmm. especially yeah. in the, in the even, even the steak and shake, uh, I mean, we can, like, I don't know what, I've never eat, ate there yet yeah. for a celebration. I should actually go tonight for some <laughs> reason. It's like I'm gonna cut the show for two hours. We're gonna <laughs> grab the, the steak over there, and uh, we um, they actually came in with about 200 like hot cocoa, yes. and they just like ran out at the beginning of the line, of course. But uh, they, they they actually tried and spot those who really needed it the most. And I had Edie right next to me because there was like this girl with like three different blankets on top of her yeah. <laughs> and she oh. <laughs> it was totally crazy so Scott we're going to pass the mic on to hello uh, my name is Chris I'm a contributor with uh, the aficionado I had a uh, a good experience in the lineup for uh, the Lucas uh, seminars Saturday morning we were in the lineup and it was uh, hell the temperature was dropping quickly Oh, yeah. uh, they did have nurses out walking the line. Um, 
they stated that, well, they were very helpful. Um, what was it? It was about 3.30 in the morning, and some staff from, I guess, Gen Con had come out and said they were going to move us inside, Yeah, uh, which was very thoughtful, you yes, know, it. because well, it was going to be 6, 6 in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning before yeah. we were let in, so... Well, I, I, I could I could actually be like they they could they could like uh, do a little reincarnation of what what would probably happen there. It's like some people from Gen Con were like, okay, it's raining out there, it's getting like minus oh zero. Oh yeah, we're yeah. gonna get with snow the tornado soon. warnings. With tornado warnings, like it's killer wind and all. So they pr- they said, okay, well let let's protect those like freaks and <laughs> let's like let's take them under the passageway of the the, the, the train passageway that was at the back of the the convention center. And so they they moved all they moved all of us back there. The, the temperature kept on dropping, and the temperature wasn't right into the skywalk of the, the that's Hyatt. It. You know, right in the warm. You know, yeah, for four hours, which was I guess they didn't have to do if they didn't want to. But yeah, well, that that actually I didn't even know about the skywalk. Part, oh yeah, actually. we went right in because the whole the we whole oh okay because we we were actually forced to 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 stand outside of the Hyatt entrance. Oh and uh, yeah yeah they took us <laughs> right in the first I don't know. So you get like different like experience. And they so lined us right up to, to the, the Sagamar ballroom, ballroom inside, huh? and that was three thirty in the morning. Yeah, that's it. You know, and they were concerned, so we can't totally. I'm guessing slag. someone from Gencom actually said, oh, "Okay, call Mary Franklin because this is." We can't totally same. slag them because yeah, it. in that way, that it was very nice. So, uh, so uh, since you're in the subject on the, of a George Lucas conference, uh, you might go ahead. Uh, what did happen? What what was revealed at the George Lucas conference? Well, there is going to be a live Star Wars radio show, and I'm going to take my microphone. Radio show? Uh, <laughs> TV. <laughs> I so wish. Like I, I, I'm a little boy dreaming. It's your here. dream, yeah. <laughs> I want to go work for them. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I got George right here. Am I on mute? I'm actually going to put you right in my computer right now. Um, I've got some uh, very nice footage from the uh, s- the George conferences, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's this one. I'm just gonna make sure it is. Before dead air, I don't have my tickets. Okay, there it is. So. Where are the crickets? Get the crickets. Yeah, I just opened the... Uh, are you going to get those crickets, then? <laughs> <laughs> <There's> okay, kill <laughs> the crickets. <laughs> <laughs> so kill the crickets, and we're going to listen to George Lucas. Uh, basically, the question was, uh, there, there has been some rumors about a TV show. Uh, what's true behind that? He actually said that uh, the Clone Wars that they did with Cartoon Network were, uh, were actually the, um, the actual... Uh, pilots for um, a bigger series, and they're gonna do the uh, something very similar to the Clone Wars, basically a continuation of uh, something between Episode two and three, or Episode three and four, and it's gonna be in three D, pr- a little bit like the Roughnecks, I'm thinking uh, from uh, from Cartoon Network and uh, Teletoon here in Canada. And uh, yeah, he also mentioned that yes, there will be a live um, a live TV show, and I'm gonna let him go on about the live part. So. Everybody, this is George Lucas.
and then go and shoot them. So it takes a little time to leave and write all the scripts and set up and I'm going to get it started and hire the showrunners and all that sort of thing, but then I'm going to step away from it and go and do other things. So there you go. Very cool. From the mouth of the man himself. We're going to have a live action series. Like from but you, something. you, so had, you had some bad question also. Yeah, we had some bad questions, and like we could actually listen to one of the bad no, questions. No, no, no. <laughs> no, how about not? Like, <laughs> it's like I've heard those bad questions being asked, and uh, when you whoa, I'm killing the don't here. break, don't stop, sit on the pizza. That's what don't I want to do. Don't break the table. It's on my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> it's sturdy enough. It's gonna it's gonna take my weight. Uh, yeah. Sure? So Do you really want to go through that window? Is, it, is the window on your credit card? I'll pay for the window. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Jojo has actually confirmed that uh, there were some bad questions, of course. Uh, you know, it's like when you first, the, the first time you wrote Star Wars was all about Luke or Anakin. And, you know, they, they, some people have a good question. That's kind of a good question. Don't you people like to listen to the DVD? Not really. Well, you should. <laughs> That's right. It's like it's it's not news anymore. It's like listen to the DVDs. Th- Sorry, <laughs> he's crying back. He, he's telling me I'm <laughs> doing, so don't worry. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm j- I'm just saying it's like it's it's actually it's actually something that has been discussed a lot in the past, and he's answered it on 60 Minutes and other TV shows. So it's not really like something new. W- what like the fans had. So to what's the answer? Okay, keep going. <sighs> it's two different things, Brian. And basically, he was writing them about Hanukkah all the time. Okay, you done now? Good. I, d- I do like how he brought up uh, about the uh, possibility of uh, characters from the saga, the Star Wars saga, in the TV show. Yeah, and that's how it. he'd let the fans argue that out. Yeah, he said uh, he said that it was a major possibility that they would actually be established characters yeah. into the live TV show. So yeah. we're not sure if we're talking about seven, eight, nine, or whatever. But now, now the whole you know, some people think that. That it was, you know, like if it was a stage question, you know, or it was slipped, or oh my god, it was big news. It was actually something that if this fan didn't ask, you have to Jay was already going to stage the question to him. Okay. Because they had said there was going to be a surprise, big, yeah. big surprise announcement by George at 8.30. When they escorted us into a little holding tank, when they had a bunch of press people there, yeah. they're saying, you really want to be here now, you want to go to this thing, because there's a special announcement, a special announcement, George is going to make a special announcement. And we were wondering what it was. Some people suspected some stuff. But, but the whole, you know, the f- thank God the fan asked it and not Jay. But yeah, if the fan didn't do it, Jay was going to ask the question. Yeah, it's an, uh, f- I'm really not surprised about that. And uh, here, we're going to give Brian his voice back. I'm going to get mine too. Ah, sounds nice and comfortable. Yes, back at home. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's it. I'm not, I'm not surprised at all by that. By that, by that. But, uh, by day, by day, again. But, they actually uh, it was a big rumor they were talking about it in the in the, the starwars.com uh, survey they did a few months ago so it, like when when Rick said oh there's going to be a big surprise tomorrow and he talked about it like, it's not it wasn't a big surprise for me i was i was, it was a, a little disappointed ago. well it was true uh, jim ward said that they were, okay 2 years ago ILM had a tribute in hollywood george back then said oh yeah the the films are going to be done but Star Wars will continue in another medium. And he said, that's exactly what he said, I'll continue in another medium. Either, he goes, books, this, this, this. And he, l- he also left TV as an option. 
So a lot of people asked if it was going to be the cartoon series. But Jim Ward, uh, I think with MTV, Slipped or MT- with MTV or some interview said, yeah, live action is a possibility, a possibility, a possibility. But there, there's a lot of developments that maybe we'll talk about a little later that, that are going on right now. Yeah. You'll fill us in. <laughs> yeah, we'll fill us in here. <laughs> Actually, is that true that uh, they were taking people from the fan club line to fill out the room? Yeah. F- to fill the room for the George Lucas? Because those guys went out at midnight or 1, 1 a.m., you know? They, 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 they discouraged <laughs> everybody else, so everybody slept in that morning because... Uh, I would. They all thought they wouldn't be able to to go see George. So actually, the the room was never filled out full. The, the first hour show, I heard the people in the front saying, "Can't people, you know, like they were having a hard, yeah, they were having a hard time filling it up." I don't know where they came from though. So they they came from the the the, the, fan, the, the fan club line. Yeah, the, the people who just said, "Well, we'll go in and see other conference." Or on on a, on a quick note, did you guys notice when George uh, started making references to Jay as a clone? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we just decided not to answer to that because, you know, everybody has the right to make mistakes. <laughs> but it was. Do you want to clear to your audience what happened there? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's basically at the end of the, the, the first uh, George Lucas seminar. Uh, George was like, it's really nice because, I mean, I'm interviewed by a clone. And he was probably thinking of Tamir Morrison, but like. Or well, the other guy who played. Buddy yeah, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Buddy Taylor. But he, like, he's just like, well, yeah, I'm interviewed by a clone. I, what was the subject again? It was something they were talking about, like clones and something like that. And he said, "Well, I'm a clone, and I'm inter- I'm being interviewed by a clone." And we're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and but he and does. It's, like, it's scary, though. But if you think about wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. But but then 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 it's like, okay, maybe he slept once. But he's like, and like we're gonna see in episode three, there's gonna be like three thousand of you. <laughs> what? <laughs> when did that happen? I wonder how Jay felt because you know one, one one thing that I totally give credit, Jay was an awesome sport. Oh yeah, and he was an awesome MC. Just to a great together. MC, you know. I'll we'll, uh, get back on the uh, the opening ceremonies. After <laughs> that, we're just like. <laughs> well, do we want to talk? Are you guys yeah, about the opening ceremonies? We're, we're, we're talking about Jay. The opening ceremonies, you know, where he did the year, the, the Weird Al, you know, cover. Yeah. You know, and, and he had so much energy and so energetic in the whole thing. Jay, and Jay, who came for the opening ceremony, emceed. Is a new dad. He yeah. has a baby girl or boy or whatever it was. Uh, you know, six, old. Six, six, ba- six baby, and uh, she. It's a, it's a girl. If I'm not it's a girl. He came all the way to the states, you know, for the fans. Even though he has a newborn baby at home, that that says a lot of about how he feels about the fans. And to that, I give Jay. You know, wow, that's that's awesome. Or as he said at the opening ceremony, is he really just wanted some time off. <laughs> <laughs> Which has to be taken lightly. So, is there other things to say about the George Lucas conference before we go back on? Uh, uh what does like go ahead? Uh, the one thing for you know most Star Wars fans are also Indiana Jones fans. He did announce that the oh. young Indiana Jones DVDs. They're going to do a hundred mini documentaries to go along with all the famous characters from the you know from the the young Indiana Jones series. Remember they were you know that you had yeah. you know you know Hemingway and all these people you know. So they're going to do many documentaries. They are working on it. They are going to release that in a full set. So that's that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Rick and Rick also mentioned that too the day before that the, the, uh, the script, script was ready. just delivered, you know, and then well one of the possible scripts. They've had they've had scripts in the past though. And I can't believe they turned one down, but that's for another day. But going back to <laughs> going back to uh, 
to what what Rick mentioned about Indiana Jones. Yes, the script's done. It's it's on Spielberg's next list. After he's done with one more project, Indiana Jones will will, will so be So after made. War of the Worlds or after the one after the No, World he Worlds? has after War of the Worlds he has a movie about um Which one? The Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics, the Munich Olympics thing. After he does that, then Indiana Jones. Then some knucklehead, me, asked uh, McCollum if they would ever reconsider recasting Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah, that was you. Yeah, that was me. I just had to ask. (laughs) And and he said, absolutely not. So we will get Harrison Ford once again as Indy. No time for love, Dr. Jones. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. It's like, there you go. And uh, yeah, well, that that pretty much sums it up for the Jersey because there wasn't much to uh, to tell actually. Was it worth it? W- was it worth the wait outside <laughs> in no, the no, pouring no, no, no. rain? You know what? You know what? Just just for meeting the, the incredible fans I met out there, uh, waiting uh, in line. I'm talking about the conference for for the George Lucas. Uh, just because just, just because of those guys, it was totally worth it. No, was the it con- worth it to see the George? Con- was it was it worth it to, con- to to see to see George? Yeah. Did you guys see George this weekend? No. no, I did. So. Of course. There you go. Okay, but, but, but you know why it was worth it? Come on. This is the first time since 1987 that he's, that he's made a fan appearance. Since 1987. Yeah. So that was... No, in 1991, he, he went in France. He was in France. He was in France in for, for an announcement. It wasn't a convention. We're talking right. about conventions yeah. here. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because right. he did go to Show West. He does all yeah. these things, but... For fans, since 1987, it's the first time. So, was it worth it? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I do believe so very strongly. And uh, if it was to do all over again, I would do it all over again without uh, without even thinking about it. Definitely. I mean, you knew it was 30 minutes. It wasn't just yes and no answers. He did take the time to say what he had to say and give you a direct answer. So, you couldn't be disappointed in it because it was clearly stated and... It was, you know, it was good. And That's George right. Lucas was a good sport about it, even though he did look really tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and there was actually this uh, this uh, question about uh, what kind of religion he is he into because of all the Jedi, all the religions and everything. And he's like, well, I can only say that I live my religion every day instead of only once a week. Mm-hmm. That's, that was his answer. So that's a really good answer to get someone. <laughs> it's like... Dude, it's like, by the way, tomorrow, 10 o'clock, you're not going to be here. You're going to be next door to the church. <laughs> yeah, and I like how he, he goes, I, I know that I'm George Lucas, the Star Wars guy. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, he, he, he felt comfortable. He felt comfortable. And he doesn't mind that. That's and, it. you know, he was really good. I mean, there was one cheesy moment when they took the little kid up on stage. I mean, yeah, but you that, have that to do the cute. whole cute and fuzzy Ewok thing, you know. That's it. But it was... <laughs> 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 you know, they always got to pull the little kid out. You yeah. know, it's, it's kind of like playing the trump card. But it, it, w- it was nice. It was, it was a, a very nice thing for them to do still. I mean, this kid, we're going to, like, in 20 years, we're going to go. We're that kid who actually went on stage at our Celebration 3. The Celebration Store Mayhem is gone. <laughs> and you actually, like, shook his hand and just, like, went like, like this, putting your arm on, on your... Your th- on your sides and you did exactly the same thing and it was just really funny then he's like yeah that was me he's gonna be coming to like celebration what yeah. 11 or something like I was that guy that was up on stage with George and C3 hi this is uh, Phil from Seattle I actually uh, talked to that that kid afterwards at the celebration at celebration we saw him while he was uh, walking around and uh 
you know, it, yeah, it was like kind of a, you know, bringing the kid out in the whatever the warm fuzzy moment thing, but just the the for his dad and the actual kid, I mean, just that is an experience for them that they'll they'll never forget. And we, you know, we talked to him. He, he uh, his father was talking about how. Uh, you know, he was like a mini celebrity for the rest of the convention, and you know, we had <laughs> pictures that we took of the kid up on screen, and yeah, um, you know, it was funny for you know to just see pictures of his son like on all these different cameras, and people were taking pictures of him. So, you know, I think that that's you know, like you guys were saying, just something that was cool for him, and you know, too bad it wasn't us, but <laughs> it's awesome for him. For, for, for those who haven't seen, you know, the kid was also physically challenged. So, yeah, a little bit. You know, so that I think was a nice touch because, well, th- it actually sh- shows and proves that you know George Lucas is very close to charity events and stuff like that. Well, and then go, and for those of you, you know, for those people who don't know, he does. You know, George is a father. You know, he 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 adopted his kids. You know, he's a single father. You know, and he it looks like he's doing a good job. You know, he feeds the daughter well. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, that was a cheap shot. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so wrong, people. So wrong. We said a lot said about you, too, huh? No, we have, like, a little... Se- okay, we got to find, like... We got to find a little segment that we're going to tape. It's like, we are not responsible for what people that come on this show say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's their opinion, their own. Not the, 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 one of the, uh, the producer, the, the host, or the co-host. We're over it was funny. And after that, you wonder why Steve, like, is holding grudges against you. <laughs> 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 no, no, Attacking no, George's no, kid. Okay. So, uh, describe maybe the opening ceremonies. Uh, so, the opening ceremonies. And the, uh, maybe the line just before, you know? Yeah, well, well, as I said before, uh, as, as I said before, uh, the, 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 uh, the basic thing that Star Wars Celebration is all about is lines. Right. Because you get to meet fan into lines, but that's it's always about the lines because uh, it's sadly uh, impossible to go to a Star Wars celebration without going into a line. And you know what? You just have to cope with it and deal with it. And I think ev- everybody is uh, here is still happy, even though they have to stand like for at least twenty hours <laughs> this weekend. Well, <laughs> I have to say, if if I were to give a title or a subtitle to Star Wars Celebration Three, it would be how I like how I learned to love cues. Okay, because that's all I did. I learned how to love queuing up to see anything. Like I yeah. queued up to queued up, and then I get <laughs> then I get in the line, and then I I'd say, "Is this the right line?" And oh yeah, this is the line to go into the line. That's it. <laughs> and sometimes you would just walk up to a line. It's like, what what is this line for? What's like, this we don't know, for? but it's a line. We're just waiting in it <laughs> <laughs> because we've got nothing else to do. We figured well, like, we join that line. <laughs> And that's it. Uh, that's true. No there, line for there were no, for no there were no no line in the van. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, Timmy. Timmy's not here tonight. Damn. Um, so basically, what happened with the uh, the opening ceremonies is that uh, it was happening in Exhibit Hall B, which was only like that entire Exhibit Hall was open for the opening ceremonies and celebration at Celebration Three. And there wasn't there a little bit you said that they you got in early to see the celebration celebration well, because well no that wait that mainly that's all what, what it was used for but that was uh, supposed to be used for that's it well for for all, for those of us who actually waited in the Lucas line outside that actually stu- I actually had to stand up at the IAT uh, Blue Milk right here uh, we actually ended up in the celebration at celebration three in the early morning 
and we actually saw the fanfare of kind of feel to it, and I was like, oh yeah. Or what, the circus? Or and the chairs. I am chairs. so <laughs> not sure about this party, but we, we, we actually managed to like, like steal a few chairs, and we were actually sitting in them and sleeping in them because it was all warm and fuzzy and we're uh, dry. I know. It always comes back to George. Cool. Yeah. It's like all the lines lead to George. Okay. <laughs> yeah. the, one thing, the one thing I do have to kind of complain about because I don't like crowds. It's one of my... The people that know me, they know I, I have an aversion to, to crowds. And it took a lot for me to actually say, yeah, okay, I'll come to the convention. It was my first one because I was prepared for it. But... I spent a lot of money to get here. So did a lot of other people. And I had the one thing, there's a lot of camaraderie, but I did get mad at one of the Stormtroopers from the 501st. You know, they're great guys. I snapped at them because they were treating us like cattle at one point. And I was like, you know what? I said, don't be a dick. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've said worse. No, please, it's okay. This is... I s- <laughs> you can okay. swear all you want. I said, I said, don't be a dick. I said, because he was... He had said something to the to the couple ahead of me. And okay. we were going into the art department lecture. And there's only maybe 150 of us. And I said, don't be a dick because he was getting angry. And I said, those people don't want to sit there. They want to sit on the other side. And it, it shouldn't be a problem. And he kept going, no, you have to sit there. And the whole, it was in the Sagmore ballroom, and it was empty. It was, there should have been no problem. But he was just, and he, he you know, he finally relented, and he actually took off. <laughs> I don't know if I He's made him like mad or just gonna cut. It's the third email from two different person. I need a force boat shout out to Flare Storm and Jedi Bib. So I don't know if they are listening or not. So oh, we got a big it. force boat thing going on down yeah. here. Force <laughs> boat. Who's force boat? It's on the uh, fan for. It's on uh, TFN in their game section. Okay. Their whole. Uh, their it's their game click. Oh, I see. I don't go to force.net. Yeah, sure. Gonna cross the wires, people. What we're talking about, being treated like cattle a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think the 501st, this is the first time they've ever been given such big responsibility. Actually, I'm going to stop you right there. What? It's the second. It's it's not it's not even the second time. It's 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 been a. Uh, they're actually very proficient in dealing with people like that, and at Star Celebration 2, they did an incredible job. And this time around, they also did an incredible job. Yes, they did. But you know what? They were understaffed because Gen Con. I was going to defend I was defending the fellow first okay, go ahead. That's where I was going now I'm saying they, But this is the biggest event they've ever covered Because it was bigger than Celebration 2 yeah. And last time Wizards of the Coast I don't know if you remember those red shirts from, from Wizards of the Coast last time <laughs> That you just wanted to smack around every five seconds cause they Oh yeah annoying. those guys <laughs> So we didn't have as many Wizards of the Coast people And there was more demand There was more security being done by actually 501st yeah. Than ever before well, I agree. It's not. It wasn't the actual 501st members. I mean, those guys are. They were so awesome. Well, no, they, they were, were professional. But you're right. It was understaffed to the point that they would just get. By the end of the day, they're in those that armor all day, and they get frustrated. Oh no, 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 no! Not some of them probably were, you know. And as we're you frustrated as fans because we've been in one line, queued to another queue. <laughs> To go into that line, to go into the other. Yeah, line. and so we're frustrated. You know, you spend a lot of money to try to get an experience, yeah. and those guys are frustrated. Been doing their job all day, and sometimes, I I, I felt like ninety percent of the time it was really great, and ten percent of the time I wanted to choke them. So I want to choke Gen Con. Every single Gen Con rep, the guy with the blue and black shirts, <laughs> were just oh, the yeah. those guys. Those guys. You know, there was a couple guys that were cool, but most of the time, you would ask one guy something. Yeah. Oh no! Go talk to the other guy over there. You go talk to the other guy. 
Uh, no, talk to the other guy over there. And go talk to Bubba. So and go talk to Jack. And go like talk. To let's play ping pong with the with the guys. What's that? I don't think no, no, no. The, the the people wearing the Gen Con shirts were all Gen Con people. Yeah, Gen Con, and, and you know, a couple of guys were you know were, were helpful, but a lot of people they they were you know they were all right, guys, get over here, you know, come down. A couple of them, you especially know? let's call him Poppy because that's the only thing, the only nickname I can actually give him. He actually looked like a Poppy a little bit, and he, he was fairly rude. He was he what? was there in the morning and the opening. Yeah, the fair. Yeah, that's it. The bearded, fairly yeah, yeah, yeah. well boned guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that was the main guy I had a problem with because. You know, if you you know if no you're, no people skills whatsoever. No people. If when you're walking, I even told the guy once as I'm walking out, I'm like, hey, a smile, good morning, thank you. You know, because yeah. it was it was too much. But again, you know what? It was a lot of people. They were not prepared. The turnout was incredible. Overwhelming. Indiana. Yeah, Definitely. it was. It was again. phenomenal. Back to, back to back to the opening. The line of the opening ceremony. You, you said basically that the the all for the opening ceremony was empty and like they made. Us wait in line outside. That's a, and and what did they do? No, wait, 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 wait. The all was actually empty. They were doing some sound test or whatever, and uh, they're actually making people wait. Some some people wait inside the convention center. But at one point, you know, there's just like no more space if you want to have people to continue going into the autograph hall, and some people going into the the, the fanfare hall, which is w- which the the, the the opening ceremonies were located right in between the both of them. So, what happened is that uh, we actually ended up. Lining up outside again, so in the cold and a uh, little bit of rain. It wasn't it wasn't that bad, no. and um, compared to what I had, <laughs> no, make me laugh. <laughs> so but, uh, wait, wait, wait. So we we actually ended up walking out. It was outside the convention center, and it was a new territory for me. I was really la- really happy. It's like up the stairs, stairs I'd never seen before, and onto the the, the roof of the the convention center, like close to it and all zigzagging in little maze and everything and as the night approached and we were seeing more and more people uh, with Master Replica's lightsaber congratulations for your sales number that increased this weekend guys <laughs> <laughs> freaking impressive the uh, the Master Replica I don't know what the the, the Force effects. yeah the Force effects lightsabers I don't know wha- how many they sold but it, I, I think that like the at least 10% of, of the, the, the attendi- attendance of uh, Star Wars Celebration uh, three came went back home with one of them, even my my roomie. Mm. And uh, the, the 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 funny thing about the line on top of the roof is that at one point, uh, Brian Brian and I were discussing the, the lightsaber with Mary Claude, and because uh, you you made one, you made a homemade one. Yeah, I made I made her a homemade one with homemade blades and everything, and it's a double lightsaber. And uh, we're we're just talking about those uh, those things, and for some reason Brian like. There's me to do something which I, we're not going to repeat here, mainly because I think I forgot about it due to lack of sleep. <laughs> and uh, at one point I said, "Well, you know what? I I I don't mind like shouting out to the, to everybody." No, I dare. I, that's what I said. I dare you to shout out and make everybody turn on their lightsabers because I was saying like, "There's so many of them." I was really surprised, and that that was the first day well, of the con. You, you now it's the first. I had no idea. Like it's going to get worse. You just you just passed the comments. Like it, it wouldn't be wouldn't it be really cool if like. They were to, to to actually raise the lightsaber and light them up all the, all, at, all at one point. And I'm like, are you daring me? He's like, oh, taking out this camera. Go go on. <laughs> so I basically hear ye about a thousand five hundred people, I'd say, mm-hmm. that fit on the roof. For and and people, like everybody did it too. And like I I, I just went area 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 was like total silence. And then I said, we're gonna 
film something, and Brian's got it on tape, actually. And uh, we'd like you to raise your lightsaber and light them up. We want to see it all, and blah, blah, blah. And everybody raised their lightsaber, and they, they just, like, lighted them up and everything. And it was nice. And a few minutes later, we actually got to walk down into the opening ceremonies, which they finally opened. It, they, they opened it, like, okay, it starts at 8.30, so let's open up seating, you know, half an hour is good to see, you know, how many people were in there? 5,000 people? 5,000 people. 5,000 people? Yeah, you can do that in Total half an hour. Total capacity, 5,500. Five yeah, that's it. Yeah, you can do that in half an hour. <coughs> no. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, Gen Con, but I don't think you understand 5,000 people. That's right. And uh, so we finally got in, in the seating, and uh, the guys from the, the 501st and the Rebel Legion were there, got to walk down the, the aisles. And the, guy, the guys of the Rebel Legion were there with the lightsaber, just raising them in the air, like, let's light your lightsaber, people. But nobody did. <laughs> You have something to say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I wanted to make a comment about uh, Gen Con. We were actually at the uh, lining up, <laughs> right? More, more. Like Gen Con. Yeah, we were at the. Uh, let's kill them good, dude. Yeah, <laughs> let's smack them good. <laughs> we were at the the the, the uh, steak and whatever. Yeah, steak and shake. Steak and shake, and uh, we were having dinner right before we were going to go to the Lucas line, and uh, there was actually a, a group of about oh I'd say eight or nine. Eight or nine Gen Con officials, uh, and they were some of the lead organizers there, there at Gen Con. And uh, you know, we had walked up, and uh, they're like, "Oh, gee, I wonder who you're, you know, going to be waiting for?" Because we had all our gear with us and tarps and whatever. And you know, they're they're kind of just you know being punks about it, whatever, just trying to make fun of us or whatever. But uh, eventually, you know, we got into our seats and uh, we overheard conversations and their true feelings about the whole situation mm. and they were talking about how uh they were completely like pissed off at the fans because the fans were lining up so early like at nine <laughs> o'clock at night and they they were just uh yeah they were just you know talking all kinds of crap about the fans and like you know wow yes yeah because we were lining up early that's I'm yeah. sorry. Yes, you expect that. Well, right. that's it, and especially more <laughs> especially like, uh, so from Star Wars fans. I mean, we're the kind of fans who will actually wait for like six months for a movie. Right. I mean, hello. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Repeat, repeat that, please. <laughs> okay. What I was saying is, you know, if the fans are lining up between nine and midnight. I said, like me, I paid a thousand dollars to be here. That that's why I'm here to line up and do things. That's it. So they had to expect that science fiction fans or any type of genre fans are the type that are going to line up for something specific. Yeah. And you know what? The fans are great. And I was in the the circle. I think it's called the Circle Square Mall. Uh, circle Center. Circle Center, and uh, you know. The public loved the fans. They loved the costumes. They would stop you in the mall to take photographs of you. It was so cool. I I don't know why the animosity towards the fans, because I never saw a fan act out. I never saw anybody misbehaving, except for one little scuffle. There's a scuffle? Yeah. There was the, one at scuffle. The Hyatt, during the George Lucas thing, there was okay. these three guys that were just screaming at each other for some reason. Well, <laughs> he's like, where was I? <laughs> uh, well, there were there were actually uh, there, w- there was actually then two uh, that I heard of, like, but on site one only uh, where stormtroopers had to be called. Uh, <laughs> stormtroopers <laughs> had to be called. Stormtroopers had to be called on site in order to actually escort someone somebody outside of the convention center and kick him out good for the weekend because he was making a, an enormous scene at the submission store. 
uh, who had sold out of a, f- of a lot of things. And oh, it, oh, really? Yeah. So. Was there any blood? Because <laughs> I think that'd be cool. No, I, I, I haven't heard about blood or anything. Well, one thing, I, I think that any Star Wars fan, and, and overall, if I rate the experience, oh, it was still a great experience. It was still awesome. It was great. But anyone who was upset of how maybe you were treated by Gen Con, who might be listening to this, or who are hearing this and would like to avoid this in the future, because there has been talk already of Celebration 4. Mm-hmm. That's 2007. true. 2007. 2007. 2007. 2004. But the sad thing is... Um, 30 years old of uh, Star Wars episode. The 30th anniversary. Yeah. yeah, but the sad thing is, one, they are, they are saying it's in Indiana again. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it'd be nice if we would uh, not have Gen Con to deal with. And something that I had heard in the past, but it was kind of reconfirmed again recently, that the people who organize Comic-Con in San Diego were offered to do Celebration 3, and they turned it down because obviously they got WonderCon, they got the Ape Expo in San Francisco, and also Comic-Con. And WonderCon, they turned it down. But maybe if people start emailing Lucasfilm early and telling them to get someone else, someone who actually cares about the fans yeah because Gen Con was really cheating I understand it's a business actually you were part of the press I asked around a little bit but I couldn't find anybody from the actual Gen Con crew the nine people running it at HQ Uh, I think that they actually were they are still over there I think it's in Seattle or wherever and um, they did not even present themselves on on the site they actually sent their people but none of them, like Lindsay Holman, uh, Stacey Bicello, uh, Jeanette, Jeanette, what's her last name? I don't remember. Uh, from, uh, Jeanette from Jan Khan, <laughs> who's, uh, who was the contact for publicity for, uh, for, for on Star Wars Celebration.com. And I saw Kabresh, Jeanette Sta- Kabresh. I, I Sta- saw no one. Stacia Kirby was also uh, the PR rep for the press. Uh, okay. And she wasn't a Gen Con employee. She was hired out from the PR firm in Seattle. Yeah. And, and there was one lady that who came in, and it was her first week at the job as she was working at Gen at this celebration. Over, uh, this is what's sad. It was poorly organized in that end, you yeah. know. And, you know, if maybe people start writing, sending out emails, again, you need to have a group. The, the reason I brought up Comic-Con, the people who do Comic-Con, it is, a, it is a non-profit charity organization. Yeah. They, they do it to promote the arts of comic books and art, culture and all that other stuff, right? And they don't do it 100% as business. I understand that there's, there's money that needs to be made, but it was going over the top. This Indeed. was a little over the top. Um, I'm just going to take, actually, the, 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 the time to mention the emails. For those of you listening to us right now, and, uh, you know, we're trying to keep this as positive as possible because, I mean, I had a blast at the time. No, no, it was, it was a great it was time. Great. Th- there sure were some troubles, but it, w- it was great. I just want to say, you know what, guys? If you, if you want to send an email saying, fuck you, Gen Con, it's like, you're fucking bitches. Like, you're fucking retarded <laughs> bastards, and you don't know how to do your job. It's like, that is, that is so not what you should do. If you, if you saw a problem, you know, you should try and see a way out to solve it. If you think that the line for the Star Wars Celebration opening ceremonies was too long and going outside and shouldn't have been happening, well, then you should have, you should be trying to tell them maybe if you actually had open like another hall for that that kind of lining up, it could have helped and such and such and such. But don't go just blasting them because what kind of improvement do you want them to do in that in, in, in that? Uh, well, here's a, a positive thing. Um, a positive, the Hyatt. The Hyatt security guards, you know, they're there. They're outside to direct traffic into their hotel. They have their own jobs to do, but they help the lineups. They help keep the fans in, in 
you know, moving around and, you know, just checking up on people while doing their job. And when I did go to Starbucks, there's like 120 people in line for Starbucks. There was one girl working the machine. Yeah. One girl for, for a, a line that just kept refilling. The Marriott staff came and worked behind the Starbucks counter for free to help another company well, in their it. hotel I mean for guest relations. I, because I, w- I was at the Marriott on, uh, on, on Thursday at uh, yeah, it was around, fabulous. around what 7.30 or something like that. And there were like three people. One guy had a cash, one, guy had, one girl had refilling everything, and the, the other girl actually making the drinks. So it was, it was something. But to go back onto the opening ceremonies, unless you had something to say. Well, uh, on another positive note, I had a cab driver tell me that in all the time he's been in the city of Indianapolis, he has never seen a group of people uh, more positive about why they were there, just wanted to have fun, and he thought it was great. Absolutely. Nice. Like, he enjoyed taking us where we were going, but he thought it was very cool. He had never seen people so happy and passionate like yeah. all hours of the night dressing up walking around downtown looking like who cares you know mm-hmm. it was very cool everybody's there for their own reasons families were there for their own reasons everybody had their own thing whether they're collectors or art geeks like me or original trilogy movie diehards yeah i mean i never saw a fan act out i'm sorry and i'm happy to say that no fan shouted out a spoiler you know, in one of the conferences, I had no fans harassed any of the artists. I was that being I saw. so careful, you know, at this point. Anybody yeah, you know what I mean. Can. Like everybody was polite. If the artist said, "Can you just give me a minute while I I do this?" or everybody's patient. Nobody crowded the tables. I, it was I. Actually, Ian McDermott. I don't know about that. Gave a spoiler away <laughs> in his video. Uh, yeah, oh, in yeah. His video, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go back. We're gonna finish. Well, it I don't know about the celebration what store because that's a whole other. Entity, but well, another quick positive note too. I, I did talk to the police officer, and I was just joking around with him, saying, "Ooh, so how many star, how many stormtroopers or Star Wars fans have you arrested?" He goes, "No, there hasn't been any real problem." He there goes, "You go. have a Colts game or you have a Pacers game, you expect to arrest, you know, a couple dozen people." He goes, yeah. "But this has been." Come on, we're Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah, and I never heard anybody say that their stuff was stolen. At one point. I trusted the guy next to me enough to hold my camera while I went to the pop machine. Because he, you know, we would be You got to know him a little bit, that's it. Well, what it was is because we were both, you know, art geeks, and you can't be in one line, queue up for another line. Yeah. And you you got to go to the washroom, or you got to get something to drink, or you get dehydrated so fast. Yeah. That, you know, I said, can you just watch my book and my camera just for a minute? Everything was there when I got back. Even when the line moved, he picked up my stuff. Moved it to through the line. He didn't just abandon it. And I didn't hear anybody complain about getting all their money stolen. Nobody complained about, you know, anything being stolen from them. And everything was smooth like that. But the fans treated the other fans with such respect. One quick last note real quickly here about being honest. The pressure was pretty much open. It was open door. You walked in and anyone could walk in there. I left my laptop plugged in all day long. Okay. I left two video cameras that combined are probably worth about $7,000. I will leave them there throughout the day, and I never had to really worry. <laughs> this guy's saying, darn it, I should have known where I was at when Jack And I left them there, and I didn't have to worry that someone had, was going to come back and, and, and steal them. Well, actually, then I'm going to make a little announcement. If, if anyone found a, a black cape <laughs> <laughs> at the Star Wars Celebration store, I sort of forgot it there on uh, Thursday after finally getting in and uh, waiting four hours to get my stuff. So if you found it, it would be nice. It's probably there in the Lost and Found. I actually looked at the Lost and Found. It wasn't there. I'm, I'm going to try and see if I can actually go in uh, tomorrow. 
maybe morning just quickly. Uh, so what was I? Oh yeah, okay. Uh, opening ceremony happened on Thursday. Uh, opening ceremonies were with Steve Sansweet announcing like a bunch of people, all the guys that were there, um, or at least mostly all the guys that were there. And uh, Jay Lagaya came on stage, saying the saga began. Brent told me shut up again. Every but time it was, was presented by Steve Sansweet, basically. It, w- it was presented by Steve Sansweet, and uh, he came actually on stage disguised as a cl- as a stormtrooper. Which was a very nice little mm-hmm. touch to him to, for him to do, and like a little salute to the five o first as well, mm-hmm. who once again worked their ass off all weekend. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, guys. Without you, they wouldn't have. Been we able saw to do some it. exclusive footage. And what was yeah. the coolest thing about the opening ceremonies that we learned? <sighs> that the uh, soundtrack for episode three oh yeah, is going to no. have a free DVD included that is set. All the episodes one through six set to music. Mm-hmm. Not, not not the entire movies, but what John clips, Williams yeah. did is he took his music and what he felt were the clips that best represented the feeling of each song, and he put or the whole soundtracks and he put them together and I think it's a half an hour. Yeah, or I don't remember there are sixteen clips. They yeah. were they were actually showing it in the exhibit hall. Where yeah. you bought yeah. stuff, so you can actually. But and that, that they actually cool. showed they actually showed it at the opening ceremonies. I filmed it. it so l- like yeah, a little, a little something there. Oh, you know what? Uh, was, uh, you know what? Okay. The past is the past, <laughs> and I never signed for a press badge. <laughs> hey, I just learned something. I didn't get two badges. Take the press badge off and put the other one on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, it was. Pre- uh, uh, each video is presented by Ian McDermott. Yeah. And we had uh, a couple of video for those who could not make it, you know. You mean the actual essential cast that none yeah, of them decided it. to show up? <laughs> and the funniest one was actually from uh, Obi Wan, aka uh, our dear friend. You and said Return. What he said, Return of the Sith? Yeah, is it Revenge or Return of the Sith? Oh, yeah, laughing. <laughs> that was that was really funny. And uh, he's a great guy, and I I hope he actually makes it to one of 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 these convention one even. But I think that was an inside joke. That was an inside joke, right? Referring to George changing his mind about George changing George changing his mind. Uh, And on a note, you know, where in the past talking about Ewan, you know, he's kind of been a little negative sometimes about you know Phantom Menace or Attack Mm -hmm. of the Clones. You know, we talked to him recently. He is doing the premiere of Robots. Mm -hmm. This man is excited. Where we, where we actually voiced uh, Rodney Copperbottom and uh, for those of you for yeah. those families out there um, which we're going to get on your case later uh, Robot is an incredible movie and you should go see it in IMAX and uh, which is a Canadian technology by the way uh, <laughs> 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 no, they, uh, they brought up all the Lucasfilm and people surrounding Lucasfilm the cast from the movie the yes. people from my ILM or whatever indeed uh, they they sh- they present each each MC pre- presented uh, did some promo f- <laughs> some promo for his room and also we had some excerpt of Star Wars in 30 minutes but actually they remade the uh, the trailer yeah that's it and we got a little a little that bit I of I the one man Star Wars trilogy oh also. my god that guy was bang on eh. <laughs> And, and by the way, that, that that Star Wars in 30 minutes is great. Right. I got the whole thing on video. We'll have it up later. <laughs> oh. Okay. See, there's like there's go- there's good things to have on video and bad things. And like, if it's for personal use, it's okay. But Star Wars in 30 minutes. I mean, if you can get their uh, no 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 their not, approval. The, not in 30 minutes. The Star Wars teaser trailer, the little trailer oh, okay, thing the they did. Yeah. That part. Because they never told us not to record. Yeah. I did record that, and now I wasn't hiding the fact that I was recording it. it. 
Uh, so yeah, I'll be putting that up later. Great. Tomorrow or something. Uh, like people, you got to go see this because it's really cool. Repeat the website www.iesd.net. So with the, the one man Star Wars show though, that guy. Even it, even the yeah, way so he much presented <laughs> his voice was yeah. bang on to the movie. It was really cool. You know, he it was. It Master doesn't watch those movies thousands of times to, to hear how the actors actually said the line perfectly. Like when Luke was talking to C three PO about the garbage, you know, yeah, turn them off and all that. It was it was bang on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, this is great. What a geek! And, <laughs> and, and for the, uh, we might want to double check for people who want to see the One Man tr- uh, trilogy. Yes, uh, he's, he's going to be uh, off Broadway. He's going to be off Broadway. We actually wow. got the information uh, in one of the emails, so uh, we'll be uh, we'll be actually giving you out some more information about this. Check out the Star Wars Soundtrack website in the upcoming days. We'll we'll put it up there. Okay. Through the C- special feature coverage. <laughs> going to go S W N N Star Wars on Direct News Room or some shit. And uh, well, you know, like that was the big thing. The opening ceremonies on Thursday, uh, but right after I've lost like four hours of my life waiting in line for. Like a talking Darth Vader, uh, which, by the way, Brian, go get go get, go get the, one. Go get one in the box. <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 have people listen to the talking Vader. Yeah. So, but be no. <laughs> oh, oh, one other thing about the opening ceremony. Remember when Lord Vader came up? Yes. He spoke the 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 dialogue from the action from figure, the action figure, that's which right. was pretty cool. Okay oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. I think he was. Or was I stoned and I heard something and, else? Uh, no, no, that that was it. Okay. And uh, they had the Stormtrooper Olympics. I don't know. Not now, not now. They had the Stormtrooper Olympics, and I don't know exactly um, how that actually uh, came out. Before we go uh, to Saturday. Yeah, no, it's that's where you're going now. No, no, no this Thursday. is this is Thursday, okay, thank you. and I'm, I'm I'm actually going through like what really really uh, blasted on Thursday, and one of the things that you and uh, me and Danny actually uh, went to was the, the uh, interview with Ian McDiarmid uh, on tape. And if you're an hyperspace fan, I don't know if the, if it's the entire thing because I didn't check it out, but I know there's something about it there. Mm-hmm. I know there's a video of Ian McDiarmid up there. And I wouldn't be too surprised if it would actually be the uh, the, uh, the entire thing. Because it wasn't that long. It was recorded all. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, so. And he's interviewed by Pablo Hidalgo. Yeah. Pablo, Pablo's a man. Another Canadian guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's Latino first before he's Canadian. Yeah, well, yeah, his passport <laughs> says Canadian. <laughs> he's from Toronto. He's as he's Canadian he's as it gets. He's actually from uh, Winnipeg. Oh, he's from Toronto. Oh. Or he lived in Toronto. He, he lived in Toronto, but he, he's originally from... Uh, oh. That's right, because Hidalgo is a Canadian last name, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 well, so so is Hans, who <laughs> was from Calgary. And, uh, yeah, we're stalkers now. <laughs> uh, there, was Matt's, there was a nice little uh, topic, uh, a panel with Matt Stover on the uh, Revenge of the Set novel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you attended. Yeah, uh, not this one. Uh, and one yeah. later on. Uh, how how was that? It was great. It was great. Yeah. So we're, we're Matt Matt should be coming back later tonight, uh, so that we, we he can went to supper. He came in and he went to supper. That's it. So I don't know if he'll will remember after a couple of drinks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> apparently he said like if you're lucky I'll be drunk. And usually like people who people remember the, the the room numbers just don't remember what they're so they're supposed not to talk about. Mm-hmm. So if yeah, we're that'd lucky, be a good thing. That's it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's it. Uh, Thursday. Danny, anything, anything else to add? Anyone for Thursday? What did yeah, we do after uh, the opening ceremony? We went to Rams, right? Oh yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. 
the Rams and we fight. were there with the <laughs> and Phil. there you go you got Phil and the girlfriend laughing yeah. in the other corner and got Rich Sigford from the Room of the Outcast with us yes and who was there also give me a second okay. Brian was there but give me a second anything else to, to have um, for Thursday on the schedule there was Ryan Church Thursday I think he might have been because that was amazing the concept art that yes, they brought with was. them Wow. All the things that didn't make it into the movie. It was even stuff that didn't even make it into the art of book. Yeah. And Ryan it Church. This was his, their own private stash. I got one like that. Which is ho- hopefully. <laughs> these are stuff that maybe. Because you know how George likes to regurgitate a lot of old ideas and stuff? Man, we got a lot of TV shows to, to oh, fill in with material. They have archives now Bring of all those on. artists that yeah. they, they talk about how there's a secret room and there's this little elevator that goes up to the third floor and it goes into a special room where all the archives and art and that's kept and you have to have a special key to get in there. And apparently George actually has a secret entrance behind a bookcase that he can come into the art department. And the whole house, he's, they said that you know Skywalker what? Ranch is the coolest thing. For those of you who actually don't know what the Skywalker Ranch looks like, go to Google Maps and type in like 3838 Nicasio, uh, Lucas, Lucas Valley Road, and uh, it should bring like really close to... Satellite imagery, yeah. It's, it's g- and, and click on satellite, and it's going to bring you to uh, Big Rock, actually. But if you go a little bit to the west and a little bit to the north... Then you're going to be able to actually find the the Lucas the Lucas Ranch. You, you've never been served with like with a restraining order or anything by George or anything, right? Because you have not way yet. For some reason, not yet. <laughs> and with the you know with the, the webcam over there, we could actually blueprint the entire thing <laughs> if we were to really put our hearts to it. Okay, so hey, I've got nothing to do for the next one. <laughs> <or> so <laughs> so uh, maybe Brian take a. So that was that was it for uh, for Thursday. No, we oh wait, to talk about yeah, here's here's a little plug for all you people out there. All the artists that you know and love, um, Randy Martinez, Joe Corney, Tom Hodges, all them were selling the prints into the art hall, and unfortunately, most people were after the Vader figure and not after good art. Yeah. So, and they even have the artist that was that did the Revenge of the Sith cover art, mm-hmm. Steve Anderson. Yeah. So um, a lot of them still had prints left over, so and you should go to their website, Chris Google it. Chris Travis was there. Yeah. Actually, uh, and buy their prints. Per Lucasfilm word, they were supposed to be destroyed. I no don't know way, really? I don't know if that's the case. Any print left over, and there were only 250 of it for of the <gasps> them for every artist, mm-hmm. any print that didn't sell was to be destroyed. Okay, well, if you can't get the prints, buy their so art anyway. Uh, do so be well. Actually, it's th- it, they're really good artists. Uh, you can check the the web page again from Star Wars so Star Wars dot com slash c three and get a listing of the uh, artists. Are you sure it was just they said to destroy this? Yeah, now? they said to destroy. It. Uh, we sound very Lucasfilm because they want to sell them and make a profit. Oh, exactly. Yeah. They reproduce them later. Well, I, I'm not saying them. I'm not saying they won't change their mind. I'm just saying that. Uh, the the official word before the convention was actually that they were gonna actually. Uh, just kill everybody. Uh, everybody's print uh, if they did not sell. So maybe we'll get some some uh, some news for you on that on the next uh, Star, Star Wars on Direct uh, because we're in contact with a lot of the artists now, and uh, Tom Hodges has to come back to the show. So well, the we one go. thing about that is is that doesn't make sense. Is all the prints that you buy are numbered? Yeah. So I think as long as you're not making any more, as long as there's only that amount up to that 250 sold, there you even go. if it's outside of the convention, it would be all right. 
Yeah. Just as long as they don't exceed the 250 limit. But you know, even like there were like tons of great people who were there, and even I believe it's Chris Travis who has the uh, the heart for uh, Quinlan Voss and Ayala Secura. If you like, since you're the art geek, <laughs> you could correct me. Um, Gender Sima, she created Quinlan Voss mm-hmm. or the yeah. image of. Kr- Quinlan Voss. Which w- which was the artist actually like dressed as Quinlan Voss throughout the convention? You know, I don't even know who he was. I'll have to. Do- but I don't I think he's an artist. He I'm was he was there with Jander Sima, mm-hmm. and she would dress him up every day mm. as okay. Quinlan Voss, and he'd mope around. So then, you know, cause it he's old. It's probably. Or I'll I'll just double check really quickly into my. Uh, my C3 print. Uh During that, I'll say another yeah. guy who loves Force Boat. Yeah. <laughs> <And to laughs> Matt Grimm. I would like to send a big 1337 shout out to Force Boat. Elite, elite uh, call out there. Elite, elite. That's what it means. Oh, one elite. three okay, three yeah, seven. Speak, yeah, big uh, lead. Jeez, come Sorry, on, I'm not a geek. Sorry. <sighs> we'll, we'll get you there, uh, Danny. We'll get you there. Okay, so yeah, it, it is uh, Derzima. Derzima's print. Uh, they were selling at fifty dollars. I don't have a big problem with hard going like for pricey price. Between thirty and sixty. Yeah, well, depending, depending and like uh, t- uh, actually, Dave Dorman, I believe, was uh-huh. a little more expensive than that. Yes. Uh, but he was out in the exhibit hall and stuff. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. And that, well, the art show, for some. It, okay, if you ask me personally, the art show. Well, take down the art show now. It was disappointing that it they actually had to announce to bring. to ask people to go. Yeah. Because, see, just because I am an art geek, I, I kind of get disappointed that there was no secondhand booksellers or collectors on the exhibit floor. Not one. Yeah. There was a couple of booths that did have bins of books. And, uh,. The art hall was shoved away between the cafeteria and one of the ballrooms. And not very many people made it down that hallway. Um, Except for when they were lining up. And it was just amazing to me that people would spend seven hours in line just to get in line for the celebration store for a $15 action figure and willing to pay, or if they couldn't get in, willing to pay 50 bucks. But everybody would say that's an outrageous price for an artist. Well, that's it. it and even, know, even me, you know. And I love artists. And uh, I'm not just saying that I actually got three prints right now in my in my back in my uh, suitcase, and I'm really sorry, but over thirty dollars for Star Wars Celebration, it's getting really hard for me to actually say yes to buying like. Well, the print. smaller one, the regular size, most of yeah. them were thirty, mm-hmm. but some of them actually made big prints, like big yeah. litho prints of lithographs, mm-hmm. That's it. and they were a little more expensive. They're fifty. That's it. So, but it's 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 something to consider, you know. Maybe. But even if you didn't want to buy a print, they were most of them were willing to oh draw yeah. you something personal for thirty bucks if that's what you wanted to pay. That's it. But so. it's 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 just a, a contrast between. I don't know. It's that and a talking Why, why would Vader. you spend, you know, sixty dollars on a rare Vader Unleashed figure yeah. that everybody else has, or you can get on eBay or. You know, go support an artist. Go out there and support these guys. They, that they, you, that, they that is hard. actually exclusive art that you will not find anywhere. You else. know, they, these guys worked hard. They all went to art school. They yeah. finally made their dream of getting hired by Lucas Arts, you know, or Lucasfilm, and they, they kind of they were the forgotten they souls in the in the. Uh, but we'll go back. We'll go back to the art show topic. So uh, to go back on the Ram situation. Because uh, we have a, a thing going with for, for those show. for those of you who actually know know us for the past uh, at least month and a half, you know that we have this ride that Jedi thing going on, and uh, ride that Jedi actually came by, came by with Fatboy Roberts and the, the he was there in the chat 
okay. a, a minute ago and, and it's not uh, there it was just basically this really stupid thing that I had about like taking the leku of a of a Twi'lek. Do we need really need to get know. graphic there? While, <laughs> while you were having intercourse with her. And the only Twi'lek you could actually have intercourse with her and that is in the trailer of Star Wars Episode 3 turned out to be Ayla Secura. So we had t-shirts made out especially for Celebration 3 called Ride That Jedi at Star Wars and uh, Star Wars on Direct T-shirt.com and everything like that. And you have Ayla Secura on the back and it says Ride That Jedi. So Brian if you like please show like get up and be the be the good model. Okay, okay. So you have the Ride That Jedi on the front and in the back, of course, you have the Ride That Jedi and Ella Secura looking all sexy with a lightsaber open. And uh, yeah. it's we we were at Rams and we were having tons of fun with uh, Phil. I keep forgetting your Jamie. name. Jamie, I'm so sorry. Is it Jamie? Okay, yeah, Barris. With Barris. <laughs> and. Uh, Siegfried. Rich Siegfried, who's the guy from Wickham, the outcast, for those of you know, who, d- who wouldn't know him, and uh, Brian and Benny and me, and Mary Clo. Were you there? Yes. Yep. <laughs> you dumb shit. Well, <laughs> lack of sleep. It's been a long uh, weekend. Huh? A yeah. very long weekend. And uh, we were all there, and at one point, uh, some people start walking right behind R- uh, Rich, and I don't remember exactly who was all the way over there. Uh, I remember there was... Uh, the Jensen brothers. The Jensen's brothers, Michon Boriag, and someone else. Who, who was the other person, the fifth, the fifth person with them? Amy Allen. No, there was Amy Ray Allen. Ray Park. Was it Ray Park? I think Ray Park was there. It possibly was Ray Park, and Chris it was said... A, it was the young guys. It was the, the young kids. Chris said, hey, look at that, it's this person. And then, hey, look, we re- I recognize Zach Jensen for the Kit Fisto character. And... Um, I said, you know, by the way, you got to know, we we're d- we do a show, and his nickname is Kid Fisto, pointing at Brian. So Brian got to shake the hand of Zach Jensen. How did that make you feel, Brian? Uh, I was unfazed by his fame. I saw the shivers <laughs> that just coursed through your body. As you <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just basically don't care. <laughs> so uh, wh- what happened is that Amy Allen actually was part of that crowd, and I said, I was wearing my, 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 my t-shirt at that time right under my Revenge of the Sith with a sweatshirt and I said oh my god we got now, now's the time like she, we won't have to pay like for a ticket to explain it to her so I said hi my name is Sebastian Mino I'm the host of Star Wars Sound Direct and uh, we've had that, that thing going on for the past few uh, few weeks now about uh, Ayla's character which is the character you play in, uh, in, in, in both episodes 2 and 3 and uh I don't want you to take offense in that because it's a really like a joke thing kind of going on, and I guess there's no other way of explaining to you but just showing it to you. So I just took out my hooded sweatshirt, and as I was taking it out, she saw the graphics, and the face was—it was timeless. It was like this horror and disgust and confusion. It was just yeah. amazing. It was beautiful. Her, her, her basically her jaw dropped to the point where I thought she like hurt the ligaments, you know. And <laughs> I mean, it just dropped, snapped open, and and then of course she called over her. Uh, who did she call over? She called over Michonne Bouria, ah, right. and just at that time I just turned over and I saw Michonne's. Oh, like oh my yeah. god! Like holy shmi, what the hell is that? Yeah. It's like this guy's the range. Run, run fast! Right. <laughs> I was embarrassed. So. We b- we basically killed it right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, we never got a chance to explain it to her. So if there's somebody who actually knows her well and listens to us and knows how much of a joke this is, you know, we really respect you, Amy. You did a, an incredible job. It's kind of a little tribute but that we're but giving. But it was even really bad because our friend Nick from uh, Niagara was at the other table. And uh, he was with a bunch of his 501st buddies, and they were all in Arbor, and they got it. They asked a picture for with them, and he said she wouldn't even smile. She was too much in shock. Yeah. Even then, <laughs> she was just kind of mortified. And he said, "I was like, he he was in total shock. Like, what did you do to her?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no more ride that Jedi T-shirts for future conventions, people. <laughs> That's your plan. I'm still wearing it, and. Uh, yeah, you owe me for that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is basically uh, it was it was a great supper though. Rams is uh, was open uh, more to the uh, the imperial. It was the like the official outpost of the five hundred first. Yeah, that's where they went to go get smashed all the time. And uh, Danny, how did you like that pizza burger of yours? Oh, it was like it was a six-inch bun burger. <laughs> I would delete. Yeah, I was the the shortest and the smallest ear, and I get the biggest. That's it. And you supper. Think, you know, I look at the menu. I'm like, mm, that looks like a big burger. I'm gonna take that. And he gets like a huge piece of burger. I'm like, damn, <laughs> should have gone with that. If you're really hungry, take a stadium burger. Take the stadium burger. <laughs> it actually is a stadium. <laughs> so uh, I think we're gonna go to a short break yeah. now that we've gone through Thursday, mm-hmm. and it's already ten o'clock. <laughs> No problem. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> we got two hours to do three more days. Oh, right, you're right. Yeah. It's 10 Eastern. Because you didn't change your thing. Okay, it's so it's, it's, only, it's only getting about the nine. So we're good. We're good. So we're going to go to... Uh, Palette again? Well, uh, yeah, to Palette again. Uh, actually, can you put on like a fairly long musical break so we can... Okay. Take, take a, a break? Okay. Take a nice break. Uh, what's the first song we're going to be listening to? The Can we listen to another palette song? Yeah, that's yeah. it. I'm going to only play palette tonight. Yeah. Woohoo! So it's called Star! The Misadventure of Flapja- Flapjack. Okay. <laughs> that's it. Uh, just before we go to that, I'm going to walk you guys okay. through the, the talking Darth Vader because it's really funny. So. The dark side of the force is strong with you. <laughs> Welcome to Star Wars Celebration 3. Never would you find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Your journey to the dark side is now complete. Prepare to experience the revenge of the Sith. It is your destiny. So the dark side of the Force is strong with you. So there you go. It's basically all these lines just going round and round. And Are round. you serious? Yeah. People lined up for eight hours for that. Yeah. Hey, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yes, that's true. Mike. So somebody that somebody sculpted. <laughs> Touche, you got me there. What, what was what was the uh, oh somebody sculpted the uh, <laughs> the, the, the figure and it was R two. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's true. Okay, so. We're going to go to Palette now, and uh, we'll be right back on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom.
Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Every collector deserves the best. That's why our main goal at Federation Toys is to guarantee the highest quality items for the lowest prices. Yes, of course. Come by Federation Toys for Star Wars collectibles. Satisfaction. Get it done. Yes, nice Roy. Roger, Roger. All Star Wars and direct listeners will get a 5% discount on their purchases. Hi, this is Paul Rudish, the art director from Clone Wars Cartoon, and you're listening to Star Wars Undirect. Big turnout here from all corners of the Outer Rim Territories. Order! We shall have order! The clouds are going nuts! And we're back to Star Wars on Direct Live from the Indianapolis Hilton. Uh, you know what, guys? It's true. The toilets here actually do flush as well Light as an hyperspace, go, an hyperspace drive goes through space. <laughs> Just like goes right down there. And uh, now that we're fully rested and uh, we're great and going for like... You know what, guys? I got a really bad news for you. It's like that day we just talked Thursday was only half a day. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> that was only half a day. Well, besides the opening ceremonies and some of the shows, there yeah. was basically Friday. There wasn't wait, much wait, to it. It was. Yeah, like, it we was waited in line to get in. We waited in line for the shop, and we waited in line for that the opening ceremony. ceremony. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we what did I, I didn't even. I didn't even see the exhibit hall till five o'clock. That's what the cool till five o'clock. <laughs> you know you're cool and you're a cute. <laughs> That's it. Cool to be cute, and uh, it's uh, it was it was incredible. Uh, although that <coughs> that, that Thursday, uh, I'm, I'm really glad they actually put that extra day into, because even even now I'm st- I would still have like next time around do like a world convention and make it five days. It's gonna cost us do sh- seven days actually, but no no just five days because like seven days nobody's gonna be able to afford it. No, j- just make like. 200, 200 or 300 dollar ticket and less people would be there and well that's actually uh, one thing that uh, another fan was telling me was mentioning it to me that um, if this convention was actually more open for fans than actual family and just mm-hmm. normal people uh, it, w- it would actually be a lot more uh, it would actually be much more easy to go through then just uh, there's a piece of paper walking around and wha- like give it back to 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 to, to blue milk or right, okay then he's got it now he's going to pre he's going to pre-fruit uh, read-proof it <laughs> okay and he's going to say it this episode is brought to you by the word line <laughs> 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 and the number 3 <laughs> and uh <laughs> 5 to 1 oh yeah Actually the rules 
the, the uh, yeah, actually, it's a five one five five two one. Well, we've changed the rule. It's one twenty five now. We've changed the rule. It's to make sure that people actually do take one shower a day. <laughs> then they it's have more two important meals. to take one shower a day. And yeah, per day, per day. We we can't hear you. I'm actually doing I'm like I, I just want to say I just want to say that I'm doing the second best activity you could be doing at Celebration 3 this weekend. I'm actually sitting on my ass right now, <laughs> 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 down on a comfortable carpet. It's like I could sleep on that carpet, which is probably what's going to end up happening tonight. <laughs> and uh, we actu- we're actually uh, led right into uh, Friday, which actually started for some of us uh, by a breakfast with none other than Jay Lagaya. Yeah, while. No, some people were outside See, in the rain. Oh I can talk about yeah, that. So you guys were having pancakes, and we were outside getting rained on. So yeah. yeah. Claude and I showed up at 5.30, and it, till s- it, it, was, it was like 7.30 when it started raining. And we were, like, holding the umbrella, and we were just standing there till 9 o'clock. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. Okay. Well you, well, you didn't talk with the guys in front of back. Yeah, we did, but it's like once it like the guy behind us brought space balls to watch on the DVDs. We I watched some of that, but then uh. it started raining, so it was like there was nothing else to do but stand in the rain. Yeah, and most people were just trying to huddle. Yeah, it was it was not a very nice rain. It was kind of cold. It was one of those bad rains. So Wednesday it was 82 degrees, and by now. By Friday, it had gone down to somewhere in the 30s. Yeah, 37. Uh, yeah, and it was only going to get colder. Yeah. Okay, what's the w- fan club The, qu- the like? question that is brought to you by are the guys from... Uh, are you actually from that website? Uh, from thankyougeorge.com. Uh, if you want to go say thanks to the maker, mm-hmm. uh, go, go right out there and go say thank you, George. I think. Is that they, uh, they actually have a million signatures. Wow. So... They what did the okay. okay, they won. Okay. So go go there and uh, sign up. Go there and sign up. What did the flyer say? Get online, tell your story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I saw it when I was sitting in the lounge today. That's it. No, that's cool. So uh, basically, that's it. Uh, for those of us who actually went to the fan club bre- breakfast, uh, we you got in, We got in at, uh, at, at 6.30. At 5. We got up at outside. 5. And uh, we got in around 6. Yeah. And uh, we uh, we just basically went from the west entrance of the of the convention center right into the, the fan, uh, club fan club lounge, aka touchdown club or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we chose our tables as we desired. And so we went right in front of the mic. <laughs> we just like stepped right in front of the microphone. Of course, it just it was calling out to us, you know, <laughs> us radio people, and. Uh, we just uh, we we actually enjoyed a very nice menu of uh, two slices of ham, a uh, little uh, little spoon well an, an ice cream spoon of eggs, uh, half a tomato covered in parmesan. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. That that, that was it, right? Yeah. Well, coffee, dollars, yeah, coffee, the orange juice. Uh, as, uh, as much as, as we uh, you, you had like orange juice to, to drink and coffee as you wished. Uh, you also had uh, the very nice opportunity of um, uh, of getting uh, a nice little bag when you get when you get. Actually, Brian, pass your uh, your head your headset to uh, to Robert and uh, go grab the box over there. Because I actually attended the, this morning's uh, breakfast as well. So no, uh, so no pancakes. No pancakes. No, no menu whatsoever. Just like 
Meh. It just came in like that. Oh wait, uh, a little bit of potatoes as well. Yeah, there were some, some sautéed potatoes. Yeah, and uh, it was a really, really like basic thing, but it still like gave us the opportunity to meet with Jay and uh, not Mary re- and not Lisa. really. I wouldn't say like I was expecting maybe that he was gonna come from table to table and just say hi and by the way blah blah blah. Didn't have the time. But well, actually, it, he could have he could have done it that this way. But instead of doing it this way, he actually was sitting at a table up front and they were making people uh, sign and everything. So it's it's kind of hard to do it the way I wanted because you're what the go get the box. Oh, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, basically, you still have my bag in there, right? Uh, Theoretically, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Physically, no. I'm kidding. Thank you, Brian. I actually have a box of the uh, action figures of Star Wars Celebration from Hasbro. It's really cool. I'm gonna try and keep it. Uh, so yeah, that's it. The uh, the you, you you had you also had a, a goodie bag, and when you when you get out, and it's uh, all kind of stuff yeah, from some the archives. Some uh, some have. Much cooler things than others. That's it. Some scored big, some scored low. Uh, on on uh, Friday, I scored really big, and uh, today, actually, I, it wasn't too bad. Today, I'm really glad of what I got. Uh, what I got to see, I, I still have to go through everything, so including the action figures. Yeah. and they didn't punch your card for them. So. It was an uh, an action figure on top of the the ones you could buy. Uh, I want to say right now, I only bought two, so my total of number of action figure was four. But as Robert was pointing out earlier, there still plenty left as we're told I ho- I ha- they should open up tomorrow morning <laughs> <laughs> I'd go and buy another four <laughs> they're probably scalping them on the street right now <laughs> I would not be surprised and yeah yeah the dealers are buying them for $30 yeah and the uh, and then and the then you the know what they were the, the mini busts they were one guy I spoke to. He's, he bought it for fifty-three dollars and resold it for a hundred and twenty to the de- one of the dealers. Wow! And he got two of them. And he's an exhibitor, so he got to go in line first. So he made a profit. That is bad. That is that is really sad. No. no. And and they weren't still okay. They weren't still patching the badges correctly for the uh, the action figures. But judging by the number of of. That of remaining action figures, I'm guessing it's probably not that big a deal. Uh, most probably, well, hopefully anyway. Uh, those people who actually are missing the, their uh, their their convention figure because the store was closed, you couldn't go get them. Blah blah blah. Uh, I would say contact Mary Franklin at uh, lucasfilm.com and uh, just make sure that uh, you say, you know what, I'm sorry, I didn't get my uh, my figure. I'd like to get it, so please send them to and. Uh, just pay for the for the shipping and uh, the, the price, and I'm sure it's going to be okay. Okay, so just a quick email. We got uh, Matt Grimm again. He wants to give congratulations to uh, my good friend Jedi Dajuan. Her yes. Her boyfriend asked her, uh, for her end in marriage on oh. uh, at C3. Okay, basically. And she said probably yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably <laughs> yes. It, do, it doesn't say the email. So that's it. congratulations <laughs> to you guys. Yeah. Congratulations is a good sign. Congra- congratulations, Dajwan. Uh, Dajwan was the uh, person responsible from FanForce.net for the, the table in the fanfare hall, uh, where we didn't get a table, and uh, the uh, she was there almost all the time. Every time I got there, she was there and she was checking out, and making sure that everybody was having a good time, and still like 
representing Fan Force. Okay. So my my heart goes to you, Dajwan. You did an incredible job. Uh, one I most definitely couldn't have done this time around, especially with being like an SWD representative over there. I don't understand that. So. That was one of the things I didn't actually get to the fan hall until Saturday uh-huh. because I was busy doing lines. Other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was busy in line. Uh, lots of lines, but the thing was, is I I know that people like you and a couple other people I know didn't get booths in the fan hall, and the fan hall was empty. Yeah, they yeah. were spreading things out in order to fill it out, and I I really don't understand what why it was so limited. Uh, I it think they didn't want certain sites to have too much publicity. It would l- basically uh, it's basically how it would look like, you know, if they. Give a, a website, you know, publicity uh, without the fans participating, right. or you know. But it, it, I find it kind of funny, and I, I, I've got no problem with no fan force chapters whatsoever. But the fan force table was there, and there there were there's Matthew. There were about five other fan force as well. Okay. So it was. Are uh, you going to a break just to set up? It was fairly uh, incredible. We're uh, gonna give a microphone to Matthew. We're, we're actually, we're first of all, we're gonna give him a chair. Uh, yeah. Brian, you wanna you wanna set up the chair right in front of the table so that he can uh, put this one. Yeah, he's gonna put your. Uh, that's fine. Your thing on. And uh, uh, we're gonna. So we're we can take him. We're, we're gonna set up, and uh, it's gonna be really fun. So we were talking about sa- about Friday. Uh, Thank you. We'll be back to Friday uh, right after this. Uh, Great moment that we're about to have here at live on yeah. Star Wars on direct from the After Hours Show Celebration Three. Uh, uh, welcome to the show, Matthew uh, Matthew Stover. Hi, how are you? Very well, and what you and yourself? I'm doing just fine. I just got back from dinner with my publicist and uh, an assistant editor, Delray Books. We're talking about the a little bit about the future of Star Wars oh. and. Uh, it was. Uh, it's been a good time this weekend. So you might have other books to uh, write in the future. I may have. It is a possibility. Uh, it won't be for a couple of years. Um, Del Rey has a couple of uh, hard covers that they haven't assigned yet coming up in, uh, I believe, about 2008 or so. Okay. So it is. A, it's a little bit down the road, and I have a couple of books of my own to do first, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not impossible that there could be more Star Wars in my future. Oh, that's very interesting. Okay, for those of you who don't know, Matthew Stover is the author of the NGO book Trader, the Clone War Shatterpoint, and obviously the Revenge of the Sith novelization. That's right? That's right. Okay. Uh, how did you get the gig for uh, the Revenge of the Sith novelization? I don't know exactly. Um... I can only assume that it had something to do with my work on Traitor and Shatterpoint because, uh, as everyone who reads Star Wars knows, I'm not nearly the uh, the kind of big writing star that Terry Brooks was when he got Phantom Menace or mm-hmm. Bob Salvatore was when he got Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Um, all I know is that one day, out of the blue, my editor from Ra- uh, from Random House, Del Rey, Shelley Shapiro, called me and said that she had been talking with uh, Sue Rostany mm-hmm. at Lucas Books, and they had been talking with Howard Rothman at Lucasfilm Licensing, and all three of them had gone to George Lucas himself, and between them all, they had decided that they thought I was the guy to write about uh, Anakin Skywalker's fall to the dark side, and mm-hmm. uh, it was... I think you did very well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, it was it was uh, kind of a shocking experience for me. I didn't even know that I was under consideration when I got the call. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
with all the emotional you know roller coaster that goes into Anakin's head how did you put yourself into his uh, how could you put yourself into his character and you know develop uh, the relationship with Obi-Wan and his fall well it You know, my background is actually as an actor. Before I became a writer, I was an actor and a playwright. Okay. And a lot of what I was trained to do was to uh, put myself into other characters' positions, even characters that I don't initially identify with myself. And I think that that, is, that contributes a lot to the way I write. That's why, for example... Each scene in Revenge of the Sith is written from one particular character's point of view. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the character that I was, in my mind, kind of playing in that particular scene. Um, it's a... Uh, I don't know how to describe it more than to say it's, it's kind of like you just sort of imagine what it must be like to be them mm -hmm. how you would feel if it were happening to you how but not but not if it were happening to you if you were you mm -hmm. but how you would feel if it were happening to you if you were someone who had grown up fixing droids in a junk shop on mm -hmm. Tatooine and had been taken away from your mother at the age of mm -hmm. nine and etc 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 it's it's difficult to describe but Uh, but actually, it is—it's uh, easier to do than it is to talk about. Okay, nice. Uh, can you describe a little bit the meeting with George Lucas? You met him uh, for uh, for that book. I did. Uh, we had a we had a long talk actually, because what I wanted to do with the book was to go inside the character's head to kind of give that camera angle that you can't get on film to look out through the eyes of, of the individual characters and I wanted to make sure that I was going to be doing it basically the way George Lucas wanted it done. I wanted to be sure that that these characters were going to be seeing the world the way Mr. Lucas thought they see it, mm -hmm. if you see what I mean. So that was what our meeting was really like. I sat down in a room with him had this big long list of questions on my laptop that where I could ask him, you know, what was Anakin thinking when this was happening and why did Obi-Wan do this now instead of then? And uh you know what what was the what did Dooku think the point of the raid was? What was he what did he think Sidious was planning with all this? Mm -hmm. And It was uh, it was kind of a long involved meeting, but fortunately we had uh, a tape recorder running okay. during the whole thing, so I actually got a written transcript of it that I could keep on my laptop and refer to during the whole process of writing the book. Nice, that's awesome. That's uh, instead of doing the play by play, now it's almost like a, a back pocket reference book. Uh, kind you, of like you that. see the exactly. movie, the images which we saw today, the the episode, spectacular, yeah. I had first time I had seen it, and it, the images were incredible. So now you have the book, which is can backfill that's all that visual. That's exactly what it's intended to do. It is not intended to replace the film. It's not intended to even translate the film into book form. It is intended to 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 fill out the film to give another perspective on what you're going to see on the screen. That's that's exactly what it's intended to do that's all it's intended to, to do 
my real intention was literally to make sure that that every Star Wars fan on Earth was going to have to see the film and read the book, both. Uh, actually, you did uh, at the opening ceremony. You saw for the first time uh, images of Revenge of the Sith, right? Some of those, yeah. That okay. that was the first time so I had ever seen them. Yeah. So how was re your reaction uh, since you wrote some of those? Uh, well, you know, uh, um, a lot of the people from uh, Del Rey and Random House that were back there uh, behind the scenes with me, like like my editor Shelley, mm -hmm. uh, were kind of laughing at me because you know they were all sort of lounging around and, and watching. Mm -hmm. But I I was standing up, I was right behind the screen, I'm looking up at it, and I was I was practically jumping up and down. I mean, I was literally just about jumping out of my shoes. I was <laughs> really excited. You know the judge. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It, I'm I'm so so excited to see this film. I can't even tell you. I've been living with this story in my head for a year and a half. And I am dying to see this movie. <laughs> nice. By the way, if you uh, people you have questions, just write write those down, and uh, we'll ask them. Uh, what resources did you have at your disposal uh, except the script? Uh, well, in addition to the script, of course, I had um, all of Dan Wallace's books, all the the new essential guides to every conceivable thing <laughs> in the galaxy far, far away. I had Steve Sonsweet's Star Wars Encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. I had the original Star Wars Encyclopedia. I can't remember who, who compiled that one okay. right off the top of my head. I had um, I have this vast library of Star Wars books, um, not just the New Jedi Order, but um, a lot of the you know Young Jedi Knights books and X-Wings and all kinds of stuff. Um, I have a lot of the comic books, a lot of Clone Wars comics. I'm a big fan of, of uh, John Ostrander and Hayden Blackman's writing, mm -hmm. both. Um, I also had the uh, CD okay. version of the Jedi Holocron, okay. which is the classified database that has um, literally every single character location and piece of equipment that has ever been mentioned in any... Um, piece of Star Wars literature, cartoon, comic book, wow. role-playing game, um, anything. It's in there, and it has all of the details on it, and it has it lists every appearance it's ever made in uh, in all those things. And um, I it's, need it's that. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to have that. <laughs> it is. It's very secret. It yeah. also lists what um, level of continuity. The various entries on it are. Okay. It's it's pretty cool. Did you also have the support from previous authors, or any authors, kind of like, well, you do it, you know, or well, if you need any help, or? Well, yes and no. I mean, I I I had some support from from Bob Salvatore. I talked to him a little bit about uh, his experience on Attack of the Clones, um, and I had a lot of support from Jim Lucino. I had had some uh, interaction with him about Labyrinth of Evil, mm -hmm. and uh, I had his, in fact, I had his manuscript in hand as I was working on certain parts of uh, Revenge of the Sith to make sure that we were going to keep the continuity issues straight mm -hmm. on that. Um, mostly, but mostly it was, uh, most of my contact was was with uh, Shelley and, and Sue Rostney at Lucas Books, mm -hmm. And with uh, with Jonathan Rensler, who has done the making of um, Revenge of the Sith, mm -hmm. 
he was sort of my spy on the set for um, the reshoots. Mm-hmm. Now, that wasn't his official job. I mean, he was actually there doing doing his job, which was preparing the making of book. Okay. But I was lucky enough to to um, have him be able to call me and let me know what changes were being made and how the actors' performances were looking on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so some of the actual sequences that were changed late that I had to go back and rewrite, I actually had more details on how the actors' performances were going to be okay. than I did on really any of the other book. Okay. I didn't know about any of that stuff, but the reshoots, I had I had Rinsler going, well, you know, McGregor was playing it kind of like this. Okay. So I was able to I was able to take it, nice. you know, there. So that that was really cool. He so was also he was also he also did the art of book. So did he yes. give you information on locations like Mustafar and say, "Oh, you have to see the art for this." Well, I did have I did have some of that stuff. I I got some uh, CDs of uh, screenshots and concept art, some of the stuff that actually ended up in that art mm-hmm. of book. And I did have some limited access to the ultra-secret uh, Lucasfilm online image database, mm-hmm. which would be updated every few days with screenshots from the film. But, uh, as I said, it is ultra-secret. So, so secret, in fact, that it can only be accessed using the Force. Mm-hmm. You're like the ultimate fan. Oh, yeah. So you're, the, you're the one we all look up to now. You're like the alpha I'm, fan. I <laughs> am the uber geek. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You got so all you can it. find out all about those images at www.starwars.com slash the four slash ultra secrets. <laughs> 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 uh, how do you actually adapt the movie script uh, as a novel? Well, it's... Um, It's not as complicated as you might think. Uh, I write literally from um, strong outlines. I write a very detailed outline, especially for Star Wars, because as, as many of you listening to this may know, some of my books have been a little bit controversial among fandom, and so in order to make sure that I'm not springing any surprises on the good folks at Lucas Books and LFL, I basically spell everything out in my outlines. I let them know in advance everything that is going to be in the book. I say, look, it's going to be like this and this and this and this, so that if they're going to have a problem with it, they have a chance to let me know about it before I actually write the thing. So, basically, what I was able to do was use George Lucas's script in the same way that I would use one of my own outlines. With the fundamental distinction being that in one of my outlines, if I get stuck on something where it just doesn't make sense, then I can just go ahead and change it and do something else. Whereas in uh, Revenge of the Sith, if I get stuck on something where it doesn't seem to make any sense, I couldn't go ahead and do something else. Mm -hmm. What I had to do was rethink what I was doing until it did make sense. And the really cool thing was that when I would think deeply enough, it always made sense. Do you think that the reason you're controversial, you sell a lot and you inspire a lot of threads on message boards because your books really get fans excited. It's not just another story about a Jedi. There's what you did with Trader, 
that just everybody went dropped their books and ran to their computers. <laughs> and uh-huh. do you believe what Matt Stover said? It just makes sense. Everything is so amazing. This is something we've never read before. That that's why they chose you to write Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. because you were not going to write a play-by-play. You were going to write, you know, you were going to you're going to get in depth. You're going to give it emotion and intelligence. Well, and this this is my goal. This is my goal all the time, is to is to tell the truth as I see it. Is to tell the truth that I think is in Star Wars. That as near as I can tell. Mr. Lucas thinks is in Star Wars. I mean, after all, he did he did line edit Revenge of the Sith word for word, and oh. and there were things in there that he thought might give people the wrong idea, so he took them out. Okay. It wasn't even that they said the wrong things; it was that he was afraid that some people might misinterpret them. He thought they might imply the wrong things to some people, so he said, "You know what? I don't want you to do that." Okay. And. Uh, so I think that uh, in a lot of ways he and I are on the same page, and what all I've really all I've really ever wanted to do with with Trader with Shatterpoint with Star Wars is just write Star Wars books that are as good as any other books that are not just tie-in fiction that aren't just. Um, science fiction that are real fiction that are exactly. worth something that are worth reading that are worth reading again that's that's my only goal because there is a big divide between the expanded universe fans and the movie fans and you and Timothy Zahn have a really excellent way of bridging those fans together mm-hmm. because yeah, there's some that would never read the EU books but they've all read Timothy Zahn's trilogy mm-hmm. and it's well, a classic and these and are the movie fans too. that dismiss it but say, but I like Timothy's aunts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that my theory is, is you and Tim's on are definitely a, a authors that bridge. Well, let's hope. Let's yes. hope that I can bring a few of them over into the expanded universe because I think that a lot of them would find a lot of things to like in the expanded universe if they were willing to give a little bit more of it a try, especially a lot of Troy Denning stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. this this book right in front of me, right here, Tatooine Ghost. I think a lot of those, um, a lot of those supposed purists, if they actually read that book, would go, "Wow, this is wonderful, classic, original trilogy, quality Star Wars fiction." Oh yeah, James Luceno. He's yeah, exactly. I, people say they like the action, but James Luceno writes the politics. Yeah. And if you ever wanted the backstory on Episode One, yeah, I know. James Lucino's Cloak of Deception. Cloak of Deception is a great book. Uh, yes, and Darth Maul Shadowhunter. Mm-hmm. That's another great action but it introduces characters that any that are amazing right. that the and fans so love like so I-5 so we're just trying to we're trying to lure a few of the purists over to the dark side yeah. and it's working like <laughs> um, you know a lot of the books that came out in the 90s and the, the fans collect but it, it, there's kind of lukewarm dedicated fans but it, was that a pun lukewarm <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know they, they I found I find that a lot of authors don't know how to write the movie characters. They know how to write their own characters, mm. the ones they create. But when they deal with Luke, or yeah. or Han's pretty easy to write, but Leia and Luke, it's it's really hard because they don't want to change the character. Right. So they intimidated to develop it though. Right. They don't really understand what they're dealing with. But now that we have Timothy Zahn back, 
you know, coming out with his new uh, allegiance, as it's known right now, mm-hmm. and you and Aaron Alston's coming back with the whole legacy era, mm-hmm. Dark Nest. I mean, it's huge for EU fans, and I think the movie fans, now that it's ending, really need that strong point yeah. to find yeah. a new... I think that the movie fans are going to look at the uh, this this post NJO series and are going to be really really excited about the whole thing. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. we have a we've got a lineup of writers that is hard to beat. Troy, Karen, and Aaron oh, Karen are Chinese, just yes. dynamite. All three of them. That hard contact. It was mm-hmm. hard, called hard contact, right? That was great. Yep. She's a strong female writer. I like her book. Yep. Uh, for Revenge of the Sith, uh, did you keep the dialogue from the script in the book? Uh nope. No. Nope, not even a little. Oh, no! At my, at my meeting, my meeting with uh, Mr. Lucas, I asked him flat out if I, if I needed to use his dialogue. He said, "Nope." Said okay. <laughs> and because cinematic dialogue and literary dialogue are two different things. In a movie, you've got Hayden Christensen and Ian McDiarmid and uh, you know <laughs> Alec Guinness mm-hmm. to to give your dialogue. Timing and and rhythm and emotional impact and emphasis, and in a book you have to do that just with black marks on a page. You do that with word choice, with with um, the emphasis that just comes from sort of the 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 poetry of the language itself and the way it it has to read inside somebody's head. It's a completely different animal, and Mr. Lucas. Above all else, is a storyteller. He understood. He understands that. So um, he just—he was just like you know, just just make it good. He just wanted it to be a good book. That was his thing. That being said, however, in his line edit, there were a couple of places where he wanted his dialogue to stand, and it does. He took my stuff out. He put his stuff in. It's there. Exactly the way he wrote it, because that's where he wanted it, and uh, you know it is what it is. Okay. Well, yeah, if I, if I may, actually following up on the subject of things that didn't stick into the book, uh, what were the exact in main actually, if you can reason for the exclusion of Kashyyyk and Chewie? Oh well, um, well Chewie, for one thing, uh, doesn't have any lines. <laughs> I mean, after all, what's I mean, he gonna say? He's gonna say, oh, <laughs> well, can, can um, <laughs> so secondly, um, it is because the 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 Battle of Kashyyyk happens at a place in the book where the tension is running up toward. I don't want to. I don't want to give too much away, and I don't want to. I don't want to indulge in spoilers. But let's just say it happens at a place in the book where to have indulged that battle in the level of detail that would have been required to make it exciting, to make it as exciting as it's going to be in the film, um, to make it that exciting would have taken a whole chapter. And to have had an entire chapter on Kashyyyk at that point would have brought the rest of the novel to a dead screeching halt, which the book at that point couldn't afford. And basically, I just made a judgment call there. I was like, you know what? In the book, this is going to stink. In the movie, it's going to rock. Miss Lucas has some things in that battle that are going to be really, 
really cool on screen that just aren't reproducible on in a book because they're it's it's visual imagery. That's what they are. I mean, that's what it's about. It's it is it's straight action. In order to get that level of investment in action in a novel, you have to you have to develop situations and and invest in characters and just draw things out in a way that the book couldn't afford at that point. So I just uh, I just left it out. Okay. Uh, wait just a sec. Uh, okay. Uh, was it disappointing to leave this part out for you, or? Well, no, no, not disappointing. So much as as worrisome. I was I I honestly was worried when I uh, when I got word from Sue that that uh, unlike you know most of the EU and and some of the other uh, novelizations, Mr. Lucas was sitting down to to go through this book you know word by word. Oh. <laughs> I w- I was concerned that he was going to get to this point and jump up out of his chair and shout, you know, "Where the hell are my Wookies?" <laughs> However. Mr. Lucas, like I said before, mm-hmm. he's a storyteller, and he understands the difference between telling a story on the screen and telling a story in a book. They're two different things. On the screen, it's going to work. In the book, it wouldn't. And, you know, he he left it the way it is for a good reason, because in the book, it'll work. In the screen, on the screen, it'll work being in because it's going to be really exciting and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Mm. Plus you've already established that it's not a play-by-play. Is it, it is not a play-by-play. The The book is a companion piece. It is not a translation of the film into a novel. It is intended to supplement and complement the film. It's intended to be a book first, but also a book that will enhance and deepen the film rather than just take a movie and put it between a a pair of uh, cardboard covers. So it helps with the Skywalker saga. It adds a new chapter to it. It it rounds it out. It's not about the Wookiees. That's the idea. And it's not about the clone troopers. It's a Skywalker saga, and it always has been. It's about about Anakin and Obi-Wan and Padme, Mace and Yoda... And the Emperor. And that's perfect, because that about. leads to episode four, which mm-hmm. is exactly what everybody, George, intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have split the book in three big parts. Any particular reason for that structure? Uh, just because it's it's sort of traditional in, the, uh, in a kind of um, theatrical sense, kind of act one, act two, act three mm-hmm. um, sort of way. It, uh, it just seemed to break down naturally in that way and it also um, it well it seemed to you know act, act one is the the, the battle of Coruscant mm-hmm. and you know act well again I can't I don't want to go into it without no. giving away too much detail right exactly <laughs> there's, there's too many spoilers mm-hmm. but but there really are there are three main pretty reasonably segmented mm-hmm. um Sequences of action and emotion, and they have their own beginning, middle, and end. And the three of them together make their own single story. 
kind of the same way that that each trilogy has, you know, each movie has its own beginning, middle, and end, but they still make all three of them make a make a uh, complete whole. Mm-hmm. It just it just seemed to break down that way naturally. Okay. By the way, I really like the introduction when we are put in the shoes of the uh, habitant, of the uh, resident of Coruscant, you know, watching TV, mm-hmm. and it, I really like that. Uh, yeah, the Band Brothers thing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's just that was that was the same expert excerpt that was on. That yeah, was published the, uh, online. Right, on, just on hyperspace. Just pulls yeah. you in. It's just that you've never seen that before in a Star Wars yeah. novel. Oh. I, I know people that just just began... I'm, ju- I'm going to just read the introduction, and they, they couldn't stop after the introduction. Well, that was the idea, actually. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to make it... S- I, I always try to write so that you can't put the book down. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, some people can. You know, God knows there are people who who start my books and find it really, really easy to stop, mm-hmm. but uh, I I always try my hardest to make sure that there are very, very few of those people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that introduction basically was written to be a sort of literary equivalent of what you're going to get in the opening crawl. Okay. You know, just it just sort of brings you into the story. and But because it's a book instead of a movie, I, 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 I could spend more than... You know, four or five paragraphs, which is what you're going to get in the movie. I, I took four or five pages to do it, and and was able to layer in a little detail and and have a little bit more fun with it, and kind of draw things out and and give everybody a little bit more context, especially the people who are not expanded universe readers mm-hmm. and haven't been keeping up with the Clone Wars might. You know, have a little bit better idea of what's been happening since Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Just speaking on the lines of C three, um, I know from being in the exhibit hall that your lineups were queued. I mean, the fans seemed to really wanted to meet you and just say that Revenge of the Sith book was amazing. Or just were you? What was your reaction to the fan reaction to you? Well, I'm I'm very very pleased. I mean, it, the book is doing well. I'm I'm really happy, but it's you know it's mostly it's it's not really about me. You know they're 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 here to yes they're here to meet me, but here to meet me because I've been lucky enough to contribute to the Star Wars saga. You know it's it's because I've had the opportunity to be part of Revenge of the Sith. It's not because I'm me. They don't. Nobody really gives a crap about me. No, that's not true. <laughs> but I mean, no, no. But I mean, but I mean, seriously, you know, they, they, if whatever they like about me, it's, it's that they like, it's because they like Anakin Skywalker and Obi Wan Kenobi. Well, the they might like the way I write them, but it's really because they like them. Well, the guy in front of and me had all your, all your books, your whole well, library. Yeah, yeah that's no, that's true. Yeah. Now, now, people who like my other stuff, that's that's fine. But you know, still, really. For me, at least the way I think of it, it's really about my books. I I even like I love doing interviews like this and talking to people and everything, but I like talking about the books mm-hmm. because I I love books, I love stories, I love telling stories. You can tell, can't you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's not it's not it's not about me. I mean, it's 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 the story that counts. It's Star Wars. I mean, come on. That's why we're all here, oh, right? <laughs> you know? Ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the actual award for less egocentrism goes to Matthew No, but, but, but seriously. 
You know, did I, did I just cut myself off? No, 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 you're okay. Okay. Maybe, no, maybe you, you you're just... Uh, I turn my... The my volume down. The volume down. Yeah. Just uh, no, on the right side. here. On the side. There you go. There we go. And uh, No, but you're dedicated to the story. You're very dedicated to, re- to your work. That's it about it. And it's, it's that way with... It's literally that way with everything I write. It's that I want... That's, that's why I don't... I get a little bit uncomfortable with, with talking about myself and and all that stuff because I, I I really want to talk about the story mm-hmm. <laughs> I, because the story is the story is what counts mm-hmm. what counts is the way people are going to react to the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan and what happens to Anakin and the w- and what they think of the emperor and you know the way this is all going to tie together the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy and this is this is just you know it is just so the whole thing has just been so cool for me. Yeah, as a fan, it must be like uh, Evan. It it is it's it's impossible to describe. I mean, I I I literally, honestly, it occurred to me as I was working on this. I was about three quarters of the way through, as I think I had mentioned in a couple of my panels that uh, it's very stressful for me. I was I was you know I, I really really was working very hard. I was afraid that I wasn't going to do it really well. Mm-hmm. Not so much afraid that I wasn't going to do it well, but I was afraid I wasn't going to do it well enough, mm-hmm. well as as well as I wanted to. And I got about three quarters of the way through, or or even maybe a little more, and I started feeling like you know I think I'm I think I'm probably going to get this right. And I started thinking you know if 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 this really is like if this were to be like my last book, if this were to be the book that I'm like really known for in my life, I'm okay with that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, think about it. Two or three million people are going to read this book. Mm-hmm. This is part of the greatest cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. of Western civilization since what? Since mm-hmm. since the Reformation, yeah. right? I mean, come on. It's it's Star Wars is just uh, it it it. It boggles the powers of description when you really stop to think about it. It's I I have I've met one person on this entire tour, one of my media escorts. I have met one person who who confessed to not actually understanding much about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't really get Star Wars very much. I just took my sons to see the to see the movies, and I said, well, but. You know who Obi-Wan Kenobi was, right? She goes, well, yes. And I said, well, you know what it means to use the Force, right? And she goes, well, yes. And if somebody were to say to you, may the Force be with you, you would understand what that means. She goes, yes, but I don't really get Star Wars. And I, and I was like, well, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the beginning of each part, the three parts you mentioned, there's a little text about the light and the dark. To me, it I, it, it looked like a dark side doctrine or something. Uh, what did you add in mind when writing those small texts, introductions? Um, I didn't have so much in mind as I... Uh, I guess I was just trying to express the feeling of that segment. It's kind of the way I do with the uh, chapter title mm-hmm. of each chapter. It just sort of... Um, when I when I title a chapter, 
it's to kind of give you a, an image or a, a feeling or an idea of what I want you to be thinking about during that chapter. Mm-hmm. And those um, little, whatever they were, kind of introductions. Thoughts, yeah, introductions, thoughts on darkness were really just kind of what I wanted to be in the back of your minds, Mm -hmm. what I wanted you to be kind of thinking about as you were reading that section of the book, because that was, that's kind of what I felt that section of the book was expressing, that's all. Okay, now you got to pronounce this and explain what what that means, chapter 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 20. Chiaroscuro. Mm-hmm. Chiaroscuro is an Italian uh, term uh, from. It's an art term. Okay. It is. It means an arrangement of light and dark. Oh. Um, Pretty well chosen then. <laughs> Now that we know what it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, um, I I highly recommend those of you who are interested in in painting, especially to look at at paintings of the Italian master Caravaggio. Mm-hmm. He was considered one of the great masters of chiaroscuro. Um, and they are they're often interiors and they often have uh, one or two characters bathed in light from a window with other characters fading into shadows and then, you know, further shadowed corners in the room and uh, they're 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 very dramatic and uh, very striking and very much in the spirit of that chapter. Are you you talking uh, specifically about kind of the neoclassical painting? Uh, Renaissance. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing I find really cool is you reintroduce the, the shadow points. Uh, mm-hmm. In that book, when Mace s- looks at Anakin as nothing, n- n- spoilers. Oh, when is this going out? <laughs> that's r- okay. We <laughs> <laughs> won't go uh, any further. Yeah, when is this going out? I mean, we could talk a little bit about Mace and Shatter Points. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm I'm happy to talk about Mace because one of the how things does he see the Force? Let's say one of the things I thought was really cool about uh, working on this script, working on this book, was that. Um, When I read uh, Mr. Lucas's script, I discovered that basically it seemed to me that the sort of character and backstory and, and everything that I had created for Mace Windu for Shatterpoint mm-hmm. was completely consistent with the way uh, Mr. Lucas had chosen to portray him in Revenge of the Sith, which was really exciting for me because it was like it was. It was like I had been reading his mind in advance, because I know, you know, he doesn't. He notoriously does not read expanded universe novels, so it's not like he had read my book and had decided to make Mace that way. No, it was more like I had just sort of anticipated the kind of character he had wanted Mace to have all along, and so with in Revenge of the Sith. I was able to carry forward some of the concepts from Shatterpoint, including Mace's great talent, which is the ability to look at things using the Force and see the way um, the energies of the Force interact 
around it so that, um, well, as he puts it, when I look at you through the force, I can see where you break. He sees where the weak points of people, things, and situations are. He can sees way he sees ways to strike events that will break situations in useful ways. That's what makes him the um, the only other Jedi in the entire Jedi Order who is of equal rank to Yoda, mm-hmm. who is 850 years older than he is. Yeah, I remember in Shadow Point, Mace always thinking back to the Battle of Geonosis, how if with just one thing he could have changed everything. No? Mm-hmm. No? Okay. Uh, what's your favorite character? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's a man. Okay. Maybe give her a little bit more reason for Well, um I don't I don't think I need a reason. I think yeah, that no, as soon as I think that as soon as, as soon as people read Revenge of the Sith, they will understand mm-hmm. why Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite character. He's yeah. a consummate Jedi. Be- because he is he is the consummate Jedi. He is everything a Jedi should be. Mm-hmm. And Revenge of the Sith is as much a test for Obi-Wan as it is for Anakin. It's just that Obi-Wan passes where Anakin fails. And Obi-Wan isn't... He's not extraordinary with some extraordinary talent. He had to really work at being a Jedi. Even in the movies, he said, you know, Gwygon had to help him learn the Force. And, you know, he, he, he had to work for it. Right. But you know what? Um, it's a, that's that's all part of it, you know. Obi Wan is Obi Wan is Obi Wan. Obi Wan is just <laughs> he's just the coolest. I just really like him. I always have. So when Anakin says an Attack of the Clones, you know, I want to be the greatest of all Jedi. It actually ends up Obi Wan Kenobi that goes down in history. Most consider him the greatest of all Jedi. Well, I think I I hope that they will. Let me put it that way. You had a question? Uh, actually, I'll let you go on uh, with your with your question because it follows through with the uh, the, the the ways of the of the Jedi in, this, in certain way. Okay. How do you compare Luke's path to Anakin's path? Well, it's 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 actually re- it's really very simple. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a choice between giving and taking. Okay. Luke Luke chooses to give, Anakin chooses to take. Right up until the end. Okay. Uh, how was the interaction between you and James Lucino for each other's book? I, we, we've talked about it a little bit, including including the forthcoming novel, Dark Lords, the kind of trilogy between you both. Well, I don't know anything about Dark Lord. Okay. I know that, that Jim has had um, the manuscript of Revenge of the Sith ever since last August, so he's had plenty of time to look it over. Um, but I haven't seen anything on Dark Lord, so I don't know. Okay. Um, I did talk to him a little bit about it right after we first signed the contract, and we chat a little a little bit about uh, what I thought he should do with it. But I have no idea if um, he uh, had, you know, I I didn't. He was he was just saying saying, oh my god, I just signed another Star Wars contract, what am I going to do? And I, said, <laughs> and I said, I don't know, maybe you should do a Vader book. And that was about as, that was about as much 
advice as I was able to give him. Um, uh, so, as far as that goes, I don't know. But uh, for Labyrinth of Evil, we worked together rather closely. Um, he, when I had my meeting with Mr. Lucas for Revenge of the Sith, he actually had a, a handful of questions for me to bring into the meeting okay. for him, so that we could uh, get the um, get a lot of things straight about the um, backstory, a lot, especially about about what Dooku and Sidious were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, just in the like the three or four days directly leading up to Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Here's a question for you. Um, now that you've done New Jedi Order, and now you've done prequel trilogy or the prequel era, which what did you prefer writing? Do you like fleshing out the Star Wars story as for the movies, or do you like going beyond and creating whole new eras? Now that we're getting into the new Legacy era. Well. Traitor was by far the easiest of the books to write. Um, Shatterpoint was probably the most interesting, and Revenge of the Sith was the most rewarding. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess I don't really have a preference. It would just be, it would just depend on, uh, I guess, what... uh, what I would want to do next would depend on what they want me to do next. I would just have to find out what they're interested interested in and figure it out from there. Okay. Because you had a lot of control in Trader that you said that I have my book. You can't yeah, do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Can you explain a little He's bit about that? Panel. You said that in the panel. That's true. I I did. I I was uh, that was part of the way that I uh, it was part of my my secret plan when I I pitched the book at the, at the story meeting at Skywalker Ranch um we basically uh, had were plotting out the second half of the new Jedi order from star by star to the end um I had I pitched Trader as a self-contained book um taking place literally you know with Jason and Verger being outside the normal chronology of the whole story, where where it, it didn't have to fit in neatly with the rest of the timeline and and all the other stuff, and that was my that was my secret weapon. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to worry so much about what the other writers did. Um, I did get a little bit of a turn when I heard that Aaron was setting his book on Coruscant in between Star by Star and Traitor because. I was afraid that Aaron was going to do something with Coruscant that wasn't going to fit in with Trader, mm-hmm. but it, it all turned out okay. But in general, you know, that was that's that's what I was uh, that's what I was doing. I would that was I shouldn't say that's what I was doing. That was part of my fiendish plan <laughs> to uh, to set everything up as a as a self-contained story where um, any continuity issues that might come up. I could just kind of leave aside by keeping Jason and Verger separate from the events of the wider galaxy. So nobody can kind of overwrite you or explain it away. Exactly. So it just stays as it is, and it's always Traitor. And it, you know, five books down in the future, nobody can say, well... We're going to go back and just rewrite this so to fit in with our new Well, story. you never know what people are going to do. Um, once a book in, in Star Wars is written, it's out of your hands. 
it's not it's work for hire it's not my world so once it's done it's done it's their property they can do whatever they want with it but uh, all I can do is say you know what I did everything I could with it I gave it my best shot and there it is uh, but uh, at the time I did everything I could to basically keep it above the continuity wars that were causing problems for some of the other writers just because of just because of the way you know things happen when you write you know you get an idea and it's like oh I, well I, I'm going to have to do this and not realizing that that's going to cause a problem for somebody's book two or three books down the line because you don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. right they don't know what you're doing so but once you turn your book in all of a sudden it's a problem that uh they don't know about until your editor tells them, and it's it's all it's very complicated. It's great to have a self-contained book. It is very yeah. good in this kind of series to have a self-contained book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, do you think it's better to read the novelization before or after I've seen the movie? Well, I'm hoping that it doesn't make any difference at all. Okay. Um, I really. I really think that it's not going to hurt anyone's experience of the mm-hmm. film to read the book first. After all, like I've been saying, I've had this story in my head for a year and a half, and I am so pumped for this movie <laughs> that I can barely contain myself. Um, on the other hand, I did try to make sure that uh, that I would make the book interesting and exciting even for people who saw the film first as well you know I try to write in such a way that that my books will stand up to being read more than once so if you see the film first and come to the book it's just like in a sense reading the book for the second time Mm -hmm. except there will still be a few things in there that you haven't seen before so I, I should think that it's mostly a question of whether you prefer to see the film with the thoughts of the characters going through your head or you prefer to read the book with the visuals from the film going through your head entirely a matter of taste that's basically my my take if i know uh, i follow the spoilers so for me reading the book before will enhance my uh, my pleasure of seeing the book because right. I well, will know the backstory. If you follow the spoilers, then you've got nothing to lose. That's it. Right. Yeah, like in the trailer, the scene with Anakin and the clones. Right. You'll, instead of just seeing the visual on screen, you'll actually, from the book, you'll, no, it's not a spoiler. From the book, you'll, <laughs> you'll know in his, why, in his head as he's walking why. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. And for those who are spoiler-free and don't want to, you know, know anything, just... You read the book afterwards and you'll understand exactly. anyway. Yeah. And then you can go, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, it that all makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. That, that, that's what I'm hoping is that, is that people who watch the film will still want to read the book to kind of deepen their experience of it. Definitely. So it does work both ways. Uh, that's what I hope. But I'm not going to know until the film actually comes out and some people who have waited read the book mm-hmm. You know, and tell me, oh yeah, we saw the film first, and we still love the book. So, mm, ask me again. You know, mm-hmm. about May twenty fifth or so, and we'll see how well it worked. Mm-hmm. I read, I, I read the script and the, the the novel. I think the novel is is better because it's deeper. 
but yeah, but we'll but see. Yeah, visually, I don't but have yeah, a clue. So it's, not, it's, it's not about it's not about which one is better. Yeah, remember, yeah. it's it's really about it's, it's really about both of them working yeah, together to make a great story. If the the book's the emotion and and the movie after seeing that spectacular footage, oh, yeah. that is just pure eye candy visual. It just makes your jaw drop, yeah. and you just it stare looks like a little damn kid at the TV screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at it, and just like, I can't blink. I'm missing yeah. something. This is incredible. Did you have other questions? That's right. Go ahead. Uh, actually, we've got some fan questions ongoing now. Um, when uh, a little earlier during the, the discussation, you actually mentioned that George Lucas didn't actually read the book and told you, like, no, you won't do this or do that but was there actually one point like other than Chewie and, and Kashyyyk where there were uh, some difference of thoughts on how the book should be written um, on how the book should be written no he actually um, he's, a, he's a movie guy I'm a novel guy and I guess he was willing to let me and and Shelley at Del Rey and Sue at Lucas Books handle the novel end of it as far as that goes. Um, there were some things, like I said, that he took out because he was afraid they might be misinterpreted. And there were a few other things that he changed because he thought in a couple of places that his words just worked better than mine. And we respect his opinion there. Didn't you mention at one point there is you almost had a foot stomping moment almost panel? no oh. I, had a, I had several foot stomping oh where you were kind of like where you wanted it but then later George it made sense when he explained it to you oh yeah well it wasn't that he explained it to me it oh. was that it was that he, the word came down that something had to be done and when I am forced to change something in one of my books my initial reaction is is to tell the person who is making me make the change that they're completely insane, they're ruining my book, <laughs> they're, they're, they're idiots, and, and you know, they, they should just, you know, go... Pounce up. Yeah, yeah jump, jump off a pier somewhere and, and strangle themselves with their own intestines and just, you know, <laughs> whatever. And then after I calm down, I usually get over it and uh, go ahead and make the changes and everything's okay. In this particular case... I discovered that not only was everything okay, but that they were right and I was wrong, that the changes they asked for actually really improved the story, that, uh, that these were changes that really reflected the spirit of the film as, uh, as it is going to be seen in the theaters and really made it um, mythologically stronger, more precise, cleaner, I think is a good way to put it. Um, again, without going into any spoilers, um, it just uh, just made everything work better. Okay, great. Uh, was it always going to be called Revenge of the Sith, or were there any other possible titles that were ever discussed? Um, I don't know what the other possible titles were that were going to be discussed. I was personally kind of rooting for Twilight of the Jedi, but uh, but you know that was just because it was a line from my own book. No, <laughs> <laughs> it would it would have actually made a very nice uh, little title. Yeah, but this one's better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're actually going to go into a short, uh, no, more personal 
Okay. Oh, you got another question. No, I have several emails <laughs> that you received <laughs> <laughs> for questions. So here's a question That's from. That's because he's a very popular author. That's, so that's it. it. Well, actually, we're gonna we're gonna get to know uh, a little bit more about yourself, even though it's all about the book. It is about the book. Uh, before you wrote this book and before you wrote uh, Trader, were you well? You were a Star Wars fan, I I, I believe so. Yes. Uh, does writing those book as as writing those book made you a bigger fan of Star Wars? Um, yeah, I'd say so. It has made me appreciate um, Star Wars on a deeper level than I than I did before. Um, it Star Wars has the the extraordinary phenomenon of being one of these things where the more the more you think about it the more there is to think about. And the deeper you look into it, the more there is to see. And so, yeah, I would say that, that even though, even though yes, I saw A New Hope 20-some-odd times in the theater, about 23, I think. Oh, boy. And I saw Empire Strikes Back 28 times in the theater. And, in fact, I watched uh, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back on Fox TV this afternoon <laughs> in my hotel room. And right now, probably, you're, you're missing um, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I mean, well, no, I'm, I'm sure it's over by now. But, uh, um, uh, yeah, actually, I, I would say that writing these books has made me a bigger fan just because it has... Uh, it has brought home to me just how much more there is there than, than I had suspected just from watching the films. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what his expanding universe geeks have been saying to the movie people mm-hmm. for years. They keep saying, if George didn't do it, it's not, you know, it's not Star Wars. Mm. And we're just, you know, you can only watch A New Hope so many times. It's But yeah. you delve into the book. Don't try and tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're just going to see the same movie. But right. when you get, like... With the new series that's coming up, it takes place right after A New Hope, mm-hmm. the Allegiance book. That's what Timothy Zahn was saying. So now you, you flush it out even more, and you move towards Shadows of the Empire. And, you know, it really, it does yeah. make Star Wars huge. Mm-hmm. And especially with Karen Travis writing a book for for a video game. So you yeah. get an experience that way. Yep. Now you know the characters from the game even more. Yep. So. Uh, this is a question from Dick's Flatline. Would you say you were a Lucasfilm go-to guy when a dark mood is, is needed for for a story? I don't know. It could be. Um, we'll have to see. I think we have some dark stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds to me like uh, Michael Reeves is is a go-to guy. Mm-hmm. I know that Jim Lucino is a go-to guy for dark stuff. I suspect that... Uh, that Troy Denning um, gets a little bit of the dark stuff as well. I would be very much surprised if we don't see some dark stuff from Karen Travis. <laughs> Do you find your uh, right your Star Wars books are very aggressive? Especially your characters are aggressive? What do you mean? Well, um, let's say, for instance, the X-Wing books, there's a lot of humor. Mm-hmm. And with Shatterpoint, uh, the Revenge of the Sith novel, and Traitor... There's a, a there's a lot of aggression and a lot of very strong emotions and very dark. Like Mace, the whole jungle was very aggressive emotions. Very. You didn't think Mace was funny? I thought Mace should have been played by Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> no, but more Canadians into Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, but I just find that 
Aaron Alston's hilarious. Yeah. Where your your books are really dark and very aggressive. I find the characters think aggressively, yeah. act aggressively. Yeah, well, you know, they're serious minded people. Um But is that your favorite way to write or do you do that intentionally? Well, it's uh it's who I am. I don't think of myself as being aggressive, but I'm I'm a serious minded person. I I take things seriously, I think seriously about things. I believe that um, there's no point in doing something if you're not going to do it as hard as you can. Well, you talked about fear the other night, and in Trader, Vergier and Jason get into a lot dealing with fear. Mm-hmm. And in Shatterpoint, with Depa, mm-hmm. and just being in the jungle, it seemed like there was so much fear. Fear is the path to the dark side. Yeah. Over so. Overcoming fear, overcoming fear is... One of the great tasks of every Jedi. Hey, you made a great speech at the end oh, of the, thank you. Yeah. the second uh, panel, I th- the second or third, I don't remember, about fear. Well, thank you. But I, 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 I truly believe that this is one of the great tasks of every Jedi, of every um, person, every human being on, on our planet, is that, is that fear is what stops us from doing nearly everything that is valuable in our lives. And if you get past fear, um, you can accomplish astonishing things. And and when you remember that fear is of the dark side, that's that is the first step to conquering it. And when you remember that people who are trying to sell you fear are using the dark side, that's the second step to getting over fear. And. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I I guess if if I don't think of myself as an aggressive p- person, I I'm 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 a lightsider. I I I use the force only for knowledge and defense. Yes, but you, <laughs> you don't you don't seem to write. Yes, there's a light. Yes, there's a dark. You show that even the light side, especially with Mace, with his when he was talking about his fighting style in Shatterpoint, that it's a very fine line. It, he almost uses the aggressiveness and his fear, or trying to conquer fear, to make him stronger. Well, to stay yeah. on the light side, because he says, you know, it's almost like he's trying to harness it and, and control it, and that well, actually makes him better. Well, yeah, you know, um, we always... Uh, it's uh, something that comes from, from martial arts, is, is if you can't overcome your limitations... Uh, you have to find a way to make your limitation into an advantage, make it into a strength. You know, if you can't eliminate it, you have to find a way to use it. And, you know, that's uh, that's Mesa's strategy. And it works for him up to a point. Up to right about the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so buy it and read it and find out. Find out or just you wait till May, May 18th go have a party in line with your friends and on May, I- May 19th at midnight 01 and uh, well actually midnight and maybe 54 you'll know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay I will end this uh, interview uh, by uh, uh, actually, oh, actually you have other yeah questions? actually okay, go I want to look a little bit deeper into who is Matthew Stover <laughs> okay not, not too deep <laughs> not too deep I promise uh, what was your first ever contact with Star Wars um my first ever contact with Star Wars was when I was 15 years old. Um, it was not long after 
school was out in my hometown. It was June of 1977. Um, a kid I knew, a friend of mine named Jeff Masters, came over to my house on his bicycle and told me that uh, this movie Star Wars had opened up in in my hometown. It's like it's like well, you know, let's go see it. It was a Saturday afternoon matinee, and I had some money left over from mowing the lawn, which is how I got my allowance in those days. And so we rode our bicycles down to the Fisher Theater at the Vermilion Street Mall in Danville, Illinois. And uh, and that was it. You know, it was the Saturday matinee, which I guess is pretty much the way uh, the way <laughs> Star Wars was originally intended to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What else do you want to know? I mean, that's I, I saw it. Like I said, tw- uh, r- roughly twenty-three times in the theater. <laughs> that's great. And l- ever since that moment, you've been a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're actually part of Star Wars fandom, even more so. You're actually part of history in the yeah. making. Yeah. Um, that makes you feel, I'm sure, very special. And this weekend, you actually had the chance to see. Even though it's all about the book. <laughs> uh, this weekend you had a chance to see over 30,000 uh, fans actually gather in one place in the uni- in, on Earth in the universe and celebrate Star Wars. And you're wearing the pin that uh, the, 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 the friends over at TheForce.net and uh, official picks and Rebels come made Star Wars as forever. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Star Wars fandom is actually going to grow just the more so after Revenge of the Sith? Uh, I suspect that it will. I suspect it will. Um, I I don't. Uh, I'm not going to make predictions about the future. I suspect. Let me put it this way. I suspect that Revenge of the Sith is going to trigger a giant renaissance in Star Wars fandom. That it's going to become. It's going to become a very very big thing in this country and worldwide for a while. Um, beyond that, I don't know. I'm not going to. Assume that it will. I'm not going to assume that it won't. I am not attached to outcomes. Are you surprised at the diversity of the fans that you met this weekend? Not at all. No? Not even a little. the The thing, the only thing that does surprise me, actually, is how much alike they all are. Is how is how nice, friendly, kind, and intelligent they all are. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we like, really yeah, did. We, we, we talked about how everybody helped each other out, mm-hmm. um, especially when the snow and the sleet in the middle of the night, yep. trying to see George Lucas, and yep. even the hotels, the staff, everybody yep. got in well, the spirit. There is, there is something about something about the concept of the Force, something about the concept of the Jedi, about that whole thing, about, about you know, giving against taking that even even the people who who call themselves darksiders are so much nicer <laughs> than ordinary people out there in the world it uh, it's 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 a different thing star wars is something special definitely well, uh, we're we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna do exactly what has been done to many many lines this weekend, even some to actually go see you uh, to, to to sign the books, and we're gonna cap it off. We're gonna cap the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically, how did you enjoy Celebration Three? Oh, I had a great time. I'm 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 very tired. I have to get up at mm-hmm. four o'clock in the morning so I can get a cab to the airport. I'm going out to uh, Los Angeles for a signing in Huntington yeah. Beach. Um, do you have the list 
uh, of your. I don't have the list here. with me. No problem. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, um, you know. It's online somewhere. Well, I'm sure it's on the force. It's on the force. Net. Yeah. It's on StarWars.com. You can find it on the Del Rey website. Yeah. Um, you know, RandomHouse.com/slash Del Rey. Mm-hmm. Anybody who wants to. Uh, Wants to know where I'm appearing. I've only got a, I've only got like four more appearances left this month. Just uh, Los Angeles, two in Los Angeles, two in Seattle. Then I'm going to be at uh, the Pages for All Ages bookstore outside Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, in Savoy, Illinois, uh, May 12th. And I'm going to be in Pittsburgh at the end of May. I'm going to be in Orlando on. During the opening weekend at Disney World, and that's about it. But you're taking a sabbatical during the the weekend. Um, no, I think I'm going to be down signing books at Disney World during the weekend. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, if if a bookstore buys a thousand copies and they want the author, they pretty much get the author. <laughs> so you're going to be <laughs> yeah. Good thing bookstores are closed at midnight. <laughs> yeah, ain't it though? So are you planning to see uh, Revenge of the Sith at midnight? I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping. I don't know what they. I don't know what their plans for me are. But mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not working, I'm. I'm going to be in line. Well, thank you, Matthew. My pleasure. It was uh, really entertaining. Oh, likewise. It was really nice to meet you, you folks, face to face. Yeah. This has been a lot of fun. I and hope I'm going to see you at uh, many more uh, Star Wars celebrations of some variety or another. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously not connected with the release of a new movie, but maybe once a year oh. with the with the TV shows for the premiere, right? And conventions right. or other books that will be coming out exactly. in the future. Uh, one last thing. We want, uh, you did already a liner for us. Uh, I would like to make a new one with Revenge of, uh, the Revenge of the Sith okay. and Novelization. So just read that uh, out loud, and it's recording now. So Okay. Hi, this is Matthew Stover, author of The Revenge of the Sith novelization, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. Perfect. That's Thank just you. Perfect. Thank you very much again. I was going to go for <laughs> <laughs> the headset to get you This segment brought to you by yeah. Matthew Stover and the oh, Three Canucks. That's right. Well, th- thank you very much for like, co-hosting the, 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 this, uh, this wonderful uh, interview because it was great. That was amazing. And uh, we're going quickly go to a musical break. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to be and we're going to be coming back with a new guest that just walked in a few minutes ago. Uh, Karen Travis is here with us. She's al- she's already been on the show. Uh, so, but we're going to ask her a few more questions about herself and how she found the Star Wars celebration.
Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Hello, I'm Garrick Hagen, big star collider from Star Wars and New Hope. And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. Welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. And uh, I have to get back into this uh, this show right na- right now. We're broadcasting live from the Hilton, and uh, it's been a very special show so far. And it's just going to get even more special. Uh, I got to go in by reading this little excerpt. Um, if you can picture yourself at the headquarters of Special Operations on Coruscant, in the Arca Company, ca- company barracks. Uh, Go on, said Fee. Shoot me! Do your worst! He held his arms away from his sides, presenting a clear shot to his comrade. Hatton raised the Verpine shatter gun and aimed two-handed, his left hand steadying the grip. You're all mouth, Fee, he said. Hatton squeezed the trigger. Fee's armored breastplate puffed a cloud of coating with a loud crack and he fell back against the wall of their quarters. Verps were silent except for their impact and the screaming that sometime followed the blast. Fee was screaming, but behind his visor, his mouth was open in silent awe of pain. Hayden stood over, over Fee and checked both the breastplate and the verb's chamber before hauling him back to his feet. They took off their helmets and looked around for the spent projectile. Fee picked up a flattened disc of metal whose edges were split and curled back like a flower and tossed it in the air for Hayden to catch. Okay, the upgrade worked, Hayden said Hayden, but you can't blame me for checking. I spent a month in the back of tra- tanks thanks to one of these. <laughs> and this is how Omega Squad Target begins And it's the latest short story of Karen Travis Who's w- here with us tonight Welcome again to the show It's, it's lovely to be back on the show And it's lovely to be here to actually see you face to face That is really great It's so much better than doing it down a crackly phone line, isn't it? Did he actually <laughs> kneel before you Like he, t- he told uh, on the last show you uh um, you, you did say something very interesting to me when you came to the signing table. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I actually, I did. I did kneel before her and I said, "Please, will you marry me?" <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought, 
somehow that rings a bell, and then I realised who you were. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's an honour to finally meet you in person. Um, we we've been waiting for this this uh, this moment to happen uh, for the past few months now, and uh, we're thrilled to finally have you here in person in our mobile studios that are only halfway working. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I must say this is awfully posh. I mean, obvi- obviously the listeners uh, can't see this, but this is a very sna- snazzy, snazzy and ritzy hotel, and uh, you know, it's very classy, and I feel rather shabby coming here, here, here in my rather grubby jeans. So this is one of these times I'm really glad it's radio and not television. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've just uh, com- came out of uh, Star Wars Celebration. Four days. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as I was mentioning, your uh, li- your latest uh, short story was in the latest Star Wars Insi- Insiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great story, and when we first had the interview with with you, we were asking, you know, what's coming up for Omega Squad, and well, you know, there's something coming yeah. up, but it's in yeah. my head right now. And uh, you, this is actually a big proof that they are. There that uh, Del Rey and uh, Lucas Licensing are still listening to fans want, want more and more and more of these kind of things can we expect maybe something else can we can we try and get something out of you right now tonight <laughs> uh, this, is, this is this is a difficult area um, as you know my background uh, part of my background was in sort of political public relations so I'm a master of weasel speak <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, let's just put it this way um Delray and Lucasfilm know I'm extremely keen to do any more Republic Commando novels that they might want to do. Um, I'm not aware of any firm plans to do any at the moment, but if, if they ever want them done, they, they know my number and they know I'd jump to it just like that. So we got to go to girl for oh yeah. Republic Commandos now. You write really fast, like they said. So. Yeah, I mean, this <laughs> trouble is once you've once you've admitted that in public, everyone knows. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I actually do churn books out very fast. It's it's just the way I write, and uh, yeah, they they know they'll have a have a novel in between eight and twelve weeks. So, mm-hmm. so you were at the panel title reveal. Yes. So. We need to talk a little bit about that, of yes. course. So, uh, what can you? S- uh, what can you mention us about this new era that they're planning and the new nine book series? The legacy era. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm trying desperately to remember what we said we could and couldn't reveal now <laughs> because I no longer have Aaron and Troy going. Shut up, Karen! Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually made a list of what I could and couldn't mm-hmm. say. Um, it's uh, set after. It's, I think it's a few years up after the end of uh, Troy's Dark Nest trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, and I've actually read two of those. Now, this Ooh. is an important point. As you know, as I say frequently, I don't read fiction. I actually don't read it. And I know everyone goes, "Oh God, how can you write without reading?" Well, I just do. Um, but I had to read Troy's uh, stories because. Oh no, it's okay. Uh, obviously because I needed to get some continuity done and I read them on screen because they're in word format at, at the moment so I have actually read two Star Wars books that nobody else has other than Ooh. obviously Sue nice. and, uh, <laughs> and Jelly <laughs> um, so uh, I think the thing that fascinates me most is we're entering an era where people that I remember from the movies are actually now of an age to have a bus pass I mean Han's 60 
Um, yeah. Leia's knocking on a bit. Mara's knocking on a bit. Sixty uh, is the new forty. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is this is this is what we kept telling people. Um, <laughs> and I like to think that people are fit. And I'm aware, shall we say, of some of the comments that have already been on the fan boards when mm-hmm. I said Boba's back. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, how can he possibly um, be? if I can use the phrase kicking ass which mm-hmm. is what I said on my blog today if he's the AG is well you know yes he can because there are there are more there are many more ways to skin a cat I know there are no cats in the Star Wars universe but um, uh, I don't think age is going to be a barrier but I'm particularly fascinated by this not just because of the of the sort of epic scope of, 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 of the nine book series about sort of threats and challenges that the characters are going to face mm-hmm. Uh, it's also how people deal with the aging process. I know that sounds dull, but you know, if you're if you're a Han and you're used to having been the sort of hip gunslinger all your life, you're so you know when, when time starts to catch up with you and you look back on your life and what it's meant and the people that you've that you've loved who you've lost, you know that, that he's actually going to be a very different character. They're all going to be very different characters much more mature characters to the ones that you've obviously seen in previous years I, I found that aspect of it quite interesting um, let's put all the action to one side when I write I start from the point of view of what's in the characters heads mm-hmm. and I need to actually think what they think feel what they feel have their outlook and just being able to grab hold of things like that about you know Han he's lost a, a son um, you know there are strange things happening a, a, around him all the time uh, he's never really had a normal life with Leia. They've, always, they've, they've lurched from one crisis to the next, one war to the next. You know, what does it feel like to look back on that uh, after after the Vong Wars, mm-hmm. after all that goes on, which I can't reveal, obviously, in the Darkness <laughs> trilogy, but it's, but it's very cool. Very cool, yeah. Uh, and I found that fascinating. And you said there was an approaching darkness, or a new darkness, mm. that's going to center your books? Or was that the darkness? No, I think it was the new legacy book. Yeah, um, yeah I mean that's going to be over over the over the whole story arc. Uh, I mean, you know, clearly there there will be, shall we say, major challenges to face. Can you characters. say that it's it's not a Vong type? It's not a super species or another super weapon. That this is more. I, I, I think I can safely say that it's that it, that it's not going to be something that some, some something of that nature. No. Okay. Um, still a very big challenge, very serious challenge. Okay. The book series uh, name is actually Legacy of the Force. Yes. Yes. And the era is Legacy set 37 years after A New Hope. Mm-hmm. The first book is Betrayed, Betrayal. Yes, that's Aaron's. Yeah. Okay. Aaron uh, how much do you work with uh, Aaron and Troy up at up until now? Uh, how much email? Oh you know? well, I mean, you should see the bandwidth we've been taking. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting way to work uh, because we're doing it in a sequence. Uh, we're not doing blocks of books, so we really do have to work very closely with each other. Um, when we were doing outlines, we we were sort of throwing them back and forth, saying, "If you're going to do that there, can I do that there?" And it's a, there's a lot of moving around of the chess pieces, um, and that's just to get the basic outline for the novel. Now, outlining doesn't give you every coffin spit not every detail you've got the high points it still runs to 28 to 50 pages that's a big document um, yeah that's a lot yeah uh, yeah and uh, when you then start writing once uh, let me just take you through the process mm-hmm. and uh, stop me if I'm repeating anything that Matt said while I wasn't here but when you submit an outline 
which basically says this is what's going to happen in the story and this is who's going to be in it this is where it starts this is where it ends that sort of thing um, once that that's sent to Sue and Shelley uh, that's Lucasfilm and Del Rey they have a look through it and they'll have questions and they'll have questions with the other authors once that gets the blessing to go ahead and you start writing the book that you find when you're writing something, or I do certainly, that all sorts of other things occur to you during the writing process and you'll think, well that's cool, I think I'll, I'll stick that in. Now, when you're writing your own book, you can do that and maybe mention it to your ed- editor if you think it's significant deviation from what you had out- outlined. With this, I need to tell Troy and Aaron and say, well, by the way, I'm throwing this in. Does that give you any problems with what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Because we're overlapping as we're writing. It's n- if it were a matter of Aaron finishes his book and I read it and then start doing mine, mm-hmm. it would make it a bit simpler. But you can't really do that with the production process. Mm-hmm. So a- Aaron's writing while I'm writing. I might even finish before he does. Now that's well, uh, depending on hi- on mm-hmm. on where he's reached. I'm not really. I've never really asked him such a personal question. You know, Aaron, how long does it take you to write a novel? I mean, you yeah. know, I, I sort of tell people how long it takes me, so they they all know. But um, you can see there's all sorts of juggling that goes on and I imagine that during the editing process we're going to have to make a few changes to accommodate things that have shifted mm-hmm. and that's really just to keep the continuity um, it's, it's an interesting process because it's the polar opposite of how I write my own science fiction mm-hmm. series which is, it's my universe I don't have to consult anyone about continuity I write it on my own and then I have a finished book and I send it to our publisher, which is HarperCollins, and they go, thank you. And that's it. You know, I'm sort of uh, basically ruler, ruler of my own domain. And this is the complete opposite. It's total collaboration. It's not my universe. Mm-hmm. I'm working with people who have very different approaches and styles to me. But, but, we, but we make it work. It's almost like writing a TV show. That you, that you have to keep the, the sort of brand and the characters going. But you've got to add your, your own flavour to it so it's, 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 it's an interesting professional process I mean none of that means anything to the reader I mean it isn't their problem mm-hmm. it's our problem but um, I, you know it's, it's nice to have a different challenge mm-hmm. it's nice to learn new craft so that's a nice way to put it because like we said with Matthew I well I don't know if he agreed but he writes a lot of very aggressive style and whereas Aaron Alston you know he's good at writing humour so mm-hmm. The fans do appreciate the different flavors that each mm. author brings because it makes it a new experience or expands on, you know, it fills it out. Yes. Because you can't have all f- humor yes. after a while. It's nice yes. to. So that's good. Yes. Yeah. I mean, one thing that strikes me is when people say, you know, is it difficult to fit in with continuity and different authors and all that? I say, well, just imagine Star Wars if one person had done the lot. I don't think it would be half the product that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, think, I think a lot of the texture and the richness and the complexity comes from having lots of different voices uh, giving different takes I mean that, that makes it the, the sort of universe for me it really does what do you consider your flavour uh, like you said that Aaron it's like more humor, uh, humor and uh, what, what, what are your suggestions uh, how can I say this Sorry, I'm thinking French and yeah, yeah. So, I'm, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the, 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 the sort of the basic way style, yeah. yeah the yeah. way the way you ri- you actually are actually writing your book, uh, I guess, Hiron is a more humorous way yeah. of doing so. Uh, mostly, Matthew is a more serious way of doing so. Mm. Which would you consider as yours? 
what I've been told by people uh, who have read all my stuff is that um, there is humour and it's very black humour it's very armed forces humour mm-hmm. um, yeah it's very in- your writing style is very industrial you're like an industrial visual artist yeah. that's how I, I picture you when I read your yeah. books yeah I've been a journalist uh, well up, up, up to recently obviously <laughs> um, mo- most of my mo- most of my life I've been a journalist I've been a news journalist which you know hard news end and I went for a, what I call a reportage style what I'm what I'm writing when I'm in the character's viewpoint is what they're seeing they're actually reporting what they're seeing um, I don't believe in very ornate language mm-hmm. I'm not into style um, I could have gone that path I think yeah, from my point of view with the amount of complexity I put in a story it gets in the way I want people to read a story not a work of literature I don't want them to get tied up with the language uh, I'm a great believer in less is more that I want a very clean style and then people can concentrate on what's happening and concentrate on what the characters are feeling and thinking absolutely so your, yeah your books right from the first page it right out the door you know yeah. each sentence is like a moment it's not a, so much a description as this moment this second yeah. this second yeah. and you're just counting down through yeah. the book that's it. I mean I, I, think, I think that's one way to give pace because people don't have to slow down to actually think what does that mean uh, they can just charge through it I'm also very conscious of the fact and this isn't just for Star Wars this is for my other books as well I want everyone to be able to understand what I'm writing I want to be accessible to people I want to be understood by someone whose first language is in English I want to be understood by someone who's 12 I want to be understood by a university professor I want, I want them all to understand it I don't want to exclude anyone from my work by making my language too complex and that's, makes, that's what makes well-loved authors is the more people that can relate and discuss it. I mean, classics are always great, but a lot of times they're inaccessible. Yeah. I mean, I've been blogging every day. I've, I've, been, I've been doing my Celebration 3 blog because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a compulsive serial blogger. Mm. I mean, this is just a journal. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah, I've, uh, I, didn't, I wasn't blogging for a while, but, uh, a, but a critic called Farrah Mendelssohn, who's a very good friend of mine, said, Karen, you must blog. And I said, why? I'm not getting paid for it. You know, because I'm a journalist, I want to be paid for everything. And she said, no, you really should do it. Authors should have a profile. And once I started on it, I thought, this is just like writing a daily column on a paper. And I'm a compulsive ranter, as, as, as you know. I mean, you've all heard me rant. And um, so I do effectively my daily column. So I thought, well, I'm going to Celebration 3. I'm going to report on it in my own way. And um, today I blogged on the fact of things I'd learned from Celebration 3 about it had actually crystallised some of my thoughts about what writing is and what my role is and what were those? it was about storytelling I mean I've always said that I, I'm a storyteller not not a, not an well not a writer per se I mean write, writing for me is a process but for actually defining what I am uh, I don't regard writing as art I don't regard writing books as art art to me is something separate that doesn't interact with people it's, it, it's just there um, I want to get reactions out of people I'm, I'm a storyteller when I was a journalist I was a storyteller with fact now I'm a storyteller with fiction but I've still, I still want truth in my fiction I, I want, I, if, I, if I'm going to write soldiers I want them to feel like real soldiers feel um, I want facts to be accurate I want everything to a- actually make sense I and mean, it's probably why I'm not a fantasy writer I'm not comfortable with fantasy I don't have enough 
rails to run on. I don't have those lines where I can say, I know that would happen. I know that's real. I admire fantasy writers. I really do. I think you know they do a very tough job, and it's not one that I could do. But I go for realism. So I was blogging today saying I finally realised, yes, I am, I am quite definitely a storyteller. And I'd learned that because of the interaction I'd had with fans these last few days, which has been a really... Uh, life-changing experience for me now I know I worked in PR and people are going to say oh she's just off doing the old weasel speak in public relations but I have had an extraordinary convention Mm -hmm. and I've met some extraordinary people and it's made me rethink a lot of things in my life and I I have enjoyed talking to readers and fans so much I know who who I'm doing this for Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not writing for other writers I'm not writing for awards I'm writing because I want to see the look in their eyes when they say to me why did you do that on page 45 and it's lovely to be Mm -hmm. able to talk to someone who's read it and has read it as a product Mm -hmm. something for them what is your blog web address? it's uh, it's on Mm -hmm. LiveJournal I'm under Karen Travis one word I can give you the URL Mm -hmm. It's www.livejournal.com forward slash users forward slash Karen Travis, and that's one word, and it's Travis with two S's. But your your blog is accessible by your your website. Yeah, if you actually go to my website at karentravis.com, there is a link to to, to LiveJournal. So uh, you're, you're welcome to visit, you're welcome to join in. There's open house there, and we have quite spirited debates mm-hmm. on it. Okay. Um, I just have a comment. You said that um, you like to have the rails. You like mm. you can't do fantasy. What if you do with stuff like Star Wars? Star Wars is, you know, sci-fi fantasy. Also, there's the Force, yeah. the Jedi Knights, yeah. and there's sort of whole that whole element of fantasy in Star Wars. So how do you deal with that? Yeah, what what I mean by fantasy, writing fantasy, is to start with a blank page and say, dream up something as as Tolkien did an entirely okay. constructed universe well George Lucas has done that for me he's actually constructed <laughs> a universe so I've actually got the, the rails to run on oh, okay. um, I actually even within Star Wars I try to stick to hard science ok I've never quite been able to swallow the, the faster than light travel and the lack of time dilation but I accepted the money <laughs> so I accept their science <laughs> but if you look at hard contact the the numbers and the science that I put in there is real um, the, uh, the force of the explosions that's mathematically correct and I'm really neurotic about checking these things so are the fans yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly I mean that's, that's what I was trying to do as a journalist it, it needs to be right I'll make it as right as I can physically make it and uh, a lot of the data in there people say well did you actually make up that bit about the number of soldiers who don't shoot to kill? I said, no, that's part of a genuine study that I've seen. And uh, people in, in, in the military who've read Hard Contact come back to me and said, oh, that's so spot on. I said, well, yeah, because that was a large part of my background too. That matters to me because if, you, if the reader believes the things that are true and says, oh, that's true, it helps them get into the world and it actually gives it some sort of internal logic. Yeah, and you've actually... How does it feel to be like the authority of clones now? Mm-hmm. It's I, Karen yeah, Travis. I love it. Yeah, She's I just the clone love that. authority. I, I, I've, I've really, this, is, this, is, this is where I turn into, in, into the geeky fangirl. <laughs> um, I am totally into clones. Um, by, by, 
by association, I'm also very much into stormtroopers <laughs> now. Mm-hmm. But we're going to that. <laughs> and, and we could go also uh, into Mandalorians for the. I am indeed. Oh yes, yes. There is something about the whole mindset um, that I like very much. Uh, yeah, the thing about I mean, obviously, uh, I, I, I don't want to necessarily re- re- repeat what we what we mm-hmm. said before about hard contact, but there there was virtually no canon, there was no continuity for for Republic commandos, mm-hmm. so I had free reign, so I could make. They're actually the SAS. I think I've said this before because I keep getting questions uh, from readers saying, "Look, are they are they Delta? Are they Rangers?" And no, they're the SAS and. In U.S. forces, uh, Delta Rangers, etc., they actually cover a wider. Uh, they actually separate their functions but because we're dirt poor in the U.K. We have to get our special forces to do everything, including the washing up. So, <laughs> um, yeah, if you're looking for a model for them, then then it, it's it's it, it, it's the SAS and the SBS. Um, and I've really quite in- enjoyed looking now at the difference. With I've I've suddenly got into uh, ARC troopers, as you know. Uh, by the uh, by, the appearance of the one in the short story, I never thought I would. I thought I'd be totally commando girl, but I'm gradually spreading out, and um, obviously now taking a great in- interest in the uh, stormtroopers as well. So yeah, it, yeah, it, it's it, it's nice to be the clone lady. Yeah, and I now like you're going to be the you're going to be dealing with stormtroopers. Well, they don't even have stu- stormtroopers really no. in the future, but you'll be dealing with what's the Galactic Alliance now, or yeah. what do they call it? So yeah, mm. so yeah. That, that's that's going to be interesting. Looking at their military setup and uh, and yeah. Uh, now that it's after yeah. the NGO, the, uh, the, the the reason I'm going er now is because I'm dangerously close to doing spoilers and revealing things I shouldn't reveal. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> so switching neatly to Boba Fett. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've 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 been absolutely longing to write Boba Fett for. Uh, for quite a few months, mm-hmm. I was going to say a long time. Let's let's put this in some sort of context. Um, February last year, I didn't even know that I was going to be doing uh, hard contact. Okay. Uh, I got the call out of the blue, end of February, beginning of March, saying, "Would you like to write a Star Wars novel for us?" Uh, my only contact with Star Wars before then had been that I'd seen the first movie and reviewed it for my very first newspaper job. And that was about it, really. And I've g- I effectively feel I've gone from naught to 100 mi- miles an hour on, on, on Star Wars. I mean, I've got huge gaps in my knowledge, obviously, but mm-hmm. I've been so immersed in it in the past year. Uh, it's been a wonderful experience. It's, it, it has been like joining a family, because you've got instant buddies all over the world. Everyone knows what you're talking about. Uh, you know, most people, even if they're not Star Wars fans know who Jabba the Hutt is and they, they und- it, is, it is part of the culture and there's a lovely sense of sort of belonging with it that, that uh, goes with it but I I know uh, I, I used to see Boba Fett cropping up on, on the, on the fanboards and the more I got into the clones and I looked at Django and I thought he's an interesting guy what a shame he got killed I mean that's really sad if there is one character I could bring back to life it would be Django okay. because there is so much that he could have done but I mean Boba Boba will do <laughs> Boba uh-huh. will have to carry on the mantle and I find him an absolutely tragic character I love my tragic characters um, it's the it's the massively strong character who's got this flaw but they but they still despite their pain and their loss they will still do the job and I find that a very a very very seductive mix in a character are you yes. you said you don't read fiction but you read um, part of the darkness yeah. trilogy that's coming out now, if you're going to resurrect Boba Fett and hopefully add some personality to Boba after 
the Bounty Hunter. Are you going to read the Bounty Hunter trilogy, which was actually pretty dry, because it was basically mm. Baba from the movies, and he, he wasn't yeah. really expanded. Are you going to add a lot of depth and personality? Um, I'm, I'm speaking totally frankly now. Uh, I've not obviously not read that trilogy, and I wouldn't want, want to comment on it, obviously. Um, I have looked at the Dark Horse comics, which I loved. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I'm fine with comics. I can look at pictures. <laughs> yeah, but books with no pictures in, you know, I've, I've got a problem with. Uh, factual books I'm, I'm obviously fine with. It, this is just a cultural thing for me. I, I, I actually never read much fiction. Um, I, I, I actually feel there are some points in the Dark Horse comics where I thought, yeah, I, I know Boba Fett's mind now. I know how that man feels because I got this real reaction. Uh, oddly enough, I'm not an emotional person in, in, in real life. and People think I'm pretty... Cool. Callous, really. This typical journalist. Don't you know? She has. She hasn't got a heart. She sort of sold it for you know to you know to to, to buy money to drink gin. That's <laughs> the usual thing they say about journalists. But um, I can get very emotional about my characters. Uh, I'm, there's all sorts of psychological quirks around that, and I'm sure if there are any doctors listening, they'll diagnose <laughs> that immediately. But um, uh, I I can I can get I, I can actually get myself in the character's head and feel upset for them, feel happy for them. And I look at I look at Boba's life, and I feel absolutely shattered by what's happened to him. Mm-hmm. I know he's shot a lot of people, but you know, look at that man's life. He watches his father killed in front of him. Uh, he was brought up in some ghastly, uh, pure white sort of room on on some storm-tossed planet with aliens around mm-hmm. him. Uh, he hasn't got a mother. Um, he is forced into the only job he knows which is bounty hunting which is not exactly the most relaxing job in the world mm-hmm. and you almost die in the survey that's it yeah. 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 there was a way a lot that's <laughs> it <laughs> it just goes on and on and there's a wonderful I can't remember the Dark Horse comic but there's one bit where he goes out and does a job he, he's, he's alone he's utterly alone and he's got his wonderful house or apartment, whatever it is, and he goes out and he does the job and he comes back alive again and leaves a trail of bodies behind him. And he, he looks in the mirror and he says, Good night, Dad. And I oh. just thought, Oh, oh no! Wow. I was just, it, was, it really got me. It really hit me quite hard. And I thought, Yeah, I, I know exactly what motivates you. I know where you're coming from. And I'm really warm to him. I really did. So, what type of resources are you going to use? Are you going to use the yeah. comics plus this? The holy holocron or the the holocron. Oh, the, I I have my copy of the holocron. Uh, <laughs> I use it curiously. Um, I don't use it terribly well, so I drive Leland Chi because okay. I'm mad with questions. Um, I actually find quite a lot of. I mean, fans will say things to you which are quite useful, and mm-hmm. you obviously I sort of check facts because we don't. Uh, fandom doesn't necessarily always agree on continuity with Lucasfilm <laughs> I've noticed from the boards <laughs> so obviously especially I, uh, recently with the the end of Clone Wars yeah so, yeah, <laughs> so um, so I'll, well basically what happens is once I feel I've got a strong enough I- idea and I write it it gets I will tend to send chunks of the novel rather than the finished novel I, 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 that's what I did with with, uh, with Hard Contact I actually said can I send you a couple of chapters at a time I used to say to Sue and, and, and to Shelley so if I'm going wildly wrong or from a continuity point of view you can stop me and say no that, that couldn't have happened go on another path uh, so that's probably what I'll do with this just so everyone's got an idea of, 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 of where I'm going uh, um, actually I was going to say something okay, go ahead. Um, in the new books The uh, Legacy of the Force you're a big fan of the uh, 
or the, the troopers, mm. the whole thing. So we know that the remnant is still around, and they still have stormtroopers. As we've seen in the New Jedi Order, there's a scene, particular scene, where Jason comes in with stormtroopers mm. to back him up. I thought that was one of the coolest scenes because it comes back to the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be any stormtrooper action? Because they're still around. There's, I think it's safe to say that there will be action. Uh, I couldn't actually say at, at this stage what form the uh, the a, any sort of military action will take. Okay. I'm sorry to be cagey on that. It's just that mm-hmm. my, I mean, it, my, my my instinct was to say, and then I thought, no, I haven't actually cleared that with Luke's film yet. Okay. So um, so there's hope that we could get. Because uh, I find there that there's like this big, hope. there's this, there's hope this big hole <laughs> because they've been in the prequel era. We get all these troopers and they're great. The arc troopers, the commandos, and, and like all these great troopers. And then we come into the original trilogy, the storm, just the stormtroopers, and they kind of like the Imperials are bad guys. You kind of don't, you're not sympathetic mm. towards them. Yeah, I mean, time-wise, it's going to be quite. You know, they will obviously any any forces that. Uh, that exist on any planet are not necessarily you know, they're not going to be obviously the clones cause the age issue yeah, I mean but they're going to be a fairly mixed bag of troops as they were w- I mean when there were stormtroopers in, 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 in the original trilogy they were fairly mixed I mean they were not they were not I mean, the Django clones yeah I mean this, this, this is this is always this is always the question that I'm asked and one I've never really sort of nailed down uh, is that transition from being a holy clone army uh, to being one that then became various clones and then became sort of general re- recruitment. Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not actually talking about the nine book series now. I'm just saying from a point of view, I find that a very in- interesting sort of uh, tran- transition from a military point of view, from a continuity point of view. Yeah, in one of the books, um, one of the authors actually had some of the old clone troopers retire yeah. and farming. Yeah, <laughs> they become yeah. farmers. They just had enough yeah. of war, and they actually had survived it. Yeah, and went off to live a quiet life. Yeah, I've got one in a vet's home, and one of the issues is uh, how how long they do live because dis- uh, they will have accelerated a- aging, mm-hmm. but also it may accelerate further according to the environmental. Uh, stresses they've been put under, but I would like to think of them all having nice, happy lives and going off and collecting their pension. But I suspect their lives were not like that. I wanted to follow up on something real quick. You met a couple questions ago. You said um, that one of your first jobs as a journalist was to review Star Wars. Mm. What kind of review did you give it? I cannot actually remember. I've been <laughs> asked that so many times. I genuinely <laughs> can't remember. I actually did keep cuttings of a lot of my feature stuff for a while, and I can't find it now. Because I was dying to whip it out, and then I don't know what I would have done if I'd given it a bad review. I wouldn't have told anybody. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually would have been honest. I mean, I do actually remember at the time um, because I was doing a lot of, of, of film reviews that it was like nothing we'd ever seen before. I mean, it was a magnificent spectacle, and you know, purely from a visual point of view, and you see it on a big screen, and you go into the Death Star, and it's mm-hmm. like whoa, and all that sort of thing. All, all those, you know. That I, I'm, I'm sure it would have been something about about that because I, I do remember sitting in the cinema with a load of other journalists going, oh, you know, gripping the gripping the ha- gri- gri- gripping the rails on the seat and thinking, wow, you know, that's incredible. So I, I, I suspect that it was a good review. I was always favourably disposed towards science fiction movies, so I would have said, yeah, that was a good one. What, what did you think of the animated series? Sorry, what did I think the of the animated series? I actually saw uh, what the uh, Clone Wars. Clone Wars animated series. Yeah, uh, I actually. <laughs> I should be perfectly frank now. Um, the tapes they sent me 
were NTSC and I couldn't actually get the colour okay. on my power yeah, system. Yeah. yeah. So I watched it effectively in black and white, which was fine because, you know, <laughs> steam, steam television practically. And I was getting upset when the troopers were getting killed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so heavily in, into hard, hard contact at that point that I was actually missing some of the plot. I was missing the plot to the extent that when I was seeing uh, fans walking around in costume, I was utterly confused by uh, a guy I saw in Jedi robes with white armour. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, oh, what's yeah. going on there? And of course, yeah, because I had somehow missed that bit of the, you know, the whole Jedi general uniform. Mm-hmm. So, And I now think that's very, very cool. So I've actually got the tapes. When I get back home, I'm going to be rerunning them, and I'm going to get someone to ad- adjust my VCR so I can actually see them in color. You probably thought, that guy's crazy. Wait, is he Jedi? Yeah, I thought <laughs> he had a problem with Order 66 or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, and can I just say that uh, there, there is every truth in the rumour that Ryan Kaufman at LucasArts, as was, stopped me getting a T-shirt made up that says, Order 66, you know it makes sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we, we used to have arg- arguments about Jedi, because mm-hmm. I, was, I, was, I, was, I was heavily on the clone side, as you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, these wicked Jedi who are using my boys, and he said, Karen, Karen, it's not like that, honestly. <laughs> Uh, all of which goes to show you how terribly seriously I took it. I mean, when when I do it, I don't do it half-hearted. I've got to throw myself in, into a book totally. Otherwise, it just comes over as a half-hearted piece of writing. So, did you have the chance to see the Rick McCallum spectacular with the new the new scenes uh, at C- uh, at Celebration Two? Um, the Rick McCallum yeah. spectacular, the uh, twelve minute of yes, I saw that. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah. you probably saw. Uh, Clone Trooper in uh, camouflage armor. Yes. So this and was about a bit about time. I, I <laughs> yeah, this is more like it. Yeah. This, is, this was a problem you addressed when we Absolutely. talked to you last time. So Absolutely. And it's, it's actually quite interesting because when I when I wrote Hard Contact, there was no color on on the armor. Mm-hmm. You know, they said no, it's it's just plain silver. Um, then of course with the game, the game needed some color on the armor for various mm-hmm. reasons. And then we got into the whole argument about paint. And <laughs> I think what's really interesting about Star Wars is not necessarily what you see on the surface, what comes out in the books and the series, is I wish we could do books of all the arguments that we have behind <laughs> the scenes about the tiny, tiny detail. I mean, if you think fans get obsessed about small detail, they've got nothing on us. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Kaufman and I had this enormous e- e- email conversation about whether the paint could actually be made into what we call chaff in the defence industry. Uh, you know, um, basically, you can, you can confuse a missile by effectively dropping what is uh, silver foil in mm-hmm. front of it, chaff. Mm-hmm. So we said, if you had metallic fragments in the paint, could that act like chaff when you're faced with droids? And, you know, we went into this for hours. <laughs> we were going on about this for hours. And in the end, I, I still said, whatever happens, my boys are, are actually going to use camo. They're not going to go for red, yellow, green. They're going to use camo. You know, Delta can do what they want. They can dress up how they like, but we're going to use camo. That works perfectly because in later books, there's jungle troopers. Yeah, absolutely. And even in the video games, like Jedi yeah. Jedi, uh, Jedi Knight 2, mm. Jedi Outcast, you have a whole level where you're, you, the, you go up against the, the jungle troopers. Mm. Yeah. Now and it's cool. Yeah, it ties in perfectly. Yeah. Now, now that George has officially announced that there is going to continue on with a live action TV show and mm. uh, another animated series 30 minutes mm. you know a piece uh, what would you like to see uh, from the clones 
oh, this is like, oh, this is like, what would you like for Christmas, isn't yeah. it? Um, <laughs> oh, I would like, well, the questions that I would personally like to answer, um, if I, if I were doing it, we haven't looked at in any depth at how uh, commandos work work with ARCs. We haven't looked at how they. Uh, how they work with infantry. I'm sorry, this is this is all military stuff that mm-hmm. gets quite obsessive with me. Um, I would love to get more into the heads of troopers, ordinary troopers, because they are going to be very similar to my boys. They're actually going to start to change because of the experience they've had on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started, well, as you can tell from the short short story, I've started to take a great in- in- interest in the psychological profile of the ARC troopers. Uh, I would like to see uh, different operations on different planets, different terrains. Um, I'd like to see more how the Jedi generals interface with them on a personal level. That's always been interesting to me because there have got to be conflicts for Jedi uh, working with troopers. But that's what this deception is about. Mm. Um, It's uh, Kid Fisto and Obi-Wan take a group of art troopers and um, they really get into the personal... One of the the our troopers meets a girl, who was actually yeah. Django's ex girlfriend. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. dealing with that whole because they yeah. have Django worship. They yeah. think he's well, that's a perfectly understandable thing to to do. I was suspect. And they they always say you know they always talk about Django in awe and they mm. they're in awe of the Jedi. But you know, so mm. that's that that's a little bit. It would be nice to see if you can. Get yeah, that expanded. It would be nice to see. It the, I mean, from the point of view of the uh, TV series, I mean, we've actually seen that in the books, but we haven't seen it in the TV series. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I mean, that wasn't in the micro series or, or whatever the phrase is. Um, and you were talking specifically about t- t- uh, about the TV series, weren't you? And it would be nice to see some of the things that have already been explored in the books then you know, tra- transferred to the screen. I actually I actually splashed out out, out today uh, at uh, at the con. There were there were on sale. Uh, cells from the cartoons, mm-hmm. you know the in the in, in individual cells mm-hmm. that are drawn to the cartoon. I actually bought myself one of the Ark Troopers nice. all firing out. So that's going on on the on, on the wall. I mean, geeky fangirl. I'm sorry, I've just totally fallen for it. Welcome to the family. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you get any of the Ark Trooper Unleashed figures? No. Oh, I got no. one of the rare red clone ones today. Oh. And he's lying so over the nice body. Things. It's so nice. Yeah, there were just so many nice things there. I know. One of the things, I mean, if, if we could talk about the con, I mean, no, well I say, of I, course, I just, yeah, I, we I mean were I going there because yeah, we sorry, want I could to know how did you enjoy the celebration? Too, yeah, you know? I mean, I had a total ball. I really enjoyed it so much. I, I go to quite a few science fiction conventions, mm-hmm. and as I said on my blog today, uh, this is like nothing else I've ever been to. It's not just the scale of it. All right, this is huge. I mean, we're talking about tens of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard every e- estimate from 25 to 60,000. Mm-hmm. And I, I suppose it depends what d- uh, whether you're adding the days together. And I'm basing the higher figure on what the uh, what one of the managers at the uh, ho- hotel down the road told me, because he was doing very well out of it, and he was quite <laughs> pleased. Um, I've said this very carefully on my blog, because I didn't want to cause a- a- offence to other science fiction fa- fans and readers, but... The thing that struck me most about Star Wars fans, and I've never seen them in any great number before, is how very normal they are. What a cross-section of ordinary people, families, all ages, equal gender mix, all races, 
and it had that real feel of just being a normal section of the of the sort of world's pop population. I mm. thought that was lovely. I've never met such a good-natured, happy bunch of people. And considering how crowded it was in there, I mean, you know, you the could not move down corridors. Mm. I have seen, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of crowd situations. Everyone was just so good humoured. People stopped to admire costumes. I mean, the costumes. I mean, I could go on for six hours about the quality of the costuming. It has got to be seen to be believed. I am in awe of the amount of, of effort and pride that people take in their costumes. And I've been talking to some people about how they have uh, their, you know, their various robes made up. And I've, I see costumes at other cons. They are nothing compared to Star Wars. You know, they are professional standard. Mm-hmm. And... I really hope that people are sort of proud of themselves because they do a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just ran out of disk space on my camera. I spent a lot of of time taking pictures of the I'm sorry. Um, this has become a standing joke. It's like, oh God, Karen's gone after the Stormies again. Um, <laughs> I spent quite a bit of time on the LucasArts stand because mm-hmm. um, I hadn't played Republic Commando. Oh, okay. I, yeah, last, <laughs> last time, I will. I will, I will, I'll be completely honest. I, it, it sat in the box at home. I've never played mm-hmm. a game in my life. And I got to LucasArts stand, said hi to LucasArts people. And uh, they said, do you want to play this now? And I said, okay, show me how. I just totally drowned myself in it. Uh, they had to actually take me off after a while because I was stopping the paying customers getting on. <laughs> and uh, I had got to the state. I, I, just, I just zoned out completely. There was nothing else around me. All I could see was those droids threatening my boys, and I, I felt at one point, <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but at one point I actually heard myself saying, Die, metal scum! And I looked to my other side, and there were these kids looking at me as if to say, Wow, that's, she's a crazy lady! <laughs> but I had a really good time playing that, I really did. And I, I know what I'm going to be doing when I get back home, and uh, Shelley from Del Rey, who's my editor, said, um, We are going to get a finished book out of you, aren't we, Karen? I said, yes, I promise I'll only play for an hour a day. (laughs) Yeah. You say that now. I say that now, yeah. You mentioned your fondness for the 501st. Yeah. Now, you know, the the, the trooper armor has been a recent addition to them. Yeah. When was the first time you actually saw the the clone trooper armor on the 501st and your actual reaction when you saw them running around? I actually actually haven't seen any of them with with all all the new armor on. I've only seen the old helmets. Um, Oh, you haven't seen them? Yeah, I know. Well, this... (laughs) I don't want to sound as if I spent all my con chasing stormies, but... (laughs) There is truth in the rumour. Uh, what, what I actually started looking for was, uh, I, we had heard, we being uh, me and LucasArts, that uh, one of the garrisons had done Republic Commando armour. Oh. Oh, you don't know which garrison, do you? Sorry, I'm just slightly going off here. I should. Right. Um, I've actually put out a sort of all-points alert saying, if you know which garrison it is, please let me know, and please let Lucas... Super. Because I was dying to see that. That would have made my day. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see it. Um, oh, I'm being. I'm actually being shown that out. Right. Um, right. Oh, I actually did see that. That. But that's the art trooper, isn't it? Mm, is that? Actually, actually, I mean, I'm, I'm actually looking for guys in proper silver commando armor. Yeah. The oh. uh, the from the game. From oh, the from game. the. Oh, like. Yeah. Yeah. This. This. Yeah. Yes, we. D- there was a couple. Yeah. I someone. That, someone has said they actually actually seen them. Um, I think what. What, I- what impressed me was the first encounter with them was I didn't actually see them 
I was at the registration desk picking up a pass and I heard a sound which I'd only previously heard in my imagination and I thought that's armour and I turned around <laughs> and I, it was just so satisfying to know I'd heard it right you know in my head when I hadn't actually and um, some of the, I mean obviously they have not a clue who I am and there's this ridiculous woman saying to them oh you sound perfect you know and they clear a little path um, I'm amazed by the quality I'm amazed by uh, how by how well they've done it and the other thing is their natural authority when they do the security duty people obey them mm-hmm. you know I mean, obviously some of them are really big guys so you're mm-hmm. going to obey them in any way but I just I found myself unable to find uh, the entrance I was supposed to go in because the you know, VIPs had to go in one and you couldn't go in others and when I was lost I would just find a stormtrooper and say excuse me can you help me do this? And it was just, it was, it was, it was, it was actually just like going to, uh, you know, to, to a cop and saying, "Sorry, I'm lost." And I just fell into doing that, and I noticed everyone else did it. And, and I think they did a really professional job of security. And they have it all the way, even with the, the intercom in their helmet and everything. It's it's amazing. They are quite astonishing. I was uh, uh, talking to Lance from uh, from from the Arizona garrison. That was it on the. Um, on the LucasArts stand today because I got him to play Republic Commander mm-hmm. so I get a picture of, of, a, of a Stormy playing Republic Commander and he showed me the inside of the helmet and all the little things he's got in there and uh, that I, was, I, was, I was really very impressed with it and I was trying to check how much he could see so he was saying how much he could actually see mm-hmm. and how, how much air he was getting in and all that so no, no, that was fun that was yeah. terrific fun nice anything uh, that you know, surprised you about uh, positively or neg- negatively about the convention? Uh, nothing negative whatsoever. Uh, I suppose the nearest we came to negative was the weather, maybe. Well, <laughs> I, I, I didn't actually see much of much of the daylight. I mean, I was in the convention center okay. all the time, and it's really convenient. You never have to actually go out in the open mm-hmm. air. Uh, borders kept selling out out of books, which was quite annoying because there was nothing to sign. But they were just shipping the books back in again, uh, and of course that's actually a really very good thing because the mm-hmm. books were going like crazy, which was mm-hmm. wonderful. So, so that was great. Uh, it was super to meet so many people. I met loads of fans who I knew from the boards, mm-hmm. and it was great. You know, someone would come up and say, "Oh, um, hi, uh, I'm I'm Second Quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Jawa James." And it was, "Oh, no, you mate, come in!" And it was what? terrific. You met, you met Jawa James? I'm sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. missed him. <laughs> um, who else did I meet? Oh, L- Lito. And you know, you sort of know people by. Uh, by these names and then you meet them and they're real solid people and you sort of feel that you've known them all, all your life mm-hmm. uh, and, that, and that's nice and it's nice to talk to people about their reaction to the book and, and, and all that sort of thing and uh, people have been incredibly welcoming and very very friendly mm-hmm. I actually feel you know I've accepted in, into a family and it's, it's a lovely feeling yeah, yeah your book uh, really did get a good reception you know usually when they say oh it's a book based on a, on a video, video game, game or something it's actually people yeah. take it or leave it but they're like this is great this yeah. is this is just like being in the game this is awesome yeah it's actually on it's fifth reprint now in six wow. months which uh, means it's moving somewhat what I found really touching was the uh, was uh, a lot of the 501st lads said 
they had they had told all their mates to read it because this was what you know this was what was happening this was like the handbook of yeah. of being a trooper which I thought was which I thought was really lovely I mean if it actually works for them and they're they're, they're the guys who are frankly the nearest to the real thing in the sense that they know what it's like to be walking around in that armour if they feel that it's real then I'm, I'm really pleased and very, very honoured by that did you have uh, the chance to uh, assist uh, uh, not assist but see some other panels did uh, you have time to no sadly I didn't um, unfortunately um, I, s- I must be honest I spent most of the time that I wasn't doing panels wandering around looking at people's costumes <laughs> and I am still stunned by the quality mm-hmm. nice so and it actually leads me to this question which if you answer negatively a lot of people will be banging their heads mm-hmm. on the wall <laughs> I'm sure yeah. about about that did you, are you did you actually get a picture with the uh, 501st Garrison at the in the stairs, uh, and the it was a Saturday morning, I think. No, it was this morning. It was this morning. No, so I actually didn't get that, unfortunately. But I have oh. loads of other pictures. There are some. I'm sorry, but there are some Garrison heads. I should actually bang their heads on some wall right now. <laughs> no, I, I I actually didn't <coughs> know that it was on, but I uh, I am I am I'm sure somebody is going to e- e- email me some images. Oh yeah. I'm sure of that. Just ask on the board, and everybody yeah. will yeah. send you pictures. I know that. I'm, I'm sure you'll get a frame, and it's going to be your boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Um, uh, and I have a- actually said that when I get back to the UK, I'm going to look up the nearest UK gap garrison and say, "Please, can I join?" Yeah. Um, Are you kidding? They'd probably make you there. They will probably <laughs> make you an, an <laughs> the goddess member. of Oklahoma you know. Troopers. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. next next step will be the uh, silver ar- armor. So uh, <laughs> we hope nice. so. <laughs> they hope probably even help you make it. Do they do they make the armor? Or they purchase it. No, it's uh, it's, it's all made. It's, uh, it's it's a little bit of both. I'm going to say because yeah. some people actually make them. Uh, actually, the first uh, clone trooper and the first arc trooper for that matter, was made by uh, the a friend of ours. A friend of ours mm-hmm. in uh, in uh, in Montreal. Well, not in Montreal, but mm-hmm. in the Greater Montreal a- area. And uh, he was, it was he's just like an incredible armor maker, and he's not selling them or anything. But you know, he can he has helped out mm-hmm. like a few more of our members mm-hmm. out there to make him make their own uh, their own armor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously going to have to modify that basic design quite heavily for the Republic Commando armor. If you look at some of the detail on the yes. sort of leg plates and and things like that, it's actually you know quite a, quite a challenge. But I'm I'm sure someone will rise to that challenge. Well, actually, something that that might actually be worth discussing with you. Uh, you mentioned a noise of the armors, mm. and it's a very like specific noise. Yes. But another friend of ours, who's who happened to, to be what seven feet two. Yeah, <laughs> we're in the chat right now. <laughs> Wookie Mart, hi Wookie. Uh, mentioned the fact that uh, when you're ar- when you're commandos, you r- you don't want to make any noise. So mm. instead of actually having plastic mm. noisy armors, it would be more like padded kind of mm. material. And if you've seen the game, they have kind of a shield, mm. uh, yeah. an energy shield o- over them. So. No, it could be uh, like a padded, like yeah. Uh, so I would you use foam instead of? Uh, well, of I mean, one of one of the things. I mean, this is this is where I slip back in, into the sort of military uh, nippery about all this. Um, you know that I went spare when 
I heard the armour was white. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's just disastrous. But it gave me some <laughs> other storylines because mm-hmm. they thought, what is procurement doing here? Let's put some mud on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be other issues. I mean, all, all throughout the book, they're always saying, you know, let's go back and ask for Matt Black. Let's go and ask for this to be changed, that to be changed. Because that's what real special forces mm-hmm. do. And that's why I just had to get the bit in the short story about that they've had to send the helmets back to be EMP-proofed. And that goes on all the time, so it would be nice if, if I ever do it in any more Republic Commando fiction to actually then look at the issue of noise. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, that, you know, some of those plates are definitely going to go clunk. It's as mm-hmm. simple as that. And sometimes they want them to. I mean, there was a bit that I took out of the short story, uh, which was very much based on riot control uh, tactics that I'd seen mm-hmm. quite a few ye- years ago, uh, where they deliberately run and make a sort of noise mm-hmm. so yeah. because it's quite, you know, because it's actually quite an intimidating mm-hmm. sound it psychs you up for it it's like sometimes if you if you saw police doing riot control they'd be banging on, on their on their shields mm-hmm. they'd be bang, banging the trunks from the shields I actually took that bit out because it was making it a, a little too um, complex but uh, yeah th- there, are, there are important issues there nice You've got some. You've got some. That, that short story for those for those of you out there listening to us right now, and haven't actually read it, go get the insider. You have got to read this story more, especially so if you've actually read Hard Contact, because it's the perfect continuity to the story. We get in even more into the characters. Uh, we actually get a little bit further away from Darman and get a little bit closer to Fee, if I'm not mistaken. Five. Five. Because it's short for five. That's right. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we we get a little bit more closer to Fly, and uh, there's uh, like guest starring in yeah. this story is uh, I was about to say Gazelkan, but it's not Gazelkan. No, it's, it's uh, uh, Cal Cal Scarata. I mean, Cal's oh, referred go. to in the book, but he never actually appears. But he's such a strong presence. So I thought I've got to wheel him out. Out now. They, they they actually have to. We have to see him. We have to let the readers see him. Because he is, he is one of my favourite characters. I'm not entirely sure. I still can't remember where he came from. I'm, I sort of needed that sort of... Uh, w- we actually needed the uh, the nun... Um, well, we actually needed uh, training sergeants. Which is, I decided that there was no way that, uh, that, uh, that special forces skills could be taught by, by, the, by the Kaminoans. So I got Lucasfilm to clear me to actually then have Django recruit these sort of crack uh, squads from people that he had known and he knew would keep their, their mouths shut about it and uh, that was one of the purposes that, that served but also I thought well the external voice that tells the clones what they are because they don't know what they are they, they're only with other clones they need that perspective from outside to s- and Cal's perfect because he says you're not droids your men your individuals and and this is your heritage you know you are you are actually mandalorian warriors mm-hmm. now there's been some speculation on whether cal is actually mandalorian i haven't really committed myself on that but if he isn't then he he's obviously a friend of Django and he and admires the whole tradition and he thinks it's important they focus on it so you know cal gradually sort of grew on me and grew on me and I have a very soft spot for him so I thought yeah he's got to go in the story and it was just really nice when he actually gets up to Fi and says hey buddy how you doing yeah. and he's like and Fi's like but how come and I've got the and the helmet's on so how can he oh whatever yeah and, <laughs> and I never actually answer why <laughs> he's actually a security advisor for mm. uh, the Kursen system now yeah. and he's accompanied by a Jedi you killed a Jedi. It was right. It was an accident. It just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a 
the weapon just went off in my hand. No, seriously. Um, <laughs> I, I had to raise the stakes a bit to make these guys look quite... Well, yeah. they actually were quite dangerous, but obviously, without any spoilers, that wasn't quite what they were aiming at. But, yeah, um, yeah I'm afraid I did off a, a Jedi, as uh, Ryan would say. And, and the, the, the part I read just at the beginning of the interview is actually very well explained shortly after that Jedi. That Jedi yeah, I always like to start with a teaser. I always like to make people think, what on earth is happening here? Yeah, it's, uh, especially like knowing the sort of characters of yeah. like these guys. They're like really tense from time to time and they can get at each other's throat fairly yeah. easily. And yeah. you're like, Oh, that's it. He's going to get it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Fi will always push everything to the limit. He will always push and push and wind people up and, and, and until they say, shut up, or I'm coming over there to smack you one. <laughs> yeah. So are we going to a musical break? I guess we could actually do so. So we can see that uh, the first book of the Nine Book Trilogy is coming out when... Uh, that's Aaron's, and that comes out, I think... Um, in 2006. It's a, it's a hardback, so I'm pretty sure that's going to be the June 2006 one. Okay. Excellent. And it, they're going to come out uh, at three months interval, I uh, think? Yeah. Um, having said yes, hang on, let me just count this off on my fingers. Uh, Aaron, June 2006. Uh, uh well, having said this, I would strongly advise that people look on the StarWars.com mm -hmm. site and actually check my facts because I'm just m doing this off the top of my head and I have been known to get this wrong mm -hmm. on many occasions. Uh, my first paperback it is uh, September 2006. I think that makes Troy's first book March 2007. Uh, hmm. It's going no. hardcover 3... Three paperbacks, hardcover, three paperbacks, hardcover? That's what I'm not sure about. I know where my hardback is. Uh, I, think I actually do, do think people need to check on the website I think they because I haven't been written down. The it would begin with an hardcover, the middle book would be a l an yeah. hardcover, and the last one yeah. would be a hardcover. So you yeah. get the middle hardcover? I'm doing books two, five, and eight, and five is, is the is the hardcover. I do the middle one. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So thanks a lot, Karen, for being here Excellent. again with us. It's uh, been a pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. We hope uh, that uh, we're going to see you at more conventions. I would, I would dearly love to do more Star Wars conventions. Uh, I've had such a lot of fun. It's been great meeting you all and, 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 and all the fans. And uh, I say all the fans. I, I am now a fan. So it's, it's, it's been really nice to, to join the family. And mm -hmm. thank you very much. And well, we'll probably see you at the next Star Wars celebration. Well, we think 2007 for the 30th anniversary. That would be cool. Yeah. Cause that's that would be very cool. <laughs> that would be that's very cool. I'd love to do that. That would be good timing indeed. Thank and you. And, um, of course, uh, just to remind people of other books you uh, wrote, what should they actually start by? Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Um, in my other science fiction series, which... It, if if you liked Hard Contact, and there's no reason why you should, but if you did, then you'll probably enjoy my other books. City of Pearl, uh, followed by Crossing the Line. Both those books are already out. They both came out last year. And the third one in the series, The World Before, is out uh, end of October, beginning of uh, November this year. If you're going to read them, read them in order, because it's a very fast plot and there's loads of spoilers. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Karen. Nice. Thank you. We'll Just before we go to the musical break, I'm going to take this time because I'm going to fix this. So. 
Yeah, I just wanted to make sure of something. Okay. Oh, so. we could do a, a, a new liner with you, uh, Karen. Uh, let's see, something like, Hi, this is Karen Travis, uh, co-author of the Legacy of the Force series. I'll write this down because that's yeah. what's too many syllables for me. Or Sebastian could write it down. Or this is the well, yeah, if you want, if you hard contact in the upcoming Legacy of the Force. Yeah, hard contact, she already... Uh, yeah, but since you have the headphones, I will uh, let you hear your promotion that we have uh, <laughs> made with your... It's pretty cool. That we mixed up. Yes. What, do you, what, do you, what do you call nine Wh books? While I actually, a series, yeah. while yes, I actually write this down for you. There has okay. to be a, a number... Yeah. Okay, so just listen to the, to the <laughs> promo. You'll see. Hi, this is Karen Travis, who is the public commander of Hard Contact, and you're listening to Star Wars Endurance. Target eliminated. No life reading here. Proceed to next sector. There you go. I only just, uh, it's very faint, I didn't quite catch it all. Okay, <laughs> yeah. it's maybe just the volume that it was down a little bit, if you go on the side of the, the little thing. And it blew my brains out, <laughs> You hear yourself better now? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I can't hear myself at all now. So. No? Okay, good. And the other side, maybe? Actually, I shall leave it to someone who's technically competent. There you go. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's oh, it's up high. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's just as well I didn't have it up high, because I... Is it better when, this when way? When I get the feedback, I tend to whisper a bit like this one. Okay. And is it better this way? No, that's fine. Okay. Okay. So, then he's going to shoot it again. Oh uh, yeah. it, I, this is Karen Travis, hotter of the upcoming Legacy series, and you're listening to Star Wars Direct. Is that yeah. good for you? Yeah. Okay. Hi, this is Karen Travis, who is the public commander of Hard Contact, and you're listening to Star Wars Endurance. Target eliminated. No life reading here. Proceed to next sector. I love that. That's so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 not that often that we actually get feedback on the on the uh, the great works that uh, Raven does for mm -hmm. us. So. We'll be pleased that you liked it. That's <laughs> no, really good. It's really good. I'll, I'll If I, if I can just do a sort of dry run first. Mm -hmm. No problem. Hi, this is Karen Travis, author of the upcoming Legacy series, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. It, it's Legacy of the Force series. Legacy of the Force? Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Maybe uh, read it a little bit slower, yeah. Hi, this is Karen Travis, author of the upcoming Legacy of the Force series, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. Is it author or a co-author? Co-author. It ought to be co-author. Really. Co-author, yeah. Hi, this is Karen Travis, co-author of the upcoming Legacy of the Force series, and you're listening to Star Wars On Direct. Perfect. Excellent. Thank you very much. So now we're going to a musical break, and we'll still be listening to Pallet, the, the group who's uh, doing the soundtrack for Art of an Empire and uh, we'll be right back after the break. 
turn out here from our corners of the out-of-grim territories. Order! We shall have order! The clouds are going nuts! And we are back <laughs> to Star Wars Sound Effect, the voice of Star Wars fandom. We're actually saying uh, safe, safe way back home to our friend Robert from IESB.net. We'll give you and, a call. Uh, well, I mean, if you, if you want to leave the camera with us, it's... <laughs> okay, thanks. And uh, he's going he's gonna to actually organize some, some cool interviews for us, so thank you very much, Robert. Okay, so we are going back now to the recap show about the... Uh, Star Wars Celebration Three. <sighs> so, wow, I think I think we're gonna bo- yeah. I think we're gonna go a little yeah. bit over over midnight, uh, Danny. <laughs> hmm? I think we might we yeah, might actually cap the show a little bit. Of course, because we always do that. <laughs> so uh, I was gonna go on Friday. We're talking about the uh, the breakfast, and uh, I'm gonna go like little Chris, little boy on Christmas Eve, and I'm actually gonna open the bag I got this morning uh, for the Star Wars Celebration breakfast. Is it in there? Or is it in the other box? Oh no, it's in the other box. Brian, get the other box. It's right there. <laughs> nice to see you, Karen. Karen is leaving us. Thank you. <laughs> so, Karen is leaving us as well, and uh, we are... There's basically Mary Claude, uh, Mary Ansela from the Fan Force on Headboard. Uh, I said exactly the same thing three years ago. <laughs> uh, and we have Blue Milk from uh, the Galactic Senate. Yes, I'm still here. I was a little, she actually a little fanstruck, you know. She actually have, have the same flight as I do tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Sorry for hogging your airtime, but I, you know, art geek. <laughs> hey, that is great. Karen Travis is amazing. Yeah, I mean Matt Stover is great, but Karen Javis, I understand what she thinks. <laughs> you know, okay. Even with the whole blog thing. <laughs> What's that? So oh, a tie. I got a pop tie from uh, Rolf Marlin with like Boba Fett and Jawas oh. and stuff like that Ooh. on it. Uh, to for our friend listening still uh, from Montreal, wow. I'm bringing you some very nice gift for the Star Wars premiere, which are exclusive Trivial Pursuit. Extra, extra CD uh, DVDs. Oh, yeah. yeah, I saw from, that. Uh, fr- from uh, Star Wars Celebration Three. Yeah, I got one of those. So if you want, if you if you're actually coming to the, to the premiere, you might actually get a chance to get one of those. That's cool that the new Trivial Pursuit game is gonna have a DVD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you know what? I got one of those, and now I'm gonna have to buy the. Damn it! I'm gonna have to <laughs> buy the damn game. <laughs> okay. So let's see. We got like a really nice bag with the. Well, that looks familiar. It, it, it's One of our p- no, it's a blue trooper. <laughs> it's the uh, blue five oh first trooper that yeah. uh, that seems to be running the towards you. Fist, and uh, it's basically the the image that uh, leaked a few months ago. So in this wonderful uh, bag this morning, I had one Star Wars Episode One keychain. I had like so many cards, I cannot count. Like I got like you got anything cool there. Yeah, actually, yeah, but let me get to it. <laughs> okay, well, so can I talk about miniatures? Because I really want to talk ahead. about miniatures. Go ahead. Okay, so I went to both panels, and I like the, the panels are really small, and um, we got to really like ask pretty much anything. Like there were points where like we didn't know what to ask because we Slow had down. so much. 
They told us like everything. Did you say it was Wizard of the Coast who was doing it, or uh, it was Wizards? Yes. Um, we got to talk to the game designers, the art directors, the um, the guys who organize organize play. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next, you're hearing it first on Star Wars on Direct. The next, um, the next set of for the miniatures after Universe is going to be Champions of the Force. Okay. Which will consist of? Which will consist of. There will be Knights of the Old Republic stuff. Mm-hmm. There will be heavily focused on the game. So you're getting the bad guys, whoever. Who's the Darth? Who's the da- is Darth Malik? Malik. Malik. Yeah. And who the other the other uh, Darth from Revan. the Yes. You're getting both of those. Um, in the universe, we we saw a sh- like a shitload of like they had a full. Caseload of half of the set. They had the Rancor. They had the Nexu. They had Luke on the Tauntaun. We saw the Atat. Oh my God, the Atat! It was like it's a 200 point um, piece. Has six activations, four movements, one rocket launcher, one cannon. Um, it can move one two squares at a time, so it can move one square diagonally, one square di like one across diagonally, or one or uh, one forward. Uh, there's going to be a saving throw if you if uh, you're in the way. So if uh, if you s- if it's stepping on you and it's moving into your like squares, you have to roll you have to roll a save of eleven, mm-hmm. and if you don't make it, you're dead. <laughs> of course, you're to and that. <laughs> also another thing they they revealed yesterday. Was that if you get, s- it's going to be able to carry stuff. Oh, so that's going to be really interesting. Which brings me to this, right? Eighty, like the add at, yeah. two hundred points. That's no, not a lot. No, 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 no. That add is a lot. Weren't we supposed to be playing games of a hundred points only? Yeah, I think we're going to be going up to three hundred now, aren't we? At least, so um, thank because you, thank you. they, uh, they're they're also introducing Thrawn, and Thrawn has been. In the hit, Thrawn is going to be in huge, and they said that he is the figure right. to get. He's he's really the figure to get. He's going to be very strong, almost too strong, they've said. So we'll see how that goes. There's so many. There's like four more sets in the pipeline. After a, after so legacies. So no, sorry, champions of the force, and they've got three other ones coming. Oh. There's going to be a new faction, the Mandalorian faction. There's a Sith. That w- there's a uh, Dathomir witch that's coming. Nice. Um. Oh, jeez. There's so much stuff. I have it. All, I have. I recorded most of it, so I'll probably. Is there a lot of expanded universe. There's a lot of expanded universe, but there's also a lot of reissues because they've said that you know Lucasfilm wants certain amount of you know they want Khan, uh, Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah. They want people that you recognize, and that's you know that's understandable. That's what sells. Exactly, and there will be another starter apparently for Champions of the Force. Okay. And um, what what really drove up the cost of the starter? They addressed it for Revenge of the Sith is the hard you know, cardboard map. And you know they're sorry about that, but you know cardboard is expensive. And if you have the starter, oh my God, that's a really nice map. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did they talk? We talked about organized play. There's going to be new map sets. They're redesigning the maps that came with... The first map is going to be Tatooine. And the second one is going to be... Uh, I think it's 
Cloud City. And they're going to be the same maps we already have, just redrawn the lines. Because there's no windows in the, the outside of the rule book. So if you just get the starter, you can't. there's no rules for the windows and stuff like that. Because there, a lot of it was developed, the game designer, or, or uh, Robert uh, Watkins, he was not he was not part of the designing of the ga- of the book of the ultimate missions pack so there was a little friction there and um, it didn't get done as well as he would have liked so we'll see how it goes it, it's very interesting they've they they've committed to at least four um, sets so there's a lot coming mm-hmm. if now is the time to get into miniatures they're reissuing rebel storm so if you didn't get on the boat for Rebel Storm, it's coming. It's coming back again. They're reissuing it. I don't like it because you know, from a collector's den point of view, because I play, I collect. Um, you know, it's not as cool because you know everything. Like my Boba Fett's not going to be worth as much. Like my collection is not going to be as hard as you know viewed as cool as much. I guess you know those cool points. Damn it! <laughs> but you know, it's not the end of the world. We can see a lot more people with. Um, Reissues of um, you know different uh, Rebel Storm stuff, so it's going to be interesting. Miniatures is not dying; they're really trying to get the organized play going. And um, if you're in your air er- in your area, you need to go in and go get this game. It's just great. <laughs> and go in and go to your local game shop and play and play and play and play. Because wizards, they will see you and they will support you. As the organized guys have told me, it's like go go play. Hang out at the stores. We're going to send you stuff. They're sending repaints of Revenge of the Sith. There is one Jedi in particular. I forget his name. He's... A, maybe it's Nick Gillard's? What's oh, his name? Uh, Dralin. Dralin. Yes. No, yes. Cr- Cr- is it? Yes. Krillin, Cr- 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 something like that? Yes, he's going to be running the reissues. Okay. They're going to reissue... They're going to repaint him. Or they're, they're going to reissue a new card for that figure that's kind of similar. So um, there's going to be reissue there. Um, there's some errors that you know that are on uh, some of the cards, so they're gonna they're gonna play with that kind of to fix up the game because there are a few errors on the cards, like human mercenary. The Jedi acolyte doesn't have uh, like proper things, but you know, I'll I'll redo a proper segment once we've uh, gotten everything sorted mm-hmm. out. So uh, Sebastian, how you doing over there? Well, I got like uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I got mm-hmm. like ten packs of cards, all different kinds mm-hmm. of cards from Tops and all the gang. Uh, I have a little pack of uh, Tops uh, Star Wars official caps, including one slammer, like those pugs. Uh, we got the Yoda and Tusken Raider uh, bookmark. Those little things that came with the uh, the chips back in '99 mm-hmm. when uh, Episode One came out. We got the Jedi card with uh, from from Star Wars Heritage with uh, Princess Leia on it. I got Sepulva keychain <laughs> keychain and uh, Episode One keychain. Star Wars portfolio. There was the story of Star Wars uh, vinyl vinyl again in there, and I got like a bunch this time. <laughs> it's incredible, a bunch of those. Um, uh, the animated frames. Animated frames from uh, Ewoks. And uh, I think like I got some someone talking okay. right here. Like <laughs> I got a mouth moving. I got a very nice little uh, postcard of uh, the poster of Episode One, Jake Lloyd, the, the, the teaser poster, of course. And for those of you who remember oh the eighties, 
And actually, it's funny that because it's actually something that was printed in the UK. So I, sh- I should have given one to, uh, to to Karen. Maybe maybe she would have helped her uh, remember. It's a letter set 1977, 20th Century Fox, uh, Mos Eisley sort of play set kind of thing, where we where you would just like create your own action scenes. Wow. I remember those things. Actually, uh, T-Bone just uh, showed up in the uh, the chat. Hey, T-Bone! He made his way safe back home. He's going to tell us, like, yeah, we got a crash in the car and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. So that was the breakfast. Oh, what happened in the, in the breakfast, Sebastian? A- actually, wait. I got also, like, hologram key rings and an hologram box. Ooh. So they're shiny. Let me use your, you know. Okay. Oh, don't forget your tongue. Oh yeah, cool. Andy Warhol inspired. I have to wear this like at the next <laughs> like big Star, Star Wars, Wars tie that we do. It would have fit m- better than this one. Well, okay, well right because now because it has color on it. Yeah, know? well right now I'm actually wearing a tie with a very nice flame on it. Yeah, kind of fits in with the theme. Yeah, it, it, it fits with the theme. Yeah. It just fits so well with the theme. I t- when I was looking at my two ties at home, I said I got to bring them both. One is entirely black, the other one is this one, and I said. You know what? Everybody's wearing something with flames on. I gotta wear this tie. <laughs> so, uh, we're talking about Friday now, and uh, at the breakfast, we, uh, me and Danny, got there. It was uh, we checked in. It was really fun. Chose the table. Uh, Mary actually introduced Jayla Gaia. She introduced Lisa Stevens. She introduced uh, one of the fans. I keep forgetting his name. I'm sorry. He went to all the, f- the fan club breakfast ever since mm-hmm. they began. And uh, she she started like raffling stuff away, and she totally forgot to present herself. Mm-hmm. And about half an hour, but you know, I just I don't ask any questions because I'm assuming that everybody knows who she is. Mm-hmm. And about half an hour into the, the the breakfast, she goes, "You know what? I just realized I I haven't even presented myself." And there I go, of course, you know, you know me, people. I go, "Hey, you're the best!" And she just like. Now the crowd shut, sh- shuts up. It's mm-hmm. like everybody, everybody, everybody shuts up, and she starts. She just like looks at me. She's like, "Why? Oh well, thank you." It's like, and I just, I, I decide I, I'm gonna get my balls. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna do it. I just get up, pick up my glass, and I say, "Let's give a toast, ladies and gentlemen." And she just lets me go on. She doesn't stop me. To the person to without whom this event right here, right now. Star Wars Celebration 3 wouldn't actually be happening uh, the one and only fan event specialist at Lucasfilm right now ladies and gentlemen Mary Franklin everybody like clapped and was happy and it was really great and uh, she, I actually totally blew it because I forgot to mention that she also was the editor of the Banta Tracks and the Insider so that's it mistake that I didn't do this morning because I was actually late for the breakfast <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah. Who says I to us, by the way? <coughs> hey, Especially T-Bone. you. <laughs> hey, Lou. Okay, yeah. right after what? Obviously, when we came out of the uh, of the breakfast, we were ahead of those people outside because they were standing in line and. Yeah. Uh, well, we were sort of ahead, so. Yeah. But I s- I still believe we should have gone to the store right away. <laughs> well, the lines are already long because yeah, they, they have. They had they have cut off the store the day before. They they gave bracelets to 
people waiting in line so they could come in uh, half an hour earlier than er anybody else yep. to get to the store. Oh, yeah, well, you guys are doing that. I remember that. That was the Incredible Cross-Sections guys, the two British guys that did the Incredible Cross-Sections mm -hmm. book. That was cool. Those guys are funny, and they got to go stay at Skywalker Ranch. Wow. I think it was for a couple weeks. They got to, like, stay at the ranch, go swimming it. and... Everything in Ewok Lake. <laughs> yeah, Ewok Lake. <laughs> and oh, their their art was amazing. Dude, we gotta go back on the Google Maps. <laughs> and get so Jungle in the check. He says you guys should keep Blue Milk Blue Milk on. She's good. She should be the female part of the show. Well, she sounds really good. I, yeah. I really wish you were you would live in Montreal because <laughs> we could actually get you on the show more often. Hey, I'd live in Montreal. <laughs> Montreal's nice as long as they get a good cup of coffee. Yeah, I can make coffee. It rains too much in Vancouver. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, the, as I was saying in the last show, uh, one of your digital projector, uh, which was which you were talking about with Pablo uh, this afternoon, uh, is actually coming to Montreal. So the 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 one the one digital projector that the the Paramount has in uh, BC. Silver Cities. Yeah, Silver City is Ooh. actually leaving Silver City and coming to Paramount Montreal. Oh, I'm definitely going digital. That episode three spectacular. Yeah, let's talk I about that. I held out. I didn't let's go. Talk about that. I didn't go. I didn't go. I was like, the lines were too long. Everything. The the word of the convention is queue. You just. Like uh, your friend said earlier, you just get in line to get in line. So I saw the lines, but I, I wanted to see the art department guys, so I just held off. But, wow. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, fortunately, we forced you almost <laughs> to come with us. Yes. <laughs> it's so spectacular, and I'm sure you're happy well, about that. Well, I'm glad that. you guys did, because I slept in this morning because I was out last night. So I was just going to take pictures because I felt bad. That I didn't want to take any. I did. I was so busy doing other things, so I didn't take pictures. And uh, well, okay. The real excuse is um, my rechargeable batteries didn't recharge, and I left my charger at home in BC, so I was too lazy to go to the gas station. And uh, or I went to the Circle Mall. I couldn't find batteries, so finally I had the cab driver take me to the gas station for batteries. And I said, okay, today. I'll just bring a cup of coffee and my camera, and that's exactly what I did. If I hadn't seen Lou, I wouldn't have sat down, and I wouldn't have saw you guys, and I wouldn't have ended up seeing that footage. And now that I did, I'm, wow, it's, I'm sorry, but that footage is mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the and most amazing thing. That was worth the trip. And it was exactly what me and uh, Danny actually decided to go see first thing after getting out of the breakfast on Friday morning, episode 2 Spectacular. And uh, the uh, th there was Aiden that was supposed to be live from Italy uh, at 10:30, but he wasn't. I don't know if. Okay, so apparently it was it, it was replaced by a phone call at 12. Didn't you agree that the spectacular footage was way better without sound because it was just a visual experience? Oh yeah, well it was very similar to what we had seen last time around in the at Celebration 2. Oh well, <laughs> and uh, except that it, it's actually from episode three, and knowing exactly the same thing as I knew back then when I, about episode two, um, it still strikes you like with 
you just like feel like you, you just like ran into a wall of concrete. Well, <laughs> and yeah, but you know, like I said, I spent all weekend hunting down the the art department guys, staying in their line, watching all their stuff. And when you see the spectacular, and you see Ryan Church, Eric, you know, the both the Ians, Fang, and Warren, and they were all there, and. Everything that we saw is everything they created. That was them. That was their art come to life in that 12 minutes. And that was just mind-blowing. You guys, Revenge of the Sith, that's just going to catch the <laughs> It's just it everything just, away. It just rocks. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And yeah, that's it. It's the, art, the, the art that they created is, is incredible. And we get to see a little bit of that transformation into uh, the animatics that is like part of the episode that was cool eh and it's on that little music uh, I apparently it's on the episode 2 DVD the, uh, the the one that was shown uh, at, C, at C2 I'd have to double check that because I haven't checked all the special stuff oh, on the DVD the trailer that the fans see on hyperspace nothing compared yeah, to what we saw That mm-hmm. that's it and it's it's just like incredible and I'm sorry, you guys on hyperspace. You're <laughs> yeah. never gonna see that. That was that was actually probably the only C3 exclusive. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. That the you're Darth never Vader figure. Yeah, I got the Darth Vader figure that you're for never five bucks today. Yeah, that's it. Oh yeah. But it wasn't the C3 version. Oh, okay. It was just a regular. So it's not really an exclusive, and it's already out of Walmart. Yeah. But this was exclusive. You guys will never see this. It's vapor, and we did and. Well, so, some people actually may see it, but they're not—they're never going to see it in the quality that we saw it. On the size, the size of that screen. The uh, the yeah, that's that it. That was monster. And the the thing that actually blew my mind was the part with the animatics again, just like in episode, just like for episode two, was the part with the animatics where they showed the transformation, because like we saw a real nice close-up of Grievous's face and eyes, and that was like. Oh. Was that the scene where he's angry? Yeah, yeah. sort he of. saw the rage in his face? And right next after that is Palpatine in the middle of fighting. And that was so awesome. I just really cannot wait to see it on this. You know what screen. I thought was a cool scene that wasn't even exciting? Was the, the Dias scene where Palpatine's declaring the fact that he's yes. taken over. And there's and nothing nobody can say about it. And it's really nice because the way... What he was talking about, and uh, for those of no, I'm not going to spoil it, but what he's saying at that moment, you can read his lips. Yeah. And Rick McCollum was saying after after he shown that is like, if you can read lips, <laughs> we've given you a few. A few it's kind of uh, like what Obi Wan was shouting to Anakin. Yes. When he said about the fight, and there he was go. like, you you can read his lips, and you're like, ooh, I can't wait. That is going <laughs> to be really nice. And we can actually see in that footage. The George Lucas cameo, yes, the Baron Papanodia, and his daughter, right. and his daughter who plays a senator. Yeah. And you can also see at the bottom left corner of your of the of the screen in theaters. We're going to see this as well. Pablo Hidalgo just walking by the op- Gal- Galaxy's Opera, uh, right underneath uh, Palpatine's balcony. Oh, and then he's the one wearing the gray hat, the gray flat hat. Okay. So watch f- watch for that in episode three. Last time around, I told you about Anthony Daniels. This time around, I'm telling you about Pablo, and he's there. It's really funny. And uh, after the episode three spectacular and the Q and A of Rick McCallum, which wasn't really that yeah. fruitful. The, the best question was asked by a nine-year-old, like is something about Star Wars 3D. Yeah, that's it. Like the best question was, are they? Go- are you guys gonna make like Star Wars in 3D? And he said, yes. 
this is definitely coming. He told us about the fact that they have to separate certain colors in the movie, and that's what's taking time. So it's most definitely going to be fun. Uh, after that, what did I do? <laughs> oh yeah, I went to the Eat the Art Department. That was awesome. I wanted to go there, but I I got like sidetracked by something else. Uh, we went to the exhibitor hall, but I think. Yeah, that's it. Let, let's talk about the exhibitor hall. Uh, first thing, when you come in, you see the master replica booth swarming with people. <laughs> they must have made a million bucks this weekend. I d- I don't know, but oh yeah, like the very first thing I did on Thursday, the very first thing I did in the convention before I did anything else is I went to the master replica booth. Cause the reason I was there was to get the Anakin Revenge of the Sith lightsaber hilt, the LE, mm-hmm. and that was uh, three hundred and seventy bucks. And I just I was like third person in the line. And I was, went down, and I was the first person in UPS. They didn't even set up, and I already sent it home to Canada. Cool. And then, the next day, I felt, well, I don't have a lightsaber, because I just, it's just a hilt. So, I saw everybody with those Force Effects lightsabers. So, I blew another $100, and I got one of the Luke Skywalker ESB ones. Okay. So, now I have two lightsabers, and they're going to arrive in Canada. And it's just cool. So, I'm, like, shipping weapons over the border. <laughs> <laughs> the guys at the guys at customer. Like, what the fuck is happening well, this weekend? Because I, <laughs> yeah, I was like, wouldn't it be better just to? Uh, how do you explain taking lightsabers through customs? So I thought it was just easier to ship them off. It's just a flash tube. But you're sir. right. I mean, I was third person in line, but Master Ruff is busy. Oh, it was them all through the weekend. Them and Code Three and Gentle Giant Minibus. The, the bus, they actually ran out of bus. Uh, I was, no I was way. so told, yeah. And uh, apparently, what I heard wh- one of the guys say is that you can, you probably will be able to check out their website, and you might actually be able to uh, order some from there. Well, I, I was kind of thinking, how many lightsabers does Master Replicas actually sell? Um, I know they sell out fairly quickly. It, the the Luke Skywalker one was sold out within a, a couple months or something. Yeah, but. If you compare their normal website traffic to what they sold the last four days, oh, they just like <laughs> totally pumped their bandwidth for the next three <laughs> years. Yeah, and, and that's yeah, and they still got all the uh, Comic Con coming up. They were there, mm-hmm. yeah. they? So they have all those, and that's going to be right after Revenge of the Sith. And I can just imagine, Master Replica is just going to. Yeah. There was the Lego boot with the incredible. Uh, Frigate, I uh, don't remember the name. The uh, oh, the Venator class, Venator class frigate, uh, huge, like uh, two meters long. Yeah, it was so detailed. And just above, yeah, <laughs> just hanging on s- like fishing strings. Yeah, all the the, the arcs, one seventy. Uh, well, fighter, the all, all the e- fighters, all the E wings, and all the uh, the the droid fighters. That's it over there, and. It was like, the what? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I work for a computer company. Um, mm-hmm. One of the biggest, the big five. Um, I work for HP. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I, I'm not really supposed to tell people it's a confidentiality thing. But yes, I do. I work for HP Compact. But anyway, Alienware. So you can doubt. You know, Computer Geek, I was... Alienware, did you see the customized Alienware computers with the duels and that all airbrushed on them? Yeah. Oh, 
They were really I didn't nice. See them. I actually it's went and played for a bit. I you played did? Battlefront for oh a while. I got when I got there early one morning. How was you it? You guys were at breakfast, and I just like I just geeked <laughs> out and I played Battlefront <laughs> exactly. for a while. They had like customized Episode Three yeah. Alienware computers. Yes, yeah. he had the presentation about Battlefront Two, and now they added uh, a single player storyline in Battlefront Two, and now you can actually go in space. You can take a character, jump in a, a starship, go in space and fly around. You can even go I- inside the enemy ship, jump off your craft, go to a, a gun and destroy the ship from the inside. That's awesome. So That's while what I'm talking it about. It will be awesome and it's still uh, on PC we'll be able to play with 64 players as a, as a, at a time. Yeah, right. Nobody inside, nobody has that kind of c- line. Yeah, that's it. So like, I, I could probably do it. I, like, we can, we can, back we could probably do it, but I doubt anybody in the States could even handle that kind of bandwidth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it will be coming out on PS2, uh, the usual mi- uh, Microsoft Xbox and PC. No. Mm-hmm. And they will, they also did a presentation about on the new uh, Kashyyyk expansion from Star Wars Galaxy. The image, oh. the imagery was great. They're doing a Kashyyyk expansion. Yeah, battle. Of, I don't remember the the t- complete name of the uh, Star Wars Galaxy. So did you go play the miniatures and the card games in the middle? There? I went to go play um, miniatures. I played one one tournament. Mm-hmm. I played the. Uh, I played Friday. I played a constructed. But, but you play in the RPG A room, so yeah, people know who uh, knows how to play games in the exhibitor hall. It was l- more like family. Yeah, stuff, uh, how yeah. to learn uh, learn how to play. Because I saw the Wizard of the Coast was down by the UPS. Yeah, they just kind of yeah. Like I went to like the the gaming rooms, mm-hmm. and I also went there, and I saw like all their stuff, and they like, oh, do you want to play? No, no, I'm cool. I know how to play. <laughs> But I kind of looked at their stuff. Yeah, there was the a developers. tactics, and you could see the age difference between oh, the yeah. wizard people, the the wizard player, and the tactics players. You know, I don't like the tactics. No. Like I have one, I'm probably gonna give it to my brother, mm-hmm. and he's probably gonna go like, mm, let's go play miniatures instead. Yeah. Uh, what great boot uh, was there? Also, and they say like, oh yeah, it's twelve and up. There was the annoying lady. Del Delray's boot was great. Oh yeah, the, the lady down the. Oh, oh my god! It was like every ten minutes. She would just do her spiel. Are you stylish? I, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to muzzle her. I was like, lady, I'm shopping for action figures. Shut up. You know? Because like I can't even get their crap. Like They were like, oh, you want to enter a contest? And I'm yeah. like, I can't claim it, dude. And they're, cause, like, they're like, oh, yeah, well, I I'm from Canada. Oh, yeah, if you win, you can resell it here. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't even claim it. She sounded like mm-hmm. a commercial every ten Did minutes. Did anybody of you, uh, we're going to go... Into the fanfare all now. Uh, did any of you? Uh, it's a question from the chat. Did any of you saw the uh, the final product of the dioramas from yes. Yum Yum? I did. I stupidly enough didn't take any pictures. Me either. <laughs> but I'm I sure. I, but I'm sure that Frank will actually have all the pictures. Okay. Like within. The How next did it few look days. like? And it actually looked like really, it, it was really good. And it wa- I was expecting something kind of like the Mazai Slay uh, diorama they did three years ago. But this year, instead of actually going uh, on, the, on, on the horizontal, it was actually on the vertical. So it was going above. Oh. And right next with this, the, the one that we're usually, we usually see at Legends, 
and uh, it was really nice. It's the Rage of the Wookiees, the expansion uh, from for Star Wars Galaxies. So, let me guess who said that, Wookiee Mart? No, Not it either. was Tiger Claw. Oh, thank you, Tiger Claw. So, uh, to get back to the wonderful overlapping schedule, uh, but linear schedule. Okay. That was told there. Try to uh, go a bit quickly. Yeah, so uh, there was the mid- meet the episode three art department thing, uh, which I totally Get missed rot. because the hell was I? <laughs> That's the kind of question you don't want to ask yourself. You Those know. guys were cool. They had uh, one of the ladies there. She was telling the the artists that they had to leave and they weren't allowed to sign, and they were rushing. And they actually talked her into. They talked her into letting them stay so they can sign autographs for a couple minutes. You know, instead of the opposite where you go to the celebrity hall Mm -hmm. and you have to pay for a ticket in a controlled environment Mm -hmm. with a voice going, you have ten minutes to get your autograph or buy your ticket before or Jay or or Warren is leaving in ten minutes. You repeat, you have ten minutes. And it was so controlled, but you go to these guys and they're like, you know, it's okay, we want to sign. You know, we want to meet some of our fans, talk to them, and we don't mind. We have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. That's what they, that's what they said. We don't know where yeah. to go. We just talk and yeah. I I didn't go get any autographs, so I don't even know how. The I didn't do that either. But the I system worked for. I went and just I went into the autograph hall to get pictures, okay. not of the celebrities. I was doing what Karen was doing. I was taking the pictures of the Stormies. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the clone troopers, mm-hmm. and uh, so I just. Went costume hunting, mm-hmm. and they were herding. Yeah. They were herding the sheep around. Cool. Yeah. So. In the fanfare hall, uh, there was the big X-wing, the same that was at Comic Con, and uh, the same that was at the opening of Fox Studio in Australia. Okay. And what was that car? Was that a Dodge Viper? Revenge of the Sith? I yeah. didn't see it. That was the uh, the, the Darth Vader Viper. The Darth Vader Viper. Yeah. No, I didn't. It was there? Yeah. Yeah, where you had all the entire road squadron, it was right at the left side. Oh, damn. I missed it. It was kind of cool. It had Vader on the hood, and then it had the duel on the sides. Okay. Since Sean Crosby uh, do uh, some of our voices on our show, owns the the car with uh, the A-Wing car with the R2 on the back. That's oh yeah. I, I just sat in, the, in the car. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I just sat in the car and took some picture of myself. It was so cool. I, you know, I I remember now. That's that's what we did. We actually went to the exhibit hall after the the spectacular, and we ended up going to the fanfare hall because I wanted to see some people over there. Mm-hmm. And then we actually prepared for the fan force party, mm-hmm. and uh, we eventually got to the fan force party. I know that uh, you actually went to the. Uh, uh, Matthew Stover, ROTS novel. Yeah, uh, we've talked uh, pretty much the same thing that were talked about uh, in the uh, the presentation uh, with Matthew a couple of uh, hours ago now. Yes, <laughs> that's right. And uh, yeah, and we'll definitely be uh, calling him back for a future interview mm-hmm. when we can fully discuss the spoilers and uh, how we actually translated them into the book. Uh, so there was a fan force party on Friday night Went there, we had a great time fun For those of you who are listening to us right now We can tell you that Aaron Alstom stopped by our table Tim Zan stopped by our cool. table 
So uh, and the organizers were stopped. Run Jay stopped by our table. Uh, there were tons of fans who actually stopped by our tables. The lookalike of George Lucas. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> fans. George Starkey from Indianapolis. So yeah. make sure to th- to actually download the archive when it gets there. Uh, the i the iat was actually too cheap to let us give them a lot of nice little promo and you know broadcast through the internet. That was that so was Friday night. Yeah. That was Friday night. And well it, it was actually cooler than the. Uh that was a, that was no, the night. No, no, we it, it was different than the celebration and celebration. It was more adult, I would say, because you know. Yeah, no, I I I can see how, how you say that because there were like fan films and there were like a whole lot more drinking. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, the, the it was the five. The discussions. The night five o first Rebel Legion party. So it was that something actually. Looking towards the uh, the having like mm-hmm. some fake tattoos on your arm. <laughs> so what did you do? Go to this party and then go to the Hyatt lineup for George Lucas. Well, Sebastian basically that's that's what that's what, what he did. That's what happened. That's it's hardcore. Uh, I went to bed at eight o'clock because <laughs> I was up at two in order to get down to the Hyatt. Well, that's basically what happened. It's uh, we went to the Hyatt. We did the show. Uh, we packed up everything. We, I actually went back to my hotel. It was it was raining. I was like, "Damn, it's raining. It's not cool." So I picked up like a big plastic bag from one of the the robes in my hotel room, and I said, "You know, worst case scenario, I'll, I'll have this to protect me a little bit." And uh, I actually went to wait in line, and uh, I met with. Oh, this is gonna be so wrong. I totally forgot his name. I cannot believe this. <laughs> Oh, by the way, Sebastian, we, we received an email from the guy who, uh, who you, you know, not borrowed, but uh, the opposite of borrowed, land uh, your cape. So uh, we have an email from the, that guy. Oh, okay, no. yeah, th- that, that, that guy was from uh, from Friday morning, actually, at uh, 3.30, so mm-hmm. that's pretty cool, because I want to keep up with those guys. Speaking of fellow Canadians, I came down on the planes, two planes. With the guy in the fan area that does the tattoos. I know that Bathory from Toronto is uh, one of those girls. Uh, I don't know who the other guys were in there. I know that uh, Dark Healing from Snowtrooper.ca was there again this year. Well, you year. know the blonde haired guy with the cowboy hat? Yeah. He's the one that came from Vancouver. Oh. I didn't know who he was. Uh, he came down on both my flights and I walked into the fan hall. It often happens. He was at the tattoos and tattooers. I was like, go. that's really cool. And um, that's it. So I actually, uh, right after the fan force party, I went in line for I, for for Star Wars, uh, Mister Star Wars George Lucas, and uh, Grimmy the Hut from uh, the Force Zion was supposed to our own little uh, not Zion, but uh, Grimby was supposed to be coming down and with me and have the line. But he set temperature and he said like, you know, whatever. <laughs> And uh, about like 10 minutes after I got there, it was about now 1.15, so about like 1.30, they moved us under a train passageway at the back of the convention center. And that's that was to protect us from the rain and, the mm-hmm. and all the wind yeah. and everything. And, you know, it was getting okay. We're kind of almost falling asleep and all. And here they come, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay, guys, uh, we're going to move you indoor. Okay.
Okay. Yeah, I saw everybody walking along the sky. So we're like in the skywalk. That's it. So we're like, yeah. that's kind of cool. We're, we're gonna be moving in, in indoor. So we actually moved all the way back to the Ayat entrance, not actually into the Ayat, but in, into the Ayat entrance way, and we stayed there for like until six or something like that. When they, f- no, that's not true. Until like four thirty, it seems it's not like like ten hours because it was so cold. And they actually moved us into the fanfare, uh, the, the fan exhibit, no, into the exhibit I'll be, which was u- was going to be used for Celebration Celebration 3. And I was scared because I saw then that it was going to be like a little fair kind of theme. And I'm like, oh, I'm not too sure about this. <laughs> and But, you know, I was so tired and I was having fun with my, my other friends. One of them is, our, is one of our listeners who actually recognized me. Uh, that I... Um, I actually uh, ended up having a very great time spending lines, and we finally moved up to uh, the Sagamore Ballroom, into which we sat, and finally saw George Lucas, and uh, I recorded a couple of things, because you know what, I think it's, there's just no way of reporting the news if it's not straight from the, ma- the man's mouth. There we go. Because we all know when it comes mm-hmm. to quoting George Lucas, you need to get it on tape or mm-hmm. in writing, That's right. and it needs to be notarized. Or else the fanboys will misinterpret it mm-hmm. or reinterpret it a million different ways. That's yes. that is so right. And just to say, George Lucas likes the prequels. I like the prequels, and I agree with him That's that right. they're perfect. What and that, that well, okay, not perfect, but they're perfect to him, and they're good movies, and they're exactly how he wanted them to be. Yeah. And he says they'll tie into Revenge of the Sith, and they will. I mean, when you look at that, that footage we saw, and you see Anakin in Episode 3, and you see, remember him back in The Phantom Menace, it starts to mm-hmm. tug at the heartstrings. Yep. I actually slept in, so I didn't see George Lucas, beside what Sebastian got. And I, I think I a lot of... Fa- <laughs> I called you at, what, 9 o'clock? And I woke you in up... In the morning? Night? Yeah. I don't... Uh, yeah, as soon as you came out... That's it. You called me and I was still sleeping. He's like, and yeah, it just wake us up. And I was like, well, bring the muffins. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I think people standing in line at midnight and 1 a.m. just discourage most of the fans because, you know, they were saying to themselves, it's freezing and it's raining. I'm not crazy. I, I, you know, self-preservation is more important. So they basically no, it's s- not. <laughs> <laughs> they basically said, uh, "Just screw this. I'm sleeping in, and I'll go see uh, some other panel in the morning." So line up for Rick McCallum. Just, uh, so, yeah. so people lined up in the uh, let like at seven or eight, and they lined up for the Star Wars fan club line as they do all every day. But now they're the the. The room where George Lucas was did not fill completely, so they were taking people from the uh, the other line, and that's yeah, it's kind of discouraging yeah. when you're there at between one and three in the morning, and you're waiting all night in the freezing cold. It's it's zero degrees Celsius, and then you meet up with one of your friends later, and they're like, "Oh, you know, we sauntered in. And it was like eight thirty, and we got in." To the second showing, yeah, <laughs> and we got there at eight thirty, and you're sitting there going, "Oh my god, I just spent the last five hours freezing cold." The the George Lucas line, more especially so that line where we played Lemmings with the Gen Con <laughs> guys all night long because they were just like lem- like say, 
follow this guy and you yeah. would have jumped from the roof and we would have jumped from the roof <laughs> yeah. um, I mean he went into the 500 ballroom uh, waiting line er- area to make us go through a little maze out of that waiting out of that, that room and go straight and I just looked at the guy I'm like what the fuck you, you, you're making us doing like you're go, going <laughs> us through a maze to have us like go right through the same freaking exit and just like <laughs> keep on going yeah. I'm like dude come on so it was it was a horrible night for us or they uh, start they start like yelling you're going too slow you're moving too slow yeah because buddy I've been We've been out here all night. We're freezing cold. Sorry, we're not walking quickly, but That's it. we're tired. And and he's bringing us at the other end of the convention <laughs> center instead of the second floor. We just never got why. <laughs> but I mean, what do you want to do? So we got to see George Lucas, and it was which fun. was worth all of it. That's right. It was worth the miserable weather. Because out of four of us right here, like fifty percent of us can say we saw George Lucas. <laughs> it doesn't affect me at all. It's okay. I know you hate me right now. <laughs> I'm just saying that. It's a joke. Okay. Lack of sleep has made you susceptible, my friend. <laughs> so, uh, from there on, uh, I woke them up, <laughs> calling them. Like, by the way, there's going to be a TV show. Like, no big surprise has been confirmed. Uh, and from there on, I actually went to uh, Star Wars Drawing with... Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, I Is it? We, spl- we split that couple of occasions I don't remember exactly oh, yeah. what we did I actually got my I actually went to the, the Star Wars kids room and uh, learned how to draw with uh, Randy Martinez mm-hmm. and he's a really nice guy and he was actually teaching the kids you know it's it's all about the forms and when once you once you get a, a good look at a drawing it's really many j- just many forms mm-hmm. all oh yeah I remember that I tried for Rick McCallum but he was already halfway around the building his lineup so I did concept and sculpture, the art of revenge, and then after that it kind of went to pot. I think about that. There was time too I much was thing to do, and you you, you you missed most of the thing happening well, at the that convention. Was, you know, it was three lectures. There was so George two panels. Mm-hmm. I went over to Circle Mall, and I did you guys go to Circle Mall? One time, uh, when I went to the Circle Center okay. on uh, just just before the f- the, the fan force party. Looking for a poncho, oh. <laughs> and they were of course all sold out all over the place. Oh, that's wait, right. Wait. Saturday, that was uh, Ma- Matt Stover's autograph, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Jander Seema's autograph. She was at Dark Horse, mm-hmm. so that was cool. It was autograph day for authors. Okay. I was now the authors at the Del Reboot was were there every day, and and the uh, meet and greet in the fan club lounge with the art department, okay. and they signed my Star Wars Visionaries book. Because the day before they sir, signed my artist Star Wars book. Okay. But yeah, that was cool. Saturday rock. Yeah. For but the, the, the guys like so you were saying like oh I missed so much stuff I try not to think about how much I yeah, missed but so I try to think about how much I saw. Yeah. yeah. That's it. It was just crazy. You had to. Mm-hmm. Oh. And now we go to Saturday evening, which was the celebration. Celebration. Actually, just give me a second, Brian. Could you please go into the Star Wars celebration messenger bag, the front pocket. And get my uh, my logbook. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so we're we're at Friday. Uh, we actually, uh, it's actually, isn't it on Friday? We actually got to see uh, on Saturday. I mean, that we got to see Art of an Empire, the first showing yes. uh, with Jay Thompson. 
and uh, it was really nice. And they, oh actually, yeah. they actually showed like a little special something about Katie. Mm -hmm. Everybody um, cried. <laughs> the, what was it like? If I'm six foot seven, I'm crying, and I'm giving twenty bucks. Like, just gives you an idea what you mm -hmm. can do. That's so it. There you go. I got like I've got some four uh, Katie bracelets for those of you who would like to pinch mm -hmm. in. Help pay back my trip or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, after the Art of an Empire, I went to see what the end of Star Wars drawing class was, mm -hmm. and I didn't learn to draw an at hat, which no way. For Jens Walker in the chat, no Art of em of an Empire is not done. That's it. Yeah, they they it's it, it was supposed to be done at that point, but with Katie's illness, they kind of along. Prolonged, yeah, for eight, six or eight months more. Yeah. Wasn't Saturday also the Fan Film Awards? Next yeah, to I bed. totally missed that. Yeah, same. next to his bed. Uh, uh, just bring the bag. No, leave it there, Brian. Just forget it. So um, I went after that. Two, 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 two. Title reveal. Yeah. yeah, I missed that. I stood in line it for continuity, but, but Mister here had to go see the, the the spectacular once more. Yeah, and of course they showed it twice. So instead of being only like fifteen minutes, he was he was in there for half. An you hour. guys are addicted to that spectacular. I I saw it four times. This is like, yeah, I need my shot. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a fix every day. You had to yeah, go and get a fix. Most definitely, especially when. Uh, so I missed the continuity thing, but. I don't know what what was discussed in in that. I think Mary Claude went, and I'm sure it, it will be her pleasure to, <laughs> to 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 let us know when she when she actually wakes up from celebration <laughs> and remember what happened. Uh, so we went to the title reveal after that, which I almost was that slept today, halfway no? through. Was that today? No, that's uh, no, no, that's. Oh, no, too much is on what's today. Okay. Yeah, and that of course yeah. is the legacy of the Jedi. Or yeah, sorry, yeah, legacy of the Jedi. Where Sue Stoney actually slipped big time. It was legacy of the Force, right? Mm -hmm. Legacy yeah. of the Force. That's yeah. it. She was she was looking at us from all from all the way up that stage, and she just said, like one of the fans asked, you know, Ben is too young to have a child. Yeah, that the the, 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 the guy was asking about siblings. Can I introduce it? Yeah, go ahead. They, were, they were actually talking about the fact that this series was going to be called Legacy, and when you're talking about Legacy, you're talking about hairs and s new kids and everything. Yeah. And if the '60s are the, are the new '40s, and you know, there's there's going to be new pregnancy and stuff like that. So, is uh, is Ben going to have some uh, some, some childs and stuff like that? And Sue just like spit out just like that, but he's just a kid. <laughs> 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 and that's and we just like oh bird <laughs> slip slip which isn't that that big a deal but mm -hmm. it still gives you like a very good but that's for. that during that panel and during the Iron McDermott panel uh, we have to talk about parents bringing their child to like one time panels no actually you know what we're gonna wait because we're going to comment on parents bringing their child generally at okay. sci-fi convention like that. So, okay. Because I've got some more comments to add to this. Okay. So, then we went on to uh, getting ourselves prepared for the Star Wars celebration. No. Did I tell you guys about the, the kid that stole the guy's Darth Vader figures? No. Oh, there's one of the guys in the booth. And there's this kid, I don't know, he's about 9 or 10 or something, 8. 
And I don't know if he understood, but he just walked up to this guy's booth, put his arms in the the thing, grabbed all the action figures, and just walked off. And the guy's like, "What? This kid just stole my stuff!" <laughs> he was chasing after him. That's it. You know, you're talking wow. about parents not if, looking if after their kids, right? If you're a kid in the exhibit at all, it's just fairly, fairly easy to actually run away because somebody <laughs> will let you go through. Well, he didn't run. He just grabbed the stuff yeah. like he can have it. Like Christmas, wow. and just walked off. And the guy chased him around the corner around the t-shirt area. Yeah. It's just insane. It's like, where was his parents? <laughs> you know? Upcoming subject. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we, w- we, w- we got ourselves prepared for Celebration at Celebration 3. Uh, which was the party troll ma- ma- mainly by Mary Franklin and uh, Steve Sansweet. And Jay Guy was there. We actually uh, sang the Saga Begins again. And uh, another jazz song. And he, he did a little jazz song, which was really nice. Uh, both Pout and uh, the Minyez Jazz Ensemble or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I know I'm butching them. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, they did a really good job. It was a really nice party. Uh, all the team over there. That trivia, like... Uh, yeah. Like... Tomberg fighting with like how you say uh, the, the gladiator the type yeah, fighting uh, get uh, tattoos I got some false tattoos there oh uh, last night the Galactic Senate crew we all went up for dinner TJ Fridays huge everybody was there yeah we th- we had these waitresses and she's like I just want to go home to sleep but yeah cause we were just that was it it was like a big feast it was so cool some right. of the, but the cool thing about it is a couple of the uh, Galactic Senate members actually gave up their. What did you call it? It was a party, the celebration party. Yeah. Okay. They actually sold their ticket so they can. Yeah. Go well, out I think they, did, they didn't <laughs> miss. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll be honest with you. And after seeing it in the George Lucas line, I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna suck big time. <laughs> and when I got to it, you know, I'm like. Gotta give keep it a chance, I gotta yeah. keep an open mind, you know. Gotta give, gotta give their the, the guys them their their. You chance. know what it really was? Smashing at two drinks as soon as he came in. <laughs> and I'm not lying, and I'm not saying he's a drunk. Which is also true. I had a Heineken and a Yoda rocks within the first ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. It, it it how should I say this? It opened his mind. It cleared his spirit. It relaxed him. <laughs> and it energized my <laughs> my vision of drinking some more. So <laughs> and that's where we, we heard Palette the for the first time. Palette yeah. was, was there and it was it was actually a very good party all in all, mm-hmm. even though they were like the fat little fair little things. I think the the putting tables in front of the stage wasn't a great idea. I would yeah. have, uh, you know, put them on the side or something. Put them on the side, but have a little dance the area. The big problem of that party was that I don't know why but all the fans were lining up inside to do different things especially because that's what Star Wars Celebration yeah, is about come on it's a party that the people were lining up to buy the Celebration at Celebration t-shirt and oh, the freaking really? line was going like three walls uh, so they, they, the, one, the one time Okay, so you, you actually had to line up fairly uh, for a fairly long time. It took time. like five five Before. hours to have a T-shirt. So the right. one time that you're supposed to forget the lines and just Go have fun line, yeah. and yeah. hang out and talk and mingle, everybody's lined up mm-hmm. for more stuff. That's, That's right. it. I got oh. in line at com- at the completely end. The, the group uh, uh, palette had uh, done all of their song, and 
I would say 50% of the people uh, have left. I went to, to get in line to get those tattoos and just to have picture of them and that's it. After everyone had uh, gotten their t-shirt, they left. That's it. Really? Which is so weird. Weird. They line up to get a t-shirt to say they were there, but they didn't. We weren't really there because they didn't really participate. Yeah. I like. I'll remember it more than if I just like lined up and get a stupid t-shirt. That's exactly. It. And I waited until all was done, and I actually got myself a nice little uh, Palpatine t-shirt. So. Okay, so you got it at the end completely. So yeah, that's no problem, you know. The, the collectors or whatever wants to sell their t-shirt on eBay or yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, I got a five dollars celebration tree program. Yeah. yeah. On Wednesday. That was That's great. the only thing I bought that has a celebration tree logo on. And it yeah. was nice and to I they bought it uh, when I was in line at at on the uh, on the outside and it was volunteer whistling them along the line. So, so what are you going to do? Yeah. To me it was you know, go learn something. Go go meet the people that mm-hmm. yes, you, you read about and you admire the work and or go stand in line for 8 hours in a lineup from hell in order to purchase or if anybody wants to like sell me their Yoda Celebration 3 sweater, I'm buying. Yeah, it was sold out the first day. The that's Hoda, uh, the Yoda yeah. hoodie was uh, was a that's hot. That's what item. I wanted. It was so nice. It and was green. You know what? I I actually uh, I was looking at it. I'm like, I don't like not being able to put my hands all the way through my pockets mm-hmm. when I have pockets in front of me. So I said, Nah, I, nah. I'll think about it and I'll come back. Well, so I didn't hear. Wookie Mark is asking about the tattoos. How, uh, how was the the tattoo contest? Or uh, I, I only I know we talked uh, with a guy at the fan force party who had a, ta- a, a, u- a huge tattoo, but I don't know. I d- I didn't see the pictures. I didn't want to see that. I have no clue what happened at the tattoo uh, party. Uh, we actually met Tom Berg this 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 afternoon. We should have asked him uh, since he was the MC for that. But. Uh, more updates to come, I'll say. Mm-hmm. The guy, um, the guy that is in the Star Wars Insider magazine with all the tattoos, mm-hmm. the really elaborate tattoos. He was at Celebration Three this weekend. Okay, cool. So it was. He was probably there, and it was. Mm-hmm. Well, you should see his artwork. I mean, those pictures have nothing on actually staring at his hairy legs. <laughs> you know, going. You know, look at that Palpatine thing. Because <laughs> yeah. his Palpatine tattoo goes right up on his ass, and it's like, you want to pull those shorts up a little bit more? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to look at the detail. You take that box around? Is that his cane? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so he's walking around with his shorts, like, hunched up over his, almost up to his hips, showing off his tattoos. It was fabulous. So there you go. And, uh, no, I, I went home basically. Uh, yeah. I went to the hotel after that. Brian got. Yeah, get the mic. You went drinking. That's not true. I had a uh, a long discussion with Phil and Jamie. Along with six beers or something. <laughs> that sounds about the night. Until like four o'clock. Well, yeah, I by remember. By the time I got home, it was like four time. By the time I got into bed, it was five o'clock in the morning. And uh, I just woke up and said, what time is it? Uh, it's four o'clock. Go back to sleep. Was <laughs> 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 basically. I pulled in at three, three thirty, something like that. Mm. More like stumble. <laughs> yeah, I'm so tired. There you go. Yeah, like the what was it, the night before I got in around the same time, and it was just like I was hearing things. I spent <laughs> the whole day like in a crowd, so I was hearing crowd noises. 
I like I felt like my badge was around my neck and I was swinging it around. <laughs> I could feel like you, you know, we're in the waves. You know, like when you go to the beach and you're in the waves and you feel it later on that night. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly the same thing. Is it kind of like when you're playing a video game and you go to bed and you see the map in your yeah, the back of yeah, your eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like <laughs> I felt like I'd been awake for 24 hours at that point, and I was just blah, weird. I needed sleep. That that was the day of George Lucas. And what did we do today? Well, just to finish on the, the celebration, okay. celebration three, it really exceeded my expectation because I was actually glad of spending time with my friends over there. Uh, all the gangs from Montreal, the gangs from Edmonton, the guy from the gangs from Toronto and St. Catharines that were there, uh, and all over the, the the rest of the place that I said hi to. Just like it was, it was actually a very very nice party that I'm really glad I, I went to. And you know what? I think it was actually w- worth its fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we went to bed after uh, Phil and coming here for the internet again. <laughs> you must have been exhausted. Oh, I, I, I'm... You're still exhausted. I, I'm still exhausted. I'm falling asleep as it is. <laughs> as awake as I seem to be. And uh, we, we actually uh, went to bed. And I set my alarm for uh, 5 o'clock because I wanted to make sure I wouldn't well guys, miss anything. Well, guys, pretty much retiring as it is. Okay. I'm exhausted. Well, well have a good night. I hope well, somebody I'm will help me. Cleaning up or a bit? Uh, maybe tomorrow morning. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Keyword being maybe. Yeah. I'm all packed. So I'll help you later on, Brian, uh, Danny. Okay. Okay. Just go to bed. And uh, basically, that's it. We uh, go to bed, said go to bed. <laughs> And uh, we uh, we went to bed, and I woke up late for my breakfast this morning, which was uh, I was supposed to be at the convention center entrance by six. I got there at seven. <laughs> I barely made it. There was one place left. Uh, the guys were not were kind enough to let me in, and uh, this uh, this little party actually helped me uh, came uh, came clean and at peace with some of the folks over at Lucasfilm. And uh, today was the last day, and it was the day where I made peace with everybody. I, I, I was. Uh, issues with basically so uh, thank you all for not running away from me <laughs> at least for this last day and uh, it was it was a really nice breakfast with uh, Warwick Davis and I got some surprise for someone uh, back home and today's the day I met the boys from Star Wars on direct yeah said it's just on the senate boards or lunatic I know a lunatic from the senate boards yeah, because I'm the only one here that posts. You yeah, know, uh, Sebastian, uh, like, uh, five posts on the Galactic Senate, and Brian, none. <laughs> so yeah, well you, you just uh, don't realize how much I I don't actually post enjoy posting or yeah. anything. Well, I got your names mixed up as soon as I heard the accent. Yeah. I yeah. called him Sebastian. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I went for the first time see to see Star Wars in 30 minutes which is incredible yeah it's totally funny spooky yeah but cool I like Yoda <laughs> please Yoda <laughs> it's so funny and uh, what did I do today we went to uh, listen to Timothizan panel about Outbound Flight Project and uh, we actually have some copy signed that will be giving away on the show not tonight but uh yeah, didn't he say that he was also going to be writing a book that takes place directly after, after New Hope? After New Hope, yeah, yeah, I got the title here somewhere, Allegiance, that, that's the, the title of a book. Working title, because he's yeah. going to fight for it, but... Yeah, that's it, so uh, you can expect 
uh, you know, uh, a classic type of novel. Uh and if you guys are wondering, it deals and then deal with Mary Jade as the Emperor's hand. Yeah, that's it. So they're going at their highest point. Uh, you know, as yeah. how you say that in English. The uh at the best of a game. Yeah, that's yeah. at a ray game. So yeah. you're gonna be. It's really cool because Timothy Zahn writes the trilogy. What'd you call it? the trilogy mm-hmm. in the EU? Um, so now he has to go back and write the outbound flight. Wait, you read about in um, it will uh, like answer Princess Leia because yeah. they found the remnant. Remember, Luke found the remnant of that. That flight, like, that yeah. Yeah, and now you get to he gets to go back and expand on marriage aid, which ties into everything. I mean, for him, it's got to be. Oh my God! You're gonna pay me to write about characters that I I created. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got to be the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And people that like Mary Jade or or Thrawn because Thrawn there was a lot of Thrawns yeah. in costume. Even the guy, <laughs> he looked like he was. Oh my God! He made his Thrawn costume out of like performance fleece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 it was it was cool though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's gonna be really cool. Yeah. Getting back and revisiting EU characters. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thanks. After that, what, what did we we still well go to the spectacular? Me, my we me, what I did is I actually went to see Nick Giller this morning okay. because it was really cool. Ooh. And uh, okay. Did and he carry? Did well, he what does he do? Does so he put on fights? He's, he's the master choreographer. For yeah, but did he song. put on like demonstration or something? He didn't actually put on any demonstration or anything. Oh. And unlike unlike at Celebration Two, where when Aiden was there and there was like this chemistry between the two of them. Uh, but it was still a very cool uh, panel to see. Uh, we got our friend the Akos who actually showed up and uh, asked me France, yeah. asked me to ask uh, to ask uh, Nick if if he was going to put out something called lightsaber for dummies, uh, which I didn't get around to ask him because I asked him uh, my question after doing my impersonation of R2D2 for Jay, who was looking for R2D2 impersonators <laughs> for some reason. In the crowd at the beginning. Some of people can do R2 impersonations. Oh yeah, really. That's uh, cool. Oh, that reminds me. Those those droids are so cool. Yeah. The ones upstairs that the guys built. Yeah, that's right. They were cute. You just want to take little pictures of them. Like, I want to <laughs> take it home. So yeah, I actually went to uh, to see Nick Gillard, and uh, it was great. And that's where we learned that George also. That's where I learned that George also said that in the future, if you're gonna Show the movie to your kids or anything. Show them four, five, six, and then one, two, three. That's the way George meant them to be seen. He said that really. Yeah. So, I'm. We have the answer to one of the. But you still gotta watch it one through six just to see what it's like. Yeah, Yeah, but he said like, it's better to do so in the other way. And uh, I was gonna go to fold the to fold the feds at the Star Wars kids again, uh, but I decided to postpone till Tama just came by to uh, to show the little tricks on how to draw a few a few characters, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I I did well because uh, we actually got in touch with our friend Lou Tambone and Jeff K- Cialetti from yeah, uh, and and Two BQ Two Butterflies Quarreling. There you go. And you uh. guys did a little interview. For his upcoming documentary, basically. <laughs> this yeah. could be funny if he actually shows the footage. These two, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but while you guys are doing your interview with Jeff, there is some guy dressed up as Darth Maul and the guy from Kiss. Yeah. And he was in spandex and he had no shirt. <laughs> he was like, yeah. it was wrong. 
just wrong. Yay. <laughs> and he was walking around the two of these guys as they're doing their interview with his hands on his hips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, like, it was so funny. You're yeah. trying to hear this serious interview, and there's this guy kind of, like, swinging. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. this guy actually... <laughs> it was so funny, because you guys didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy actually this guy actually has a very nice banana costume. I think his website is ccbanana.com, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And he actually went to funny. ask a question dressed up as a banana to George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> So. Really? Yeah. But you guys, oh, you guys, yeah, you guys were talking, and like you didn't even notice yeah. that guy. He was. Yeah, and and since it was <laughs> Darth Maul mixed with like Kiss, he just <laughs> said, I, "Oh, by the way, there's a new song, Detroit Rock City, you know, Detroit <laughs> Rock City." Yeah. Oh, so. or there goes the, here, here. Here comes the fan audio challenge of the week. <laughs> Fat boy, if you're, if you're listening. <laughs> go ahead. So there you go. And uh, I was going to go to maybe the Star Wars trivia game show after that. And uh, Making of the Revenge by J.W. Rinsler. But time just flew by. Yeah, and, we uh, have to pre- and we had to prepare for this show. Yeah, that's it. And we went to... Uh, I went back to the exhibit hall because I wanted to check a few things around. Uh, Colleen Lindsay from uh, Delray, thank you very much oh uh, my God, for, for this weekend. And uh, for for all you've done for us, and uh, for all you will, I'm sure be doing in the future, uh, all of these uh, these very nice uh, interview. interviews. Yeah, and uh, Shelley Shapiro was there also at the booth all weekend long. Thank you very much for uh, for being there uh, for the fans and you know answering their question for the most part. And it was it was great. It was a terrific show. Mm-hmm. And God, I'd love to tell me that. Tomorrow I'm gonna go buy it back, and you know I'm gonna have another breakfast, and I'm gonna have to do some other oh, some more lines. Part the party's over, dude. Seeing John Noel in the fan club, line. but it's gonna be so funny oh, when that's cool. it's gonna be so much funnier when we're gonna get back to Montreal now, and we're just gonna be waiting in line at a grocery store or something, and you're gonna see these guys like. Tabarnaxi, you know, and they're just, and you're just gonna go see them like pump up for three people in front of them, and you're gonna think back to George Lucas, yeah. and you're gonna think back to the episode three uh, spectacular. They don't know yeah. what they're talking. And you're gonna you know? remember that you were yeah. number three thousand in line. And you're gonna go like three people, any yeah. day. Yeah, 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 that's, <laughs> that's like the, the, that's like the beginning of the line, dude. But you don't realize that. Exactly. It's like, what, is that the beginning? Oh, no. See up there in the hotel, that skywalk? Yeah. See those people walking? That's the beginning of the line. Yeah, that's the beginning of the line. We are number 3,000 in there line. There you go. That's so what I was. I was 3,000 or something like that. Okay. So, uh, I think it's time to close the show. So, how can we, uh, like, how did you enjoy our, our experience, basically? You know what? Star Wars. I'll, I'll just sum up the, the convention. Star Wars Celebration Two was a blast. Star Wars Celebration Three was um, the bomb. It was the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was. It was uh, what? A, a nuclear explosion of fun. Okay, me. It was my first. Uh, Star Wars convention, except EmpireCon and yeah. uh, one and two. And it was like well over. Uh, it, it it was my expectation. I I knew the line were would be long, maybe not as long, but I I knew I would 
be waiting more than <laughs> more than one hour. So th- I knew that. But uh, you never thought that there was there was going to be so many maze to go through just to see like no, a few right minutes. Basically, I didn't know there would be that much crazy fan. <laughs> and you, you know, know, and how, how do I, I look I now? Yeah. How do I look now? Yeah, you're normal. <laughs> 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 Thank you. <know>. you. <laughs> but basically, it was a great experience. Since I'm kind of pulling away from Star Wars a bit now, it was a great way to close the whole thing. Yeah. So that's cool. And you got to see that me saying oh, I'm going to wake up at 3:30 in the morning is absolutely nothing compared to the people who actually decided to spend the entire night outside. That's it. In the rain and wetting in themselves and everything. And blue milk. Um, like I, I mentioned to when I went out for dinner last night, I said it was about fifty fifty. Today was ninety ten. Today mm-hmm. was the best day. Oh I loved yeah, it. today was my one of my um, best days. It was actually ten ninety up until the time she actually saw the spectacular. It, w- <laughs> it was my uh, first convention, and when I did actually get into the presentations, they were a hundred percent. It was the lines. Um, it just. It got a little frustrating when you're in line for an hour, only they look at the map and go, okay, I want to go here, and look at an hour and a half wait. Mm-hmm. And it was another hour and a half. And you want to see six things, but you can only end up in three, because they requeue so fast mm-hmm. that, like, the continu- continuity, if you wanted to see that, you weren't going to get into the title reveal. That's it. Because they would flush the, the, the room and then requeue. Mm-hmm. By that time, it was way down. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're actually in something, no, it was great. Yeah. Nobody disappointed. Um, buying things, that was crazy. Uh, my temper definitely got tried a couple times in the exhibit hall. Yeah. Um, there's really rabid collectors um, that are there almost like a sport. Yeah. And they have a tendency to be a little crazy. And, definitely. Uh, they, yeah, and plus that's where everybody takes their kids. Yeah, we forgot to talk about that. And the kids are bumping into you, grabbing things. Um, well, it's chaotic. Here's, here comes the time when we say when we talk about parents at celebration and like we know it, it's like a generation thing now since it spans for yeah. almost thirty years. And we understand that, and you know we can cope with that. We I can understand you want to bring your your child to the celebration, you want him to experience this, but you have to remember that you know. He's just a child, and waiting in line for seven hours for him is probably a big deal, and really more, much more bo- boring than for you. Oh yeah. Even though he's got his Game Boy Advance and such and such. Their and concept such. of time is just. That's it. They don't understand. And the you know, when you're in line, you just like can't get out to go grab something to drink or to eat and such. So. Or even go to the bathroom. Yeah. That's it. And when you're in a panel, it's even worse. And I can understand that as a parent, you know, you don't want to leave your child alone and you want to come to the celebration. And you don't want to miss the panel, the unique panel that that's right. only will be showing once, you know? Yeah, that's it. But you know what? We were at the episode 3 uh, inter- special interview with Ian McDiarmid in room 500 and two babies were crying. Uh, all the way through. All the way through the, the, uh, the interview. And that was a really big low for 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 both me and and Danny. At that point, you and basically have to forfeit and take your kid out. 
That's it. Yeah. So it's, it's because you're not you're not being a responsible parent by sitting yeah. there in the convention hall, your kids yeah. crying. I mean, is there something obviously wrong with your child? You're gonna have to go deal with it. Mm-hmm. Sorry right. that you stood in line for four hours, but you know, especially the young babies, you know, yeah. Yeah. you're like two and under. Just get a babysitter or or something, you know. Yeah, because this was this was actually, and I'm sorry to say so, but totally disrespectful to all the other mm-hmm. fans who were sitting in there, just like us, and trying to understand fully what a man with a very British accent was trying to say, and it wasn't all that easy to understand in the begin with. So, mm-hmm. and plus, it's a once in a lifetime thing. That was That's that was it. it. I mean. No reruns of that uh, exactly. uh, that interview, just mm-hmm. once. It's on hyperspace, I think. I don't know if it's totally there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to check. But I, I mean, there know. was family activities, but yeah. Yeah, pe- and it's people with strollers and everything. It's just congested That's everywhere. It's like people with strollers and lines are blocking the way very often. Uh, I was trying to catch up with you guys at the episode Tree Spectacular today, and there was this woman with a story right in front of the door between the two rooms, and she was just sta- standing there. Not moving, and like, can I go? Oh yeah, sure, no problem. Still and they were still not moving. And they basically had access on some panel. They had access before the rest of the line. Yeah, they were uh, letting in the uh, the handicapped people. I understand, but the people with strollers. Like, now come on. Well, I think the 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 thing with this though is if you're gonna bring kids to the convention. You definitely need somebody there with you to go, and you, you you're just gonna have to sacrifice and tag team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if somebody wants to see the art department, you take the kids to the kids' room yeah, or something, and uh, let them go to their panel. Yep. And then they come out, you take over, do whatever. And you do the, the yeah. You you would have to. Thing. There there has to be a little give and take because you're right. One and a half year olds and certain things, it it's not good for the kids. And it's not good for the adults. And mm-hmm. and we're talking about all the adults there, not just the parents. Well, it's we're not good for everybody. the kids either. The kids have a problem yeah. or something's wrong. And they're obviously not being taken care of because, you know, they don't... And they're confused and mm-hmm. yeah. they've been sitting in line I remember for three, three important panels. The Iron McDermott, uh, there was Baby Crying, the first spectacular, the first one we had... Uh, a mother with five kids under five <laughs> with her and they were amazing. they were not crying but they were playing with the seats and everything you know just at, at, at my back I was like I just want to punch them you know that and, was it, yeah. and uh, the worst one was at the title reveal right Sebastian it was it was the, the he was actually crying it was like a, maybe a two year old crying yeah. right next to the microphone at at, th- at such a point that and the parents were doing absolutely nothing we were just yeah. like holding them and trying to console them yeah. but kept on crying and after 30 seconds of full crying like really good lungs kid the MC actually had to go like could you please take the kid out yeah, we're it. trying to have a panel and and the the uh, the I gotta say though the stage manager there did a really crappy job the sound for the sound manager yeah, and the authors and we couldn't we couldn't hear them well that yeah. that was that was really sad the sound was low but yeah that's really experience so basically if you if you have a young kid like get a babysitter they will or you know him. that's it and uh, basically. Star Wars is not dead. You, you get till like 2018. 
And yeah, yeah and so basically, there will be a other convention, and no, they will be old enough to come. So. And for these people that have small kids and older kids, like teenagers, if you're going to take your kid to convention, your teenager, because they beg to go, they can take some babysitting duty. That's it. And they can go in the kids' room with their little brother and sister. Mm-hmm. So you can actually do something instead of, you know... There, there just has to be a little bit of common sense. Mm-hmm. It's, right. a, it's a family effort, right? And let me tell you that for, s- for the people at StarWars.com to, uh, and Lucasfilm and GenCon to actually think of coming up with, a, with an actual uh, kids' room for conventions such as Star Wars Celebration, it's a very, very big uh, step to take. And yeah, we have to be congratulated on the kid in, uh, the, the kids' room was like, uh, was it like a kindergarten or something? It, oh, well, most yeah, definitely. Yeah, people like Tom Hodges went and uh, taught the kids how to okay. draw. Uh, but I, I, when I went but there... Actually, they could have a kindergarten, you know? Just leave your young kids and everything and you have people qualified <laughs> to take well, care of them. Well, it's kind of like IQ when you leave no, your kid in the ballroom. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's pretty much what it was. It was okay. really like a kindergarten and it's just that volunteers were the yeah. experienced okay. people to take care of the kids. Okay. It's just, uh, yeah, but yeah, 50% of the time the panels were great. Awesome, 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 awesome. Nobody looked like they were just there because they had to be. Everybody Mm -hmm. was, yeah. Everybody just did their job. Yeah, they were. They were all on board. That most of them, especially with the authors in the art department, because they're not celebrities and that, Mm -hmm. they don't get the exposure. So when they actually get out to meet the fans, it's a big experience for them as well. Mm So yeah, it was. Awesome. It was worth the whole... It was worth going. That's it. So it's a thumbs up. It's worth going to Chicago Airport, which sucked. (laughs) It was worth it. (laughs) Very long terminals. Chicago's nice. O'Hare Airport, that's a whole other story. (laughs) So on that... Oh my God. On that, well, we're going to take a listen to Chris Gore from com reaction to the McCollum spectacular. Okay. So you good? Mm-hmm. Chris Gore from Any big uh, comments on the footage you just saw the Star Wars Celebration 3? Uh, yeah, I think the footage looks incredible. I mean, it really shows that, uh, that, that they were right. This medium has come of age to the point where they can integrate with the digital cameras. cameras. The Sony F950 is what they use to shoot Revenge of the Sith. Um, it's unbelievable. I mean, jaw-dropping. I, it, was, it was just, you know, you can only gasp so many times, and I think that that's... That was really my reaction to the footage, and I had to, to uh, lift my jaw up to meet uh, my mouth. It was that. It was that incredible. It was that incredible. Look at this. They're kicking us out already. But uh, yeah, no, the footage was absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I've, I've already read the script for Revenge of the Sith, so I know pretty much everything that happens. I will say this: it's it's going to be the best action sequences you've ever seen in any Star Wars film, mixed with. You know, a lot of talky scenes, but I really think this is the one, too. I mean, everything we've been waiting to see since the very first film came out in 1977 happens in this movie. The Empire uh, rises, Darth Vader uh, is born. Um, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's why I'm here. I'm really not here, you know, I'm just here as a fan, frankly. I mean, I came to the first and second celebration, you know, I was there in Denver with the Woodstock, like, you know, mud everywhere. You know, and I was here uh, three years ago, so it's just a lot of fun to hang out with fans. And yeah, you know, I'm, I'm probably gonna get party later. You know, get a little, little uh, alcohol, uh, have some fun. And, and you should be. There you go. There you go. 
that was the uh, that was the reaction shot of uh, Chris Gore as he was coming out of the 500 ballroom here at well over there jaw dropping doesn't even begin to describe yeah. what we saw on that screen I'm sorry but I'm still you guys took me that I'm still in a cloud about <laughs> what I saw. We swept you off your feet. You did. I was like, that's <laughs> the, that was the, the greatest date I've ever been on in my entire life. <laughs> Three guys and Star Wars footage. It was 12 minutes, <laughs> but it was 12 minutes well <laughs> well spent. So, so on that note, well on that note, thanks for uh, being there. Those who still are uh, in the chat, Dix, Jen Walkers, and myself, myself, yeah. Sam, uh, <laughs> Sam Kenobi, THX1139, Tiger Twine, Wookie Mart. Wow, we still got folks listening. Well, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, f- f- uh, ah, for that long, I think it's five, hour, five hours. Five I hours. No, I think we topped it, buddy. Because I'm uh, gonna, yeah, I'm gonna check uh, a total uh, count. Well, I'd I like I to thank you guys it. for letting me steal your airwaves. Well, oh you know cool. what? You did such a great job that you're gonna have to come back now because. Or uh, at least give comments on the phone. Yeah. Or something. Sure. So I can do that. We're gonna have to call you from time to time, all the way to BC. Well, you can always check see what I'm doing. Just go to uh, Jawa Juice at blogspot.com. There you go. Find me there. Yeah. And uh, working on some new Star Wars sites with some good guys. So designing some more, redesigning some others. Nice. Hopefully, <laughs> that's what I've been doing the last couple months. All right. Well, folks, uh, me and Danny have got to uh, wrap up the studio Because mess. we're leaving early tomorrow? Yeah. Well early. Yeah. What time no, is well it? it? The flight takes off at 10.50. It's almost 1.30, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we're just used to not have getting any sleep. Yeah, that's it. And that's it. It's like, we're, we can sleep on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I also got to get through my luggage because it's going to be hell tomorrow. It's otherwise. late. It's fear, a fear of being stuck in Indianapolis. Yeah. It's nice, but I want to go home. That's <laughs> Me too. And I'm still working on Tuesday. Oh, man. I still got a whole week of vacation left, but I want to oh. do it at home yeah. with all my new Star Wars toys that are set to arrive from UPS. <laughs> For the next seven days, just like, don't call me. <laughs> let, me sa- let me savor the moment of Star Wars Celebration 3. Yeah, just let me sleep. <laughs> and remind and remind me of everything. Sleep and play with toys. I'm going to be sleeping in my bed like, something's missing. <laughs> You're I'm there. You got I'm going to gonna go get the shower. I'm like, oh, okay, now I can sleep. You got THX saying six hours almost and Wookiemote going on seven hours, so I don't know the count. Well, we started at six and it's... Yes, because we started a little bit later than six and it's 1.30, so... Damn... We topped it. Okay. It's the longest show ever. And one thing I, I want to say is that we will most definitely revisit Star Wars Celebration 3 and more in a little bit more depth and as a secondary subject on a future we show. We should close off that in the, in the Celebration 3 program, there was a note at the start by Steve Sensui mentioning that there will be other celebrations. Yeah. Basically, so we so can predict so that Seb was right once again yeah. like probably no 2007 no, no, yeah. we can predict that in 2007 for the 30th anniversary and even Rick McCollum actually uh, mentioned the fact that they, they, they will most probably be coming back as well so if you did not go there is another chance for you to go there in you go. two years so no don't miss the 30 years anniversary in two years actually in two years uh, it will b- probably be as insane as it was I'm volunteering for that convention. <laughs> <laughs> now that we made everybody rich, all the vendors, I'm coming in as a volunteer. That's it. So or something else, but 
I don't. I doubt he's going to be a fan. So from all the guying here at uh, Star Wars Sound Direct, Brian, who's now falling asleep or something, <laughs> uh, Danny, who's still doing like ten million thousands of things while producing the show, Mary Cloud, who's about to go to sleep. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, see you later on Star Wars Sound Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Live, live from Star Wars Celebration Three from the Hilton Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Indiana. Thank you very much for having hosted this uh, wonderful convention once again. And our next and, show uh, will be on. Is it the fourteenth? Fifteenth. Fifteenth. May fifteenth, the weekend before Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. So wasn't it like oh yeah like for for the English show that's right okay yeah. so yeah the next show in English is going to be on May fifteenth and uh, we might we maybe will be talking a little bit about Star Wars Celebration t- three again yeah but maybe just, a just a very a, a brief roundup yeah that's right so see you around people and may the force be with you. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. to visit www.swonzerec.com for more information about upcoming shows. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Every collector deserves the best. That's why our main goal at Federation Toys is to guarantee the highest quality items for the lowest prices. Yes, of course. Come by Federation Toys for Star Wars collectibles. Satisfaction. Get it clean. Yes, nice work. Roger, roger. All Star Wars and Direct listeners will get a 5% discount on their purchases. Sitelan.net c'est... Les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga. Des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars, incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe. Et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.citlan.net. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. 
From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. 